Well, Whitney, I was in the fitness center the other day at work, flipping through the channels, getting ready to take a little run. And you know what came on TV? Educate me, Brent. Star Trek Insurrection. Here we go. I'll just leave it on while I'm running. I haven't watched Insurrection in a while. You want to know what's odd about Insurrection? No, what? We started watching that at the house last night because we have worked our way through all of TNG. I'm talking all seven episodes of TNG. All seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah, seven seasons. My bad. You'd think this is like a special episode or something. It you know? could be. It could be. Anyway, all seven seasons, and it was actually a sad moment. And our daughter Grace was like, Daddy, what are we going to watch next? Well, I got to have more. And, and she, she's like, is there anything else we can watch with TNG related? And I said, we can watch the movies. And so we've been working through the movies. But yeah, Insurrection started last night, oddly enough. Well, so here's what was interesting about it. All right. Okay. It started out the very beginning of the movie, and Data had gone rogue. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Picard was kind of in a pickle, and he needed to do something. Yeah, so he normally depends on Data. Yeah, he a does a lot. As you do, yes. you know, you you answer the call from uh, the Admiral, and the Admiral asks for schematics, and he gives him schematics, and the Admiral says, "We got this." But I'll give Picard credit. Picard disregarded the Admiral, and he actually showed up on scene. Not only did he do that, he went out of his way and got Worf because you you're not going to go on an adventure without Worf. That's true. So you got to have your heavy. He showed up. The admiral said, "What are you doing here?" He said, "You know, we can't sit on the sidelines. This is my man. He's my friend. Good Picard." Yep. Picard leads an away team. Credit for that. Awesome. Yep. And how does he rescue Data? You know Whitney, don't you? Go ahead. Only as Picard can. Go ahead. He sings to him. Yes, exactly. It's our 50th show, Whitney. Welcome to it. 50! Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Okay, Brent, I've come down from my exuberance from that uh, episode 50 intro, and I just want to welcome everybody to the show, January 2017, and it is episode number 50. It's a, it's a, it's a big show, Brent. Special show, man. Yes, it is. Episode 50, and the first show of the year. Yeah. Two biggies right there, and this, this is stocked up to be a really big show. It is. There's uh, segments among us, man, and it, it just it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. Brent, I don't know. We might even break the 10-hour mark this this <laughs> month. It's it's really hard to say. Hey, you could, you've got to have goals with me. <laughs> I, I was recently, yeah, recently... A new year, new low, exactly. Yeah, that's I was what, that's recently listening to a podcast. Friends, Adam and JP, the Adam oh, yeah. and JP show. Yep, yep. And they, like a lot of the shows, tend to try to keep to a sort of a semi-schedule because yeah. I hear them on occasion say, oh, we're in 40 minutes in, we're an hour in, whatever. And I understand that. Yeah. But I kind of had to laugh. They were recently talking about a slight you know, restructuring and maybe a, a rebranding, if you will. And they were talking about time and how they've actually put a little research in. And they, through their research find that people like shorter shows oh yes definitely and they had even done some experimentation where they had done 
certain topics, but as like small, just multi-minute mm-hmm. segments that they released. And yeah. I thought, no, we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum. We're going to appeal to that long-running crowd. Uh, we, we have to, man. We've we've got a, a reputation to uphold. And you know something, I, I, I've... I'm sure that the the people that have written in over the over the past several years and asked us, hey, could you split the show up? Could you, you know, could you make it shorter? Could you do this? Could you do that? They're probably sitting on the edge of their seat, going, huh, is is now the time? Is now the time? And I'm like, no, no, sorry, now this is the time. We're going big for fifty. Yeah, we're going big for fifty. <laughs> I mean, even by the time this thing is completely encoded, it may still be a gigabyte, and that's <laughs> and that's kind of sad if you want to know the truth of it. Now, man. in all fairness, a lot yeah. of the shows that that I'm referring to. They release much more often than we. Oh, do. Th- that's true. Yeah. They do, and I don't understand how they do it. I, I, I do not. I, in no way, shape, or form can I, can I even begin to comprehend how somebody releases weekly, bi-weekly, or, or anything along those lines. I think what gets us, and here's a little behind the curtain for Broken Token fans. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. This <laughs> is no secret. We're a victim of ourselves. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Well, that's one yeah. thing. This is no secret to to longtime listeners. We record face to face. Yes. So there there's quite a bit of logistics involved in getting us together and it's not we set up a studio for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term every month yeah yeah it's not like we have the luxury of i've got a mic and everything next to my pc and vice versa and then we do a skype thing and there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with it whitney and i we happen to be in the same city and that's how we met in the in the collector circle here in town. We just decided that when we did the show, we're going to do it face to face. Exactly. I, I know, like Don and Jeff, they met through a, a game pin, purchase a pinball podcast. Yeah, yeah the pinball yeah. Po- podcast. Yeah. They met through. I think it was a game purchase, or or maybe one of them delivered a game for somebody else, like as a as a third party type. I, I can't recall, but they they met through a game handoff but mm-hmm. they are in completely different states yeah and yeah. they just got to know each other and then you know tommy and taylor this flipping fo- podcast same deal uh however they met but they're in different states whitney and i happen to be here so yeah. then we deal with that logistics and the timing it, it is and you know just because we have the drive time the setup time the teardown time and everything like that it, it's i think it makes for a good sounding show but it but it does kind of shackle us a little bit as far as how much time a month can you devote to recording and we have yeah. to get pretty much get all of ours done in one shot or at except the, this at the month most two shot it, it, that's exactly right <laughs> except for this month it's a special it, month it, it is a uh, it is a uh, hashtag extravaganza <laughs> so I'll, I'll use. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Well, speaking of extravaganzas, yes, sir. Let's, di- dr- uh, let's, uh, let's go and start that for episode fifty. <laughs> Just la, get, la, get la, that la, out la. of the way, Brent. So Excellent. let's jump into the extravaganza that has been our month of updates all right man let's uh let's do hey do you want to give everybody a, just a quick preview of what's what's oh, coming yeah, in the show how about, how about we do that just from a just from like, a topic and segment perspective i don't and, and know that, you that think way. they would be inclined to fast forward through they may very well or they may just delete it i, I don't know but it, but it's it's it is kind of a stacked show so okay. i thought, thought it, might, it might be good no, to kind of do, do just, a, just a super quick rundown and then we can roll into the updates okay so of course our updates yeah yeah we'll definitely have that 
And then we've got uh, our normal technical and restoration segment. We spend your money, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, and that's, I've been spending that's actually, some of my own money this month. I have to, and uh, and then we've got uh, got some effects of that, so that is good. And we've even got some a, a couple of products here that we spent some money on that we can uh, kind of uh, have in our hands and, and roll around here a little bit while we talk about it. And then we've got what Brent? We've got uh, some segment audio from the Grand Old Game Room Expo. That, that we've got that uh, JP sent over to us from one of the sessions that we did that we can include that, I think, in this month's show. And then what else? We've got an interview with the, uh, I was going to say founders, but yeah, I guess that is the right yeah, term. Yeah, organizers, is, founders. Organizers and founders. Uh, the Louisville Game Room Expo, Jeremy, Matt, Flights, and Joe Stiff. Louisville, Louisville Arcade Expo. Oh, Louisville yeah. Arcade Expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you had the other one on the mind. Yep. And then, and then last but not least, we do our own review of Star Wars Rogue One. And um, that, Brent, I, I know we, we were a little pressed for time at the very end of that. And I think we could have gone on for probably another 30 minutes oh, or yeah, so. Easily. But we easily got, I think, a good hour to hour and 15 minutes of discussion in on that topic alone. So, yeah, it's, it, yeah, we, we just, we've got everything plus the second, the uh, kitchen sink kind of crammed in here. So, so now yeah, the, Rogue, the Rogue One talk, yeah. that will be at the very end. The very end, yeah. Or, or will it? Yeah. You know, it's wherever you know, it shows up. You know, listeners of the show know know how we do things. But let's just say the best part of the show is after the show is yeah. over every single L- month. Let's yes. just say that it's going to be <laughs> at the very end of the show. All right, and good, you know, good deal. We'll, we'll your, mark it accordingly. Your, how about that? your mileage may vary. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right. All right. So with that. Brent, it is the middle of January as of this recording. We made it through Christmas. Uh, we've only got snowed in uh, pretty much one time. But, dude, it has been so cold here leading up to the past week. Um, what, all, what all have you got accomplished, man? What's been going on? I've mentioned in prior shows that I had picked up an F-14 Tomcat. Mm-hmm. And it sat down here in the game room, and it performed admirably for the holidays. You know, all right. My party, the family... Uh, yearly party are you looking around for it right now yeah turn around it's in the shop oh that's where it's at okay yep. got it all right so i decided to tear it down because this game is going to go with me to little arcade expo okay so, right. so so it's it's not a keeper it's a flipper right? yeah, yeah well or i guess you're moving on down the line i'm moving it on down the line i yeah. purchased it not really with with the idea of of, of a quick flip i mean i've had it for what probably six months at this point i bought it in yeah. the summer yeah i'd say it's about somewhere right. around in there yeah and I just, it, it's one of those games that you stare at it and you're like, man, that looks like it could be fun because I've got these wire forms, I've got um, some ball locks, I've got not a not an upper play field as much as kind of this segregated upper third of the play field with another set of flippers. And uh, it, I, I don't know, I'm not warming up to it. But then, yeah, it, but then yeah. again, there's other games that I like that people don't. So yeah. I understand. Personally, I'm not warming up to yeah, it. Yeah, I understand. And, understand. you know, space is getting to be at a premium. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple games that I do want to kind of keep in the game room. Okay. And uh, I've mentioned I'm at that point where... So what are they, just out of curiosity? Oh, I mean, a, a couple games, the project games that, that oh. I do want to stay did, in the did game you, room. Did you want to move in and stay in? Yes. Oh, so yeah. what would those be, just out of curiosity? Uh, I've got a, uh, um, a high-speed two getaway. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. You know, there's I, there's color DMD out for getaway. Oh, is there? Yes, there is. Yes. Okay. Uh, that wrong segment, but, you know, just, just so you know, okay? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I've got a black hole pinball. 
Okay. Uh, I've got right. a couple other pins out in the, the building. I know there's a Star Wars upright that needs to start yeah. its assembly. Yeah, yeah. I wish it would assemble itself, but it's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a cute. I got a Cubert. I find your lack of faith disturbing, yes. Brent, that it would not, you know, assemble itself. You should have seen my Christmas shirt. It was Darth Vader with a lightsaber wrapped in Christmas lights, and yeah. it said, I find your, your lack of, it wasn't faith, it was your... Um, Around holidays, what would you say? Cheer, spirit, no, cheer. Like a okay. cheer, disturbing. You like a cheer, disturbing. Yes, yes, yes. It, was, it was somewhat humorous. Pretty I liked sweet. It. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I've got games that I know will take up space in the game room. Okay. And, and I'm at that point where I'm going to start doing some rotation. You know, I see. I'm going to have more keepers than I've got space, and then some of them will be out in the building. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm getting close you know, to that point as well. Cubert, so, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, Cubert, Cubert's one for me as well. That's on my list to come in and stay. I've got a pretty nice pole position upright Mm -hmm. and it's going to eventually have to probably be sold because i've got a pole position cockpit which is way way better keeper wise than a pole position upright for sure yeah so anyway yeah all right got it it's I, it's a. I like the game enough that fourteen, but it's it's not going to have staying power unfortunately. So, so what, what was the detractor on it? Was just, I mean, was a complexity of rule set just not enough not enough good shots to satisfy you, or just it just all over just kind of meh. Just uh, personally, all over just kind of meh. Yeah, I mean, the theme for me is just not. It, I mean, it's it's a swappable theme for any for really for any other theme to be just for me. I, there's there's just no, nothing that I latch on to with that theme so i mean you're you're working toward locking balls uh-huh which okay i mean i, I had and this is kind of cliche for our show i had more excitement building to a multi-ball uh-huh. with an earlier game yeah firepower yeah than i did f14 yeah okay it just i don't yeah, know whether enough. it was the package it was more appealing to me. Yeah, understood. Okay, understood. and there's, I'm sure there's people out there that are that are the opposite. It oh yeah, they're, they're they're diehard fans, you know, designer wise or whatever. But yeah, I, I get it totally. So yeah, I've got it in the shop now. It's going under uh, full teardown, and it, that has led to some stuff that I'll mention later on in the show. But kind of interesting. I mean, I, I've seen flasher domes occasionally that'll have a few burn spots, like from the flasher being locked on. Uh-huh. This port poor game had a, a little bit of a rough life because i think all but it's got flasher domes you know quite a six i think eight that are out on the basic play field you know like red white and blues that go along with the ball locks and the various parts of the game and i think all but one had a spot burned in it oh i see and I see. one had the back completely burned out of it and it, it the weirdest thing uh, several of the plastics the solid color plastics not like the art plastics like your slingshot plastics or anything like that your solid color plastics like your like your posts they've yeah. got blue star posts yeah yeah they're it it's this they're kind of deteriorated and, and i've not seen that before i mean i've seen chipped broken all that kind of fun stuff but it's almost as if it was rotting that kind of deterioration it's weird and there's no damage like that there's nothing else on the play field that has that kind of a damage but okay, okay. The, the plastic what, in these domes weird. was like that yeah. the star posts were like that so just overall just kind of grungy and dull yeah kind of grungy yeah. and dull grungy and dull yeah so I've I've amassed a, a list of parts and I've got a, a pinball life order in and a bunch of stuff coming for it um, I mean I mentioned in an earlier show that it had an odd coil I odd coils in the in the diverters yeah it, you know get hopefully you know should be able to get all that straightened up here in short order but uh oh speaking of 
Pinball Life. Yeah. I said I had Pinball Life order. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard this mentioned on uh, the Pinball Podcast with Don and Jeff, the, cur- the current show. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage of pinballs in the industry. What? I was going to order some, I was going to throw a couple balls in the order. And I was like, shocked that there was no how does that happen i have no idea okay there was no pinballs to be found at pinball life at pinball life man i I will say this i'm glad that uh how many years ago was it that we went to pinball expo what three years i think it was three years ago three years ago um i I don't know if you remember what but when i did my advance order Mm -hmm. at pinball life i walked out of there with i think a hundred pinballs oh wow yeah and and it was one of those things where it's like i'm not going to pay to ship a hundred pinballs but if i'm going to go then i'll carry a hundred pinballs in a box and put them back in my car and and, uh, and I'm actually I'm kind of glad that I did that now. So, I mean, do you, I mean, do you have stock or? Oh yeah, or, I do. Uh, okay, I've got right. I've got some. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. But well, I was I was like, well, I need four balls for the game. I'll just throw four balls on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I understood. And so I just went to Pinball Life and clicked pinballs. And there's the five eighths inch Stewie pinball, a Newton ball pinball. You know, it's got a pin on it, like a it's a for a Newton. It yeah. hangs and yeah, yeah. Um, a passive ball stop. And I don't know what game that's for. And then the Stern Newton ball assembly, kind of just exactly like the book stacking target yeah. on Ghostbusters. Yeah, understood. Understood. So I, I was shocked. And then, like I said, like the next day, I, I saw that there was a shortage of. That's, I mean, that, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, did you, I, I mean, not to, not to name throw, but you almost have to when we're talking about this stuff because there's just not that many people around. Did you go check it at, at Marco's? That's and, actually and see if doing, they had any. I was just doing that. Okay, gotcha. But I, I, until I heard that, I was kind of shocked. I was like, I, oh, I'm a, it's late. I'm tired. I must be, you know, I, I just must be looking in the wrong place. I mean, there must be some other special section or something or other. Well, you know what? Marco has uh, pinball standard bulk pack a dollar 99 a ball which seems about twice of what that's two bucks a ball that yeah. just that feels high doesn't it it, yeah. it it does but anyway so there that must be reflective of a shortage uh, maybe. in the industry maybe I, I don't know well i guess those who are more in tune than us can uh, scream at their speakers and let us know <laughs> tell us or email us and, and educate us I, I had i had no idea that yep. that was the case but uh, as I tend to do, I overbuy before I need something, and then I won't revisit that topic for another three or four years. And so there's there's no way I would have ever known that because, man, dude, I just go back to my bucket of ball, you know, bucket of pinballs, and just pull out whatever I need. Well, I know? see. I mean, I've got stock now, and I thought yeah. I had stock, but I've slowly worked my way through. Them, you, but I didn't have a hundred. And you do dwindle. Yeah. I mean, you do dwindle out because I mean, how often how often do you rotate rotate the old out and the new in? on your games honestly not very often okay i mean it might be once a year that, it, that's it, that's probably about what i wind up doing for mine and usually at christmas i'll just change them all out yeah and that's when i'll do it yeah I, the, the games don't get that much play through the year yeah but right before i go through the holidays everything will get cleaned up yeah you know i'll start in november you know, early November, everything will get cleaned up. The glass will come off all the machines. Yeah. They'll get, you know, an extra little dusting and any, any attention they need. And I'll swap the balls out. Yeah. So. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, oh, speaking of little arcade expo, 
I've got a pole position upright, not my, the one I mentioned earlier. I've got another out in the garage, and I'm going to put that on on the block, so to speak, to be the next game I'm going to kind of roll through here. And uh, uh, it's going to be a nice machine, I hope, when I'm done with it. I mean, it's a pretty solid machine, just just needs a going through. Okay. And uh, um, it'll be a good addition to take out to Expo, a, a nice classic game that everybody recognizes. And Oh, people, you know, people play the daylights yeah. out of it. There's no doubt about that. You know, and ideally, it doesn't follow me home. Because yeah. I could use that space in the garage. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Is it pretty much? I mean, is it pretty much ready to roll? I mean, no, try turnkey no, or no? Okay, know, it's, it, it's all there. It. Um, I mean, it's the the prior owner had done some work to it, and it, it just it just got to the point. No, and it was good work. Quote, quote, oh, okay. No, this oh, was good work. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. That's this good. was good work. Okay, it was good. just a matter of just. And I, yeah, it didn't get to the all the way around the track. Yeah, you know, it I, needs I to be see. brought through the finish line. It needs yeah, to be yeah. cleaned up. <laughs> I think the monitor was rebuilt. It's, in that it. would be a pole position euphemism. Yes. is what that would be. Yes, I. Yes. I, I that, that's, that's your twenty dollars word for this episode. A euphemism. Yes. So yeah, that'll be that'll be happening here real soon as well. I, I see. Hope. Okay. Cool. I have a, a pickup that you've already experienced. <laughs> yeah, dude, that thing is—it's possessed. It is—it uh, bothers me. I lost sleep over it just after I got home. Don't make uh, me go the turn other it night. On. No, don't turn it on because I'll do a flying body tackle and take it out. I—I'm telling you what, Brent. I—I'm uh, no fan of this thing. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say that I, <laughs> I protest it. And if I protested it just a little more, I would. No, I'm past the point of, of detesting it. I don't know that I hate anything but i'm not too far away on this so anyway <laughs> go, go, go ahead hate, hate, ta- ta- hate ta- is, talk about the thing that i don't like hate is such a strong word oh, but I, I may use it but i'm, I'm gonna th- i'm gonna toss it around here. it's it dude i've got a ziggy the clown jeez oh, man just so this is a this is a quote unquote egg vendor. It's a it's a hey, vendor. Hey, do you hear that? I unplug my headphones. I can't hear a single word <laughs> you're saying about Ziggy the Clown. That's all right. Yeah. I, I'll learn American Sign Language real quick. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to watch. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So this is a you know classically called an egg vendor or a capsule vendor, and it handles your standard two inch eggs or capsules. Dude, this thing is coin op Satan, is and what it is. It's a little clown. I don't got to look here, but how tall you think the clown is, Whitney? Yeah, he's uh, about six foot three. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he's back here eating a cheeseburger. He, he is. He, his eyes are lit up, and he's pointing at me. Is the problem? If he stood up, he might be thirty inches. Yeah, maybe twenty eight, thirty inches. Yeah, yeah, but he's. Two, two and a half. Let's, let's just call him two and a half feet. How about He's that? He's got a, a red nose and blonde curly hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fi- just the, the fire of the pits. And yes. blue, uh, blue pants with little patches, cute little patches on the knees. Yeah, it's just like he stole them from and, somebody. And dude, he's wearing a bow tie and suspenders. I yeah, mean, who doesn't and that, like- that's, your, that's your clue right there. But he, he does have a face sculpt that looks kind of demonic. And I'm telling you what. He, he ca- like, he, he car- like. No, dude, he carved his own face. You know they do that, right? Oh, do they? When they're unplugged, yes. Oh yeah! So be careful. He's he's. On a, uh, you need uh, to sleep with a gun on your chest. That's I'm, all I'm, I'm saying. I'm playing it up, but he is. He, he's probably like Chucky's second cousin. Uh, he's I mean, creepy, he's dude. Really he's, 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 he's creepy. so creepy. He's, he's freaking creepy. cool. I like him. <laughs> and, He's got a swing, and he just rides on the swing, and yeah. he whistles at you, yeah. you when know, he's in a track he, mode. He, he does that before he stabs you in the back. Yeah, he does. Yes. Yeah, well, um, uh, notice I've not opened 
his enclosure. So that's okay. I he, comes with hear, your, he comes with his own key. I have to hear him get out. <laughs> <laughs> so even though my back is toward Ziggy the clown. So I tracked it down. This is, this is kind of interesting. His history. He is produced by Mayoni enterprises. Yeah. They're probably out of business. No, actually they're not yeah, really. They're out of California, yeah. but they're not out of business. Oh my goodness. And here's what they do now. If you go to the Mayoni.com page, Mayoni.com. Yeah. They are this like a heavy machining manufacturing company. So they do machining, punching, threading, hmm. painting, plating, all these uh, manufacturing steps and processes. And then up in the corner, there's a little link. <laughs> and for we vending also machines. produce Ziggy the Clown. Yeah. 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 So How about it? It looks like they've kind of been out of the vending machine business, honestly, for a while. So if you call them, can you get support for your Ziggy the Clown? Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. I emailed them. And somewhere, somewhere buried on here, and I'm looking at their page right now. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe it's under press releases. Yeah, I click press releases, and it's like Replay Magazine from August of 96. Okay. And uh, here's one. I thought it said Tiger Beat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I doubt for, Ziggy showed up in that. For, for folks that are outside maybe, of the maybe, United States. Maybe one time. T- Tiger Beat was a teenage girl... Um, like a pop music magazine. It was MTV, thing. but it was MTV in, in a magazine is form, what it was. Yeah. yeah in print so form. Street beat from July of 94. So they, okay. they were in the coin op business. The, the, uh, I guess the vendor coin op business back in the, back in the nineties. And some of these toys that or toys, some of these, uh, machines that, that I see on their page, I've seen in auctions, like there's one that's a vendor and it's a, it's a white rocket with red nose cone and red fins. Yeah. And they had like, a one of the, uh, little like pinball gumball vendors where you, the gumball would drop and you could play pinball with it. And when it drains, you got your gumball. So they made a few machines like that. And yes, I emailed them because I wanted to get the dip switch settings for Ziggy because the one I've got right now, the settings, he just swings his little heart out. Yeah. And I wanted to see if I could change that effect. Yeah. Okay. And sure enough, I mean, I got an email back from him in a, in a scanned copy of, of a manual. So unbelievable yeah. is what I will say. Just now, unbelievable. Now, the downside is Ziggy apparently was so popular. They made two versions of Ziggy. And I've got the fully mechanical version. They had a fully electric version of Ziggy where you just put the coin in and push the little button and it would auto vend and he would swing. And I guess he would say lewd things to your mother. I, I don't know what Ziggy, uh, oh, he, he looked, a, he looked a little bit more, that Ziggy was a little, he, just by look, he looked a little more salty. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Appreciate you keeping that yeah. family friendly yeah. there, Brent. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw you think about it in your head for a second, <laughs> but the way that that came out was, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, a Mayoni bro- though they broken they, token they seem right like there. they seem like great people. Well, good, well, I, you know, hey, hopefully Ziggy hasn't cursed their business or anything like that. I so. doubt. I doubt. Um, I doubt he was as controversial from that that look back then versus yeah. today yeah. you know yeah I, I, you know something i'm sure you're right today it's all lights and uh, yeah real soft soft characters and soft lines and yeah and, you know yeah and he, he's just from a generation yeah. a, a, a couple you know a generation or so ago i guess the only thing is he's really clean though yeah yeah, yeah. The, i mean I, I, looked at, I looked him over it's in good shape just if you if you see him carving a ouija board then you need to fill him full of lead that's I am, all i can say oddly enough i don't know if this is related but i'm missing a knife you are missing a knife yes yeah, yeah. well he, a knife he practices kitchen. throwing with it yeah. is what he does so just just be 
be careful. Just watch out, dude. That's all I'm saying. Just, because just be careful. Th- those things have a way of going bad at the exact worst possible moments. So. so where did Ziggy come from? This goes. This ties into my next update. He came from a local collector, uh-huh. Tony, and you know, no less last names here. Yeah. you've been on the show where we've gotten permission, and um, he had a party this year, so okay. I got to visit. You know Tony's house. Yeah, uh, he tries to have an annual party. Killer, about, killer game. Right? Oh yeah, he tries killer to have an game. annual party about the same time. Uh, you know that I do in December. A lot of the collectors, we we kind of tried to do that. I just abscond with the first Saturday, and then you know the rest of them can eat cake. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah, <laughs> Tony actually had Ziggy, and uh, um, he was out of space in the game room. And it was, he has a candy machine that's upstairs in like this dining room area. Okay. And it was going to go and Zig was going to go in. And from what I understand, his wife put the kibosh on that. Yeah. Said, no yeah, Zig upstairs. Yeah, yep. So uh, I ended up with Ziggy. So, okay. Uh, his wife, Cindy won and I won. Okay. Interesting. And Tony lost out. And Tony lost because out. I got Ziggy. And, and I bet his wife was none too happy to see that thing go. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Tony's got an awesome game room. We had a Saturday night over there early in the month. And I mean, um, Star Wars cockpits, Whitney, with 25-inch vector display sure are fun. And man, you know something? Here's the thing. They're more fun than the uprights with the 19s. And I'm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and say that. They are. Oh, yeah. And I've got, I know you've got one to build. Um, I've got... I've got an upright uh, with uh, with an ample phone in it, and fa- you know factory. It's not been touched or anything like that. And, and Brent, I've often thought about unloading that to put towards a cockpit Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, is that I know that if I unload it, um, number one, I won't get it back, and number two, I have to throw a f- probably a few thousand dollars at mm-hmm. it to 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 make that upgrade happen. And I've just not been to the point where I'm willing to do that. But and you can get the cockpits as 19s and 20s. 25s right mm-hmm. yeah 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 but ever but the one to have is the 25 oh yeah absolutely. yeah for sure for sure so yeah, tony's got some killer games he's got some killer pins yeah. uh uh dave m you know dave he's mm-hmm. actually yeah. the yeah. Uh, when we got our ghostbusters dave got one as well yeah uh we managed to break his south park oh is that we right playing, so i was like man i've really i've seen been here a lot i've seen this game a lot i've never really sat down and played the game and we immediately broke it really i mean yeah. so south park because South Park is one of those pins that I, me personally, I would have that pin. That and Family Guy both. I would enjoy those because I enjoy both of those cartoons. I, I just think they're, I think they're just great cartoons and great series. And I just, I love the callouts and I love the characters. I just think they're, they make me laugh. And so <laughs> I would have both of those titles. So um, I think I'd go for a said, Shrek. Which would, is, would you really? Yeah, it's the same layout. Yeah, exactly the same as Family Guy, just re-arted. Yeah. They took yeah. the opportunity to to my impression was was that family guy was kind of hard-nosed yes yeah it's a little lewd there's no doubt and then to go ahead and maximize the time on the line Mm -hmm. they were able to to capitalize on shrek and and reskin the same game now my daughter my daughter would love a shrek pin there's no doubt about it she would play it and just and just go gaga over because she loves that property but me, I would Family Guy would make me laugh is what it would do. So you know that, that's that. Well, Peter passes wind for your for your match. Oh, that's, you know? that's great. He bends that's over great. and it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all good stuff, man. So I, I had this. I put together this what I thought was a cool gift for Tony. Yeah, and you know, kind of being buddies, I didn't want to like. 
I wanted to kind of jab him in the ribs a little bit, and, and okay. I won't get into details, but let's just say that uh, he had an unfortunate accident over the course of 2016 with a brake rotor. Everybody's okay, and everything is cool. Oh, that's right. You yeah. told me about this. Yeah. Now, now, there was now a, I remember. Yeah, there yes. was a there was a, a minor injury due to a, due to a uh, a brake rotor. Okay, and everything is cool. That said. I still had to jab Tony in the ribs a little bit. So I took a brake rotor. If you ever walked into an auto parts <laughs> store and said, I want the cheapest brake rotor you have. And then, well, what's it for? Uh, it's like, it doesn't I don't care. I don't care. Just, you know, what's the cheapest one you got? It's not like the old days when I worked in auto parts and I could go back and the stickers were on everything and yeah. I could find, no. Yeah. So I had, anyway, I walked out, I sat on my phone and put in, 2000 you know 2000 2001 vintage automobiles until i found a, a very inexpensive brake rotor and i said give me that and i don't <laughs> want it warranted okay. so i went and i got a brake rotor and i made an arcade clock out of it oh cool so i went got the brake rotor i got clockworks from a hobby store and made a little mount in the middle of the brake rotor for the the clockworks i cleared it because I wanted it to stay nice and pristine. I didn't want it to rust, you know, just because it's, it's just exposed metal. Yeah. And then it comes, you know, a brake rotor for no, anyone that's never replaced brakes. They'll, they'll come with oil on them to keep them from rusting exactly. and, and while yeah. they're stored and, and uh, shipped. Yeah. So that all comes off because I needed to affix things to the clock. Okay. So for the, the main hours, 12, 3, 6, and 9, I took some old pinballs and I made a little jig to hold them. Okay. And I clamped them in a vise and took a, a, a four and a half inch grinder and ground a flat spot in them about the size of a dime. Okay. And then I JB welded those to the rotor at 12, three, six, and nine. Oh, that's cool. To make your main quadrants, yeah. if you will. Yeah cleared the whole thing and then i just basically went and got arcade and pinball junk and made all the other time designators <laughs> capacitor uh, from a cap kit yeah um, a blown out eprom <laughs> uh, a cam lock with a key jammed in it there you go a couple molex connectors yeah uh, i'm trying to think what else i put in there so all the all the times all the numbers all, were, the, all the hour markers all the hour markers yeah, yeah they were all different things but yet arcade video or pinball related oh, that's cool man that's cool i mean surely he appreciated that i don't think he he, he i think he did and I, I, he was a little shocked in my opinion that there was a gift brought to him uh-huh. and then especially I think, one that had that much effort put into it probably uh, uh, I, I think so yeah and then then when i said be careful how you open it because uh-huh. it, it's First of all, it's difficult to pack a brake rotor. Yeah. It's very difficult to pack a brake rotor with stuff on it, stuff on it, and <laughs> clock hands. You know, yeah, yeah, because one side's real heavy, the other side's real delicate. Yeah, and so, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I passed a little, and I need to get a picture of that. We should post that. I, I would love. I to, take I'd love to see a picture of the handiwork there, man. That, well, that sounds I'll like that'd be pretty sweet. That along. Yeah, that's sweet. Oh, that's speaking sweet. of his, speaking of his, his uh, uh, South Park. If you take a look on our Facebook page, I posted it uh, today and actually, you know, for this month. There's yeah, a picture, I, I saw it earlier There's today. a picture of three balls cradled up during a multi-ball, uh-huh. and down in the middle of all three balls on that flipper is an LED. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we knocked one of the LEDs out of his game. Oh, and then I see. 
uh, we played it long and I guess hard enough that, that the uh, switch for the vertical up kicker in the back by the toilet stopped reading. Oh, did, so it, oh, did it really? He, oh. co- he comes around the corner and we got his pinball apart and there's three of us under the hood. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. Yeah, just make sure it works when you're done. That's all that matters. Yep. So did you guys get it fixed? We didn't have the part. The switch, ah, it, yeah. it just it was one of those things. The switch was done. Yeah. See, yeah it was I a see. weird, it wasn't a standard micro switch. It had a weird kind of fork deal on it. Yeah. So, you know, okay. pe- people that have had Sega games will probably recognize it. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, so was South Park fun? Well, I mean, did you guys have a good time playing it? I didn't get it? to play it enough, honestly, uh, okay. you know, because it's like we talk about when we go to the shows even if you set out to try to play something it's yeah, difficult because it you're just it you're just chatting and you're it's it's more of a social thing yeah so. it, it really is and and that's that's probably one of my biggest um just uh, for me that's one of the biggest uh, pet peeves of mine is that i never allow myself to play the games i kind of socialize around and through the yep. games but i don't really get to focus on the games and so um yeah i, I think i've said it on the show before it pretty much really about the only place that i ever get to focus on games is it is at my house you know and, and that's that's it uh well grando game room expo they yeah. had the all-night game room that is true now that was probably the closest that I I've was, come to in a while. Right. Yeah. And I, I was sick. And yeah. I actually ended up being sicker than I thought I was because of the time it took me to recover. Uh-huh. If you, you know, uh, when you when you listen to our segments from Grand Ole Game Room Expo, you can hear my voice is like gone. Yeah. It, it was difficult for me to recover and it was difficult for me to stay up super late. And But when I did... Uh, what time I got to spend down there in the, those later hours, mm-hmm. that that was a time when I could focus. Focus, and play yeah. games. Yep, and yep, me too. What do I think about this game yeah. and spend some time with it? Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. I think that at that show, that's probably been the closest I've been able to come to getting getting your zen on i guess for lack of a better term with uh with the games that were there so for sure so a couple more quick things here yeah. and i see you you've got some notes on christmas and one of mine relates to christmas but before yeah. that yeah whitney facebook i don't know if i want to use that word that's a harsh word well okay. facebook is facebook is problematic because you know something here's the way that i look at facebook Facebook is a necessary evil, and that's and that's just the way it is. You know, I don't think that it's a tool for good or a tool for bad. It's more so just it's just a tool. <laughs> it just is what it is. You know. Well, and I, I've told many people. I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, but yeah. right before we started the show, yeah, I was right at the edge. I, I had I had made the decision to. start stop using Facebook. Uh-huh. I was going to, I, I had a friend of mine, she quit Facebook uh-huh. and I, the more I thought about it. And then some of the things that just the stuff you get wrapped up in, even yeah. in what was Facebook three years ago or so. Yep. And it's not gotten any better. Yep. And the only reason I've kept it is because of the podcast. Yeah, I know. I understand. And, and that's the reason why I stay on it as well is because of the podcast. If it weren't, if it weren't for the podcast, I would have no, I would truly have no reason to be on Facebook because, um, it, you wind up, you, you'll wind up finding a way of staying in touch with, with people regardless of Facebook. So fa- Facebook doesn't, is not that in now, my, in my mind. Now, while I'm giving Facebook some grief yeah, in exactly. this context, I'm actually giving it gr- in grief tongue-in-cheek yeah understood because there's some good stuff there it has led me to refine some other hobby pages yes so the thing about facebook is is if you think about it 
if you've got one interface to everything that you might love, I, I know arcade video. Well, there's there's groups for arcades for sale, video games for sale. I collect uh, thimbles. Yeah, I'm sure there's a thimble collecting group. When, yeah. When my mom passed that, away, that's the power of Facebook. Yeah. It's the groups. When, yeah. when mom passed away, at one point in time, we were trying to get. She had a huge collection uh-huh. of uh, precious moment figurines. Okay. And there are precious moments groups yeah now the da- the downside is is it's not a good forum like like clove yeah i can go and search clove and, and all that facebook it, it kind of all rolls off pretty quick yeah it, it does but you could use that as an interface for all these hobbies and I, i've fallen into the commodore 64 forums or or groups uh-huh and um I've, I've I, somehow I don't know whether Facebook kind of matrixed me or whatever, but somehow one crossed and I started joining slot car H O scale cool. slot yeah, car groups. Yeah, okay. And I, I've one of the things I collected before I got heavy into arcades was I had this period in time where I was collecting for a couple years H O scale slot cars, and I actually took down my big slot car track when I started getting arcade games and I needed the space in my basement. Okay. And this all kind of dovetails because Tony and other collectors in town, they have a much higher ceiling than I do and they do shelves around their game room and above their games. And they have stuff of the eighties, stuff of the early nineties all over the game room. And I've got a little of that, but most of my stuff is actually sitting on top of games Yeah, because that's the only space I've got. And I've thought, man, I should get my slot car collection out because that doesn't take a lot of space and I can I can put those I can put small shelves and displays everywhere and sure enough Facebook has slot car yeah, yeah. well groups. And, and you know something what I have found the groups to be slot, car. slot cars what I found the groups to be really helpful for is me and my uh, continuing rediscovery of the Atari 2600 and the NES console side of of the hobby and uh brent i would say over the past three months i've spent i've spent as much time oh whoa, oh, 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 what this is this is alert i'm nick baldridge and this is a nippet alert no hold, hold on whitney okay so you know fans this, of the sh- this sounds important it, oh it is it is okay. fans of the show know that i've, I've kind of had this wa- soft spot in my heart for nippet and nick baldridge has of the uh, em bingo I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> the EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. Every time he that, comes across, yes. yes, that. Every time he comes across the Nippet somewhere within Earth, yeah. he, he sends me something. <laughs> so I've got this direct line. Did you notice the dot matrix printer over it, it here? Sounded, it sounded yeah, like my old Epson ho- eighty column. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I had one of those too. Yes. Hold, let, lo- me get, let me it. let me get it. Hold on. Okay. okay. I got. Let me see what you pulled that see. out. You pulled that off the printer. Oh just yeah. Then, right off didn't the top. You? Right off Do the top. You know how hard it is this. The, anymore to get this fan fold paper they just don't do fan fold paper anymore no no they don't no. obviously you've got stock and you've got a parallel port to run it which is even more impressive on that and laptop it's tied to nick yeah exactly all right so okay he sent me looks like there's one in lexington lexington kentucky so that's not that's not too bad we'll no have to, no dude I, I hey man i'll tell you what I'll, I'll hop up there in my volkswagen and go pick it up for you because i know with it being em like that man dude it'll fit oh that's, yeah, yeah. that's no problem cool. yeah. all right nick well we appreciate all that right, and, all right good you know, we, got, we got that squared away then so i'll 
I'll keep an eye out. All awesome. Right. Awesome. Good deal. Nice. No, what I was going to say before Nick spent some of your money. Oh, yeah. And you finally got your nip it was, uh, yeah, I, I've spent over the past three months, I've spent probably more time in, in those two, gr- those two, um, uh, those two topic groups, Atari mm-hmm. 2600 and NES, as I have any of the other groups on Facebook <laughs> because it's, it's like, man, this is actually a treasure trove of information. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Now, a lot like on the Atari 2600 side, what a lot of that leads back to is Atari Age, which is, of course, uh, I, I would say that's analogous. That's that's uh, to the Atari world as Clob is to the arcade yep. world. Okay, and and, and, I, and I've spent a lot of time on Atari Age as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to be on Atari Age back when I was really heavily collecting twenty six hundred stuff. Yeah, and I just. But no, it's an awesome site. It's an awesome yeah. site. It's an awesome site. It's and it's run well. So on that, top of that, this brings me to my final update all right and uh this ties in with christmas because this actually was a christmas gift from my niece and my nephew and this one looks like it's gonna hurt whitney i want you i think my feelings are gonna get hurt. i want you to go ahead and read that line out of our show notes uh it says uh fruit pig is the new <clears throat> Donkey Kong. <laughs> Fruit Pig is the new Donkey Kong. So what in the world does that even mean? I read it and I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, I intentionally didn't put some links in here because I didn't want you to know. Open up the Tempest. <laughs> oh, is this something in the coin door of yes, the Tempest? Yeah. I'm surprised when you show up that I, you don't I, just I absolutely auto- love this. That you just don't automatically check the Tempest. <laughs> well, so for, for the for the things that I brought over for you tonight, I probably should have you know what, as I'm pulling this out of the tempest i probably should have put your stuff in the the tempest tempest. (laughs) and we could use it as like a cross-dimensional bridge or something so for christmas one of the little things that i got from my niece and my nephew was this little this little handheld game kind of system thing and i don't know how to describe it is this it it? yeah that's it okay so it looks like a little upright arcade game and it's got a little joystick and a couple buttons on it yeah there's a power switch on the back of it and you turn it on and just to look at it you can tell that it's it's not a high-end product. No, no, not not at all. It's it's uh, it's called the Dream Gear Retro Machine is what this is. So, oh, I see where you're going with this now. Really, Fruit Pig? Fruit Pig is Donkey Kong, seriously. So what is what is interesting is look the display is actually pretty good the display is pretty good it's kind of shocking it's got a 280 and one in this thing uh, but, i think it's 201 so okay 201 so yeah okay. we were we my niece and i were playing it during christmas and we kept playing game 82 so go okay, down to okay, 82 right, Whitney. okay yeah i've been i've been paging through this and, because and, they're not in alphabetical no order no at all. Well, they kind of skip yeah and yeah. uh, 82 is fruit pig so we kind of right. got addicted so, to Fruit Pig, which here, is... So I'm here, I'm sitting here paging, as everybody can hear me, I'm sitting here paging through this thing. Whoops, I passed over it, sorry. Would you say number 82? 82. 82? You want to check out Fruit Pig? Uh, so, dude, this, is this going to hurt my feelings? No, no, it's okay, not really Donkey right. Kong. Okay, all right. So but gonna, it's d- addictive like Donkey Kong. Can y'all hear that? So you're this little pig, and you've got to catch fruit as it falls down. And then once you've got so many fruits of a... T- of each type then you advance to the next level all right so how you doing whitney oh man i'm are you gonna sell your donkey kong for a fruit pig i'm full of wind so far hang tight Uh, well back out i want uh, you to check out a couple things whoa whoa whoa. that's i mean whoa (laughs) stuff is like stuff 
What, oh, so the fruit. So the pig eats the fruit as it falls. Yeah, he's. Yep, he got to catch the fruit as it falls. Okay, all right. Okay, so here. I, okay, I'm. I'm knocking. I'm knocking this out. Dude. <laughs> this is. I got. I, I'm. So there's. I'm going, I'm going for world record to straight so up. So when you look at the box, the thing leads you to believe that it's like all licensed games. Like there's a game that if you squint, kind of looked like New Rally X. That you know. There's a game that kind of looks like this game or that game. Games we all recognize, but they're all just knockoffs. Knockoffs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And once you get in there, you realize that a lot of the games are complete knockoffs of games that we do know with some nonsensical name or just something that's just like shoot this thing as it flies at you. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Hit, so, so this thing is like timer based, like a play menu. choice ten. No, or something. no, it'll play. It'll play a life out. Oh, hit, will hit, it? hit menu and go back out. I want you to check a couple of games out. All right. Okay. Hang tight here. So there's most of the games are like fruit, animal, or magic. So like, did you read that? It's right there on the on the little control panel, Whitney. It's menu or reset. It's a no. It's a little oh, little oh, button. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the one that says reset. Yeah. So, so it should okay. take. Re- yeah. Check out what's game number five. Uh, let's see. Game number five is magic. Game number five is called Magic Joni. <laughs> Who wouldn't right. want to play a little Magic Joni? Yeah, I'm getting ready to right well, now. No, no, hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. Oh. Check out... Oh, you're already in. Yeah, Magic Joni, right there it is. Check out 31. I got a couple of these I want you to check out. Magic Joni. I don't know, dude. That kind of reminds me of, I don't know, maybe Load Runner or something like I didn't that. Even, I, okay. I haven't checked. I yeah, sat down def- one night definitely. and was playing through quite... A, check out game 31. Game number 31? Yeah. Okay, yeah. here. Because right, if you, once you've had page, your ma- page him away, once you've got your magic Joni on, yeah, then you want to go down to oh, fish war. <laughs> Look, Man, dude, have a good, this have, is this is this is riveting, so, Brent. Hold on, hold on, no, it gets better. Okay, where do you go after fish war? Go to forty four. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, here I'm gonna play fish war. Here, you're gonna play fast. fish war. Yeah. Okay. So while you're playing fish war, here, here's what you got on the two hundred one. You got power robot. <laughs> That almost sounds like a dance. Okay. You got Rabbit Village. <laughs> Man, this 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 uh this fish war game, uh, Brent, this is no good whatsoever. <laughs> that's that's uh that's bad, dude. That's like really bad. Try game forty four. Okay, all right, forty four. Here, okay, hang, hang on, I'm paging my way through this thing. You so, gotta you've got to reboot it to reselect your game. Yeah, you every gotta go time. back through. We're building up to something here, so you're gonna like this. Uh, hold on, forty. Oh yeah, this is this is yeah number. 44 is right after Pizza Boy, number 43, and ahead of number 45, Octopus C. Number 44 has the distinction of uh, being called Toad in the Hole. All right. All right, Brent, we're going to play some Toad in the Hole. Okay, you play I, Toad I've got to say hole. that slow because if not, we're going to lose our rating. Yeah, All yeah right. absolutely. All right, okay. So while you're playing Toad in the Hole, you could also play... Oh, wow, look at this. It's like whack-a-mole, but just bad. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is it? What? So what does he do? Does he like throw? <laughs> There's no instructions. What you? No, dude. What you have is what was in the box. Uh, Everything man, in your hand. Man, dude, this is not good. Can you? Can you get your money back on this? <laughs> it was a gift. <laughs> can you? Did it come with a receipt? Dude, a gift it's receipt. got fruit pig on it. <laughs> yeah, it does that. Check out. Finally. All right. Check. Yeah, yeah, because I hope we're done with this. Check thing. out fifty six. Okay, hang on. I'm I'm paging my way. Well, you're paging. Here. So you got Rabbit Village. You got Water Pipe, which I don't know if that's some plumbing based game on. or not. Oh, fifty six. Yeah, fifty six. <laughs> 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 the English is strong with number 56. 
Yes, it's a sort. That's a sort. Yeah, a sort. Yes, yes. That okay. All right. Oh, we're, there's, we're, there's, gonna, we're gonna play a sort. A sort. There's other. Right, there's see. a. There's a lot of English. There is. I have no idea what a sart is. This is this is bad, dude. All right, I'm done with that. That was that was 30 seconds of my life. Well, you know, if you want some English games, game 64 is discus putt. Oh, is it? Which I assume is like our discus. Did you see number 39? It's called Brother Ball. That's no, I'm not. I'm not starting that one at all. Discus put. Which what I, which I would have thought would have been shot put, but actually you know like you, like you throw a shot put like the the ball like an Olymp the Olympic sport the shot put or the track and field sport yeah but sixty five is shot put so discus putt must be different than shot put yeah discus putt is number sixty four and sixty five is shot putt mm-hmm. and then you number sixty six is called surf g sport and then you've got ufo race um, 90 is cobra of sky oh is it really okay um and then one of my personal favorites is 172 which is dejectile <laughs> well, not not dejected or projectile but perhaps a dejected projectile uh, yeah number, as, number 89 is called surface fire so that's uh <laughs> you've got Blobbuster, you've got fear man Master Lunation. Lunation. Uh, I oh, missed that. Number 103 is called Gold Digger. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think that means what we think it no, means. I, I doubt it does. Uh, number 114 is called Awful Rushing. And 117 is Burrow Explorer. Uh, oh, this this cool. That's, number 120 is called Baseball New. So that, that's obviously uh, exactly what everybody wants to play. <laughs> Um, this is Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. This thing's bad, dude. I'm just gonna go ahead and turn it off and uh, <laughs> you're gonna just shove it back in my. And then, and then it goes back in the coin door. <laughs> so I'm I'm ho- I'm hoping that goes back to whatever little what? hole in space it came. Why from. don't you take it over there and shove it in the box with Ziggy the Clown? <laughs> oh, and Ziggy will be playing it every time you look at him. There is uh, of that. There is no doubt. I don't know about you, but after the show, I'm gonna unwind with a nice game of uh, a sort. <laughs> Yeah, a nice game of a sort. Yeah, I'll play baseball new, and uh, I'm going to take that home and um, burn it. So, yeah. All right, fair enough. Fruit Pig, the new Donkey Kong. Now it all makes sense. Got it. I'm Nick Baldridge, Whoa. and this is a Nippet Alert. Dude, I I'm think... Nick Baldridge, and this is a Nippet Alert. You're getting two? You, you got to watch Nick, man. He is on it. It's not uncommon. Hold, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. All right, I got it. Let's okay, see. All right, uh, we got one up in Clarksville, Indiana, Whitney, which oh. is that's actually a little closer than Lexington. Yeah, it, it, cl- right. yeah, definitely closer for 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 you. I think it's about split middle for me, but uh, yeah, Clarksville, Indiana, dude, home of one of the best fish seafood restaurants that I know of. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah, Clarksville Seafood, uh, right there on. Um, let's see, what is the name of that street? Uh, uh, anyway, it's real good. <laughs> How about that? So, yeah. So, we're headed to Clarksville to get your nippet. We're going to go get some fish. Yes, sweet, awesome. sweet, sweet. You cannot beat fried fish, buddy. So, man, I need to finish. There's my updates finished up with the high that is fruit pig. Uh, well, I don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> I just, we can just say uh, thanks for listening. That was number 50. And, and we promise we'll do better for number 51. That's all I know to say. Oh, 
Oh man, we'll have the link to that on Amazon in the show notes. Yeah, and you have got to go check it yeah. out. Yeah, it's worth it's worth the look. There, there's no doubt. So. Ah, Brent, my month. Um, you know something? I I did. I tried to do myself a favor this month, and I kept notes as I went along. Okay, and so, um, probably the best way to to describe this is this was probably one of my more productive months that I've had over the past year. Okay, as far as you know, as far as working on stuff and you know, fixing stuff and you know, installing stuff, whatever it may be. But just real quick, I, I do want to say a final word on Christmas. Uh, oh, I just. <laughs> I just saw the links to that to that to that confounded uh, dream gear just pop in um, in the uh, one note there. Okay, yeah, we'll get that in the show notes. All right, all right, good deal. Um, Mandy, we played a lot of pinball over Christmas, and that was awesome. Uh, we had the game room up and running uh, in pretty epic fare, and we hosted a lot. And we just, Mandy, we we just we played and we played and we played. And I got a lot of pictures of everybody playing, and you know, every, everything ran good, didn't have anything break. It was just, Mandy, it was just a lot of fun. We we just we had a ball over over the Christmas break. I, I will say that, but um. As far as I guess, kind of what I was uh, what I was up to. I mean, I didn't I didn't get any games, didn't sell any games or anything like that. But um, the winter for me, Brent, especially winter break, is when I tend to be able to have enough time to kind of go into my go into my mod closet, so to speak, and then start pulling stuff out and saying, okay, what what am I going to tackle? You know, for the for the uh, for the holiday break because usually my family we take off work over the holiday break and and I've got downtime, man. You know, I've got time where I can you know pull one of the pinball machines out or pull one of the arcade games out and work you on. You take it, all so. that stuff I bought you over the course of the year with my money, yes. and put it to good use and put, and put it put it to very very good use. So so this year okay for for or this christmas break what i focused on was pinball machines okay because uh my my lovely uh, my lovely wife said that she wanted to play a lot of pinball and she wanted everything to be up and running and uh <laughs> and by golly uh, it was and, and it, it turned out real well so i'm going to run through this kind of kind of bullet point here real quick brent and then you uh interject as you see fit or uh, you know or just uh call call blasphemy at the very end of the list if you want to but i do want to say well you know since i don't have my i my dream gear game it's yeah. stuck in the tempest I, I'll, <laughs> all i've got to do is pay attention yeah so. yeah so yeah so buckle up so one thing i will say is i know when i read this it's going to sound like a lot and it actually did turn into a lot but it's a lot it is a lot but i, I, I do want to preface this and say what i typically do is i buy mods over the course of the year and if i can't get to them right away which i typically don't uh then i put them in a closet I call the mod closet, and I, I bank them for uh, for when I know I'm going to get some time to work on them. And this particular year, the Christmas break was that time. Okay, so here's what I did. All right, so number one. Uh, on my ACDC, I installed my shaker motor. I installed a set of art blades. I installed a uh, kind of a mod. It's a train track with a couple of new signs. These these go in the play field. It's it's, it's really neat. I, I I think I need to update my uh, my Facebook album that that shows uh, everything that I've done to the ACDC. I installed uh, my pin bits flashers and Brent. These flashers are I, there. There are no. There's no other word to describe the pin bits flashers for ACDC other than they are awesome. Bits flashers. Yes, yes. You so go, what, what are they replacing? So, w- so what they do 
is these are active LED lightning bolts. Okay, so okay. so the so in ACDC you have three lightning bolts that uh, are placed um, around, kind of fan out across the playfield, and they're installed by ramp entrances. Okay, okay. And the way that this works is the factory install or the factory setup. The um, the factory flasher, the factory lightning bolts are reflective and they're backlit. And there's one little flasher that sits behind the lightning bolt. And when the code calls, that that flash that flasher bulb will light up, and then the the lightning bolt will then pass some of that light, and then you get a halo effect around it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's totally sufficient. But Pinbits makes a replacement flasher that um, a replacement lightning bolt where the entire back panel of the lightning bolt is a is nothing but a wall of LEDs and then they diffuse through either a clear which looks just like stock or OEM or you can get them with a red or a blue gel coat uh, depending upon how you you know the color scheme how you set your game up and Brent when these things flash they literally light up your face okay <laughs> but the great thing about it is is they don't attack your eyes because okay. they, they have a diffuser in front of them okay so and, and they're off and on just so split second that you're never looking at them but you, it's not but like you know that they go, no 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 no, they don't blind you, and they are diffused, but they but they're so prominent when they flash, and and of course they flash during you know parts of the parts of the game, you know when you complete modes or shots or whatever, um, start start up a particular mode or combo, whatever it may be, and so and they're they're synchronized to the code. I mean it's it's perfectly executed, and these flashers just add so much to the game. I mean they're 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 just they're wonderful, and. Um, now I'm not sure if they're sold any longer though, okay? Because I bought mine a year ago, stuck them in the closet, and I go back to the Pinbits, uh, Pinbits.com, go back to their website, and I've checked on them the past maybe three, a few times over the past three or four months, and they never show is in stock any longer. So Brent, if they're not being made any longer, this is exactly the reason why I buy stuff when I see it, mm-hmm. even though I don't intend to use it, okay? Because I've wanted those flashers for for a year. Year or so, if not longer, and I'm I, looking at them right now. Yeah, and I knew that if they, if I knew it's like, I mean, wh- why, why would they continue to build these things for the next five years? There's no reason for them to to build these for the next five years. So it's like, yeah, if you don't a, buy them, they, you may not be able to get them. And I'd say and, this is a build thing because it's a it's a custom shape, and I'm sure a PCB yeah, and all that. It and, is, yeah. it is. But the great thing is, is you you uninstall or you remove your factory flashers and the factory bulb, and then install these in their place and Brent this was a fairly and it was a fairly involved install um, on one of them the other two went in went in pretty easily but uh but did when you use it drywall was, screws I did yeah yeah okay, I okay. Used it straight works. straight yeah, through the, I, and you know something what I did I can I, see the little hole in the old bracket I, I did that and uh fortunately I countersunk into the play field okay and you, great. Could, you could never tell that anything was great. ever done yeah I'll tell you what dude I am if 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 I am nothing I am at least thorough and I think ahead you yeah know? absolutely exactly <laughs> I, I actually use two countersink bits. I keep one in my pocket in case I ruin or just completely deburr the first one. So it's all good, man. It, I mean, it looks totally professional. And so uh, so along with that, uh, I also took the play field almost, the, the top of the play field almost apart to install the most excellent Cliffy uh, jukebox protector. And uh, and that's, that is a protector that goes around the up, 
kicker hole and uh, at the very top of the play field. And then I installed the eject protector set as well. And uh, and that was actually uh, that was actually quite a bit. So my ACDC, man, it got looking smart over the course of a couple <laughs> of days, man. It, I mean, it looks good, and especially with the art blades, just it, it just it, it looks so you've LED this the, this ACDC you've LED'd out as well, right? Completely. Because it, it was yes. prior to Stern going on. LED. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was all um, it was all incandescent because I got one of the very first run ACDC pros from back in 2012, and uh, I've completely coin takered it out and i have stuck with my theme of using uh cool white you know for uh for for all of the gi and then i color match the inserts and i go um i go warm white uh the normal incandescent color on the flashers and everything like that and man brent for me it just lights the play field up and i'm telling you it looks really really good okay so so that so that's that and the shaker motor uh lots of good shaker motor effects on that game so i was i was very pleased with that now on my tron i installed my shaker motor on it i installed the uh, the arcade the uh, tron arcade cabinet mod i installed uh, and that's version 2.1 it's a fairly older version because i bought it and uh, stuck it in the closet for a little bit now that's the one that actually out. looks like the tron arcade it actually game plays that goes the tron on. arcade game yes. so can you update the code or the firmware in that not okay. that i not that i'm aware of and, and so um so i will say this though everybody who played my tron over the course of the holiday and it was probably no less than 30 people who rolled in through my house and played that Tron, I would say at least half of them would come get me and say, hey, Whitney, that little arcade game that plays Tron in your pinball, that's like the coolest thing you've got in that room. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, It's like... It's I, always the stuff you don't expect. It's always the stuff you do not expect. And I do want to give a shout out to, uh, to Preston from the Game Room Junkies because uh, as we were leaving SFG last year he handed me a box and said hey Whitney I want you to have this and inside that box was the lighted Flynn arcade sign at mod and I installed that so Preston it looks awesome and thank you so much for that I I installed the Cliffy Arcade Scoop Protector, the Cliffy Eject Protector. I installed my color DMD. And Brent, I was missing just a few LEDs in the playfield of being completely LED'd on that. And I finished the LED job there. And, um, and Brent, I will say the shaker motor effects on Tron—they're not as—they're um, not as um, I would say exhaustive as they are on, on ACDC, but it's it's well executed. I want to say fine. I've played Tron with the shaker motor several times, yeah. but I can't recall having played much AC. I, I know I've played like a Lucy, which is basically a premium. It's premium, yeah, um, a reskin premium. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't recall having played anything else other than like a pro without a shaker motor yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to compare them. yeah no i understand i understand it, but it, it plays good it, the the effects are good it's um it's 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 neat uh, i mean i've still got a few I, and, and admittedly i still have a few uh mods to go on the tron i still have to install my my eli ramp lighting kit um and then a few others but uh nonetheless i made some significant progress on tron on my iron man i installed my color dmd and man dude it adds so much to that game um and uh let's see 
on on the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Let's talk Ghostbusters for a second. Okay. All right. Okay. So here's. So I, I haven't gotten to play mine in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. And you know something? Neither Little. neither have I. Neither have I. And I'm going to admit I, I'm I'm going to air a dirty little secret that I was not proud of. Is something I texted you. But you know, in the spirit of full disclosure, I'm going to talk about it here on the show. Okay. All right. Uh, but first, let's talk about what I did. Okay. So I installed the Ghost Trap Flipper Bat covers, which was highly technical, Brent. And it was a it was what a one way on? strip. Huh? What holds those on? Is just, it just like some 3M adhesive? Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know if there was like a little tab that hung nah. down. You put it behind the rubber? No, or? no, 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 no. You just, you just, they're just peeling stick, dude. Oh, That's okay. all they are. And I, I do want to thank. Je- I'd end up with those stuck to my forehead. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you've got me. It is a, it, it's a one time deal. You know, I mean, you've <laughs> got to, you got to aim pretty good for, for this, you know. Um, I do want to thank and give a shout out to listener Jeff Waldron. He clued me in on these and I, after I installed them I, I got to looking around the machine and I'm like, yeah, it should have been that way from factory. You know, they, they just they just complete the look. So anyway, so got those installed. I installed the shaker motor, my my, my spike shaker motor and uh, Ghostbusters does make good use of that. I, I'm very pleased with how that turned out. Um, I installed the fix for the shorting flash lamp above the library scoop, Brent. So I I, I put my little piece of uh, my little piece of um, double sided tape, their foam foam core, I guess, kind of foam back tape, there, and got that taken care of. I installed um, the airball protector plastic, okay, and so got that. That was a, a mod father install right there. And then Brent, uh, I also installed um, the uh, the, the in- airball protector plastic. That was Little Shop of Games. That was little shopping yes. games thank yeah. you thank little you thank games. you yeah I, I thank you for i stand corrected little shopping games and um and then i also installed uh the inlane protectors as well okay and and let me tell you brent that turned into a bit a bit more of a project than i the thought the inlane it was. protectors yes yes the that, that cover that go over the inlane and the outlanes yeah that that you know on the that left to, and the right yeah, side the of the playfield yeah, yeah on, the on the left lower, right of the, on, uh, on the lower Playfield. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I installed those, and that was a bit more of a of a job than I thought it was going to be. Now I gave you the heads up on that, and mine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my, I, fo- I followed that. I followed that. So what was difficult about it? Um, I lost fasteners. Oh, okay. yeah, I forgot about that. I lost fasteners. <laughs> that was it. And yeah. um, and I was I became a little irate because uh, <laughs> I am the kind of guy that when I lose something. I find it okay, and I don't like go back to my little box of uh, of, of of calm or I think that's what Titan Pinball call it. They they sell this thing called a little box of calm that has like screws and nuts in it and stuff like that. And as as much as I appreciate that, I don't go back to that because I am uber concerned about uh, shorting something out or um, let's say like a nut getting lodged somewhere that I can't find it okay mm-hmm. and um, and so you know Brent on on those to install those uh, to install those plastics the um, several of the fasteners had a nylon lock nut on them mm-hmm. okay and so you have to use um, you have to use a wrench above and a wrench on you know like a, a nut driver on top and a wrench below to, to hold the to hold the nylon lock nut you know to, to get it loosened and then to tighten it up and so so it 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 
it was a little involved when it comes to how much room do you have to work or to work around the fastener posts and everything like that okay at least at least for my big ham hands it was all right so i wound up it was a little tight quarters at times i wound up losing a few of those nylon lock nuts and what did they do shoot right down the play field okay and fall into never never land all right <laughs> and so Brent, i took uh i took you know what i wait for when that happens like yeah. if i've got a play field up yeah it's like that this is i'm i'll say it anyway but there was a game on the game show prices right called plinko yeah where they they win these these chips yeah and they go to the very top of the game board and it's pins like a like a, a bagatelle pinball uh-huh, and uh-huh. they drop the chip and he goes ting, 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 and then yeah the the slot it falls it's a big bagatelle yeah and oh there's no doubt yeah. there's no and doubt I, I listen for that tick 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 and i'm waiting for that when it hits the bottom of the cabinet, and, 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 and if it doesn't, then it's like heartbreaking. It is because oh. I, because I lost three nylon lock nuts into my playfield, <laughs> and they <laughs> never showed up in the bottom of the cabinet. Okay, and so at that point, Brent, I'm looking. You know, I, I take my flashlight, my LED flashlight, and I'm looking through the playfield, and I am, uh, Brent. I'm telling you, I spent I don't know maybe an hour and a half looking in the playfield, trying to find those three nylon lock nuts okay and um for all who have ghostbusters or have seen it or played it uh and and can draw a mental image of the ghostbusters play field it's it's not like it's crammed or anything (laughs) okay i mean you don't have a straight shot on anything except the ramp entrances and then once it once you get to the top of the play field i mean dude who knows where that stuff goes i mean it's completely gone and i looked brent and i looked and i looked and i looked and i could not find a thing and i was not going to just say i'll get three more nylon lock nuts and then just call it a day find out later where they turn up where they turn up when you fire it up and fry a node board or something like that and you take out your game that was not what whitney was going to do so uh so brent i could not find those nylon lock nuts for the life of me so um i was uh i was pretty fit to be tied dude i mean i had to walk around and cool off for a little (laughs) bit because i was not a happy camper at all because here i am you know i've got company coming over and in like four hours okay and it's like okay this is the last thing i need to do to put the ghostbusters back together throw it in the row and it's done and so um you know i'm starting to feel a little bit of the pressure a little bit of the heat and uh i'm, I'm handling it pretty good but i'm not i'm just not happy you know and um and so uh I, so man i i, I went ahead and, and uh and committed myself to the to the ultimate uh to the ultimate fixer buddy and i think i texted you a picture of what i did or no I, I remember i texted you a picture of an empty cabinet is yep. what i did you remember that <laughs> yeah, look, and you looked at you texted back and you were like what are you doing <laughs> it looked like it was on the assembly line yes it did and um and so what i proceeded to do and i did this all by my lonesome all by myself is uh i unplugged uh all the cat 5e cables uh you know cat 5 cat 6 cables um out of the out of their respective jacks and you know something the great thing about the spike system and i'll give stern credit for this you know something buddy it doesn't there's not much from a cabling perspective that is holding that play field no no dude i unplugged i believe i believe hang on let me rewind this here in my head i believe i unplugged two ethernet cables and one power coupling cable 
And then, Brent, what did I proceed to do? I completely removed my play field from my machine. Okay. And, uh, and I carried, uh, I, I, you know, I got green on it, as a buddy of mine would say. I flipped, uh, you know, I, I pulled on, I put on a pair of uh, purple shorts and I ripped off my shirt, turned green, and got my play field out. And, um, and then what did I proceed to do, Brent? Actually, I turned it upside down and I shook it. And uh, all three of my nylon lock nuts hit the floor. And uh, I felt vindicated, although I was not happy. And uh, then, Brent, you know what I did? I put the playfield back in the machine and hooked it all back up. And then I took those three nylon lock nuts and I finished installing my plastic protectors. And I fired up the game and I played Ghostbusters and life was good. No problem. So, you know, uh, no bubbles, no troubles. But yes, for three nylon lock nuts, I removed my playfield. I shook well, it you know, and then I put it back in. I guess in. the upside of that is anybody listening that's, that, you know, we've talked a lot of Ghostbusters the last several shows. If you're getting a replacement playfield due to ghosting, you <laughs> Hey, you know it comes out pretty easy it's easy peasy buddy <laughs> easy peasy and uh, no problem at all now i did have to sweat and grunt a little bit in order to make it happen because let me tell you brent you have to choose your hand holding spots very strategically when you're doing this okay and uh but you know I, hey you know all, all all's good in in love and war and pinball on top of that and uh and so it's uh it <laughs> it's it's good <laughs> ghostbusters works uh, works like a treat now man so it's uh and, you know what and i have funny. no and i do not have my nylon lock nuts uh in the uh, in the coils or somewhere uh down below the playfield, which is actually what i was somewhat scared about um and then uh the last but not least i installed a shaker motor in the star trek and that is a wrap on the pinball mod so i, I was a busy little guy dude uh over the over the christmas break when it comes to uh you know when it comes to uh, elbows and <laughs> oh whoa 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 this whoa. is a nippet alert oh dude this must Aldridge, mean and this is a nippet alert Oh, wait a minute. Did, oh, it, Brent, you got carrier pigeons in your house, He sent that dude. in with a bird. Yeah, yeah, he it, he did. It, did. it landed It landed over there on the high speed. <laughs> Just get it. Just I get got it. it. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. All right. All right. Where, where's this one at? Uh, dude. Oh, the, whoa, whoa. Where's it? Where? Hold on. Where's this thing at? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. Here. Yeah, well, you got it. You tell me. Where's it at? Well, man, dude, it's Frozen Creek, Kentucky. Do you know what? I have no idea where this is at. Dude, Surely you know where it's at. Yeah, but dude, it's just northwest of uh, Nocter, Kentucky. Nocter, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I You've remember been down there. that now. Yeah. yeah. Frozen Creek. Okay, yeah, so we ate at the White Castles down there one day. Yes. yes. That was a secret run for some games. Yes, that was. I remember how can well, I have forgotten? Hold on, hold on to the paperwork. Right. We'll add it to the list, then we'll check it out. All right. So we're going to Fro- here. Let me write this down. Yeah. We're Road going trip. Frozen Creek. Frozen Creek. Yeah, got that. All right. Cool, got cool, it. Cool. All right. Got it. Signed right. off on. Done. All right, Nick. We're going to Frozen Creek, buddy. Thank you. And, and then Brent, back to topic. Uh, the uh, arcade related. I did nothing. I, I didn't. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do, do a anything. thing. Anything. I just turned the games on. Unfortunately, they ran and they played. Um, Grace's game room. I, I think I'd mentioned that uh, last show. Uh, my daughter wants a uh, daughter wants uh, her spare uh, playroom or her little playroom to be uh, a console room now. So over the course of the Christmas break, we wound up finishing cleaning that out, and we went out and bought our paint for that room brent and she chose a extremely bright almost nintendo ish blue and a nintendo ish green oh and sweet. we're going to alternate the walls with a blue and a green color oh so sweet. It, it's going to look really good and then we're going to put up some some vinyl stickers and stuff like that so like 
blue, blue, green, green, or blue, green, blue, green? Blue, green, blue, oh, green. Oh, okay, that's, cool. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's going to turn out pretty sweet. We're going to put in some white bookshelves, you know, for game storage and stuff like that. And it, it'll it'll turn out looking really, really nice when it's all said and done. And, um, and then the last thing, Brent, that I wanted to talk about, and I would be remiss if I did not update everybody on this, is a Skyskipper project update. All right? Mm-hmm. So real quick, um, I've got two bullet points here, and I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to kind of be quick on these, just real real quick, because um, there's some more content that's going to go up on the SkyskipperProject.com website. But uh, one thing I will say, we did hit a milestone on the project, Brent. The artwork reproduction is finished. Okay, we have uh, we have finally completed redrawing, um, recoloring, retouching every single bit of the cabinet artwork. It now sits all in the uh, capable hands of uh, Rich at this old game. And uh, Brent, he uh, has been um, sending me some test prints of this. And I don't know what I'm going to do with these test prints. It's it's awesome from a work in progress standpoint. You know, it, it lends some, uh, I guess, some nostalgia to the whole project because you get to see the artwork as it's going along. But, Brent, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, it's going gonna, to be you know, absolutely beautiful. Other than all the space, yeah. you could do like a Tony Stark thing. And you could put, you know, like how you had the different <laughs> yeah, generation. Yeah, the generation, the, mark, the marks of the yes. armor. Yes, yes, yes. I'm getting enough to where I can at least show a three to four step progression okay and rich is knocking it out of the park and you know what he does and i i just i love the way that he does this when he prints this stuff out brent another revision of the artwork you know what he does with it he rolls it up puts it in a tube and he mails it to me oh sweet he says wait till you take a look at it and then let's talk and and so he he and kendra are sending me the revisions of the artwork physical revisions of the artwork and um and it's pretty nice to look at so so um for anybody wondering are they going to get the artwork done uh or are they going to start this and then get bored with it and not finish it you can bet your bottom dollar we're getting the artwork done and it's going to be awesome so uh, so rich is on that and we've got that major milestone behind us and then some people have been asking us brent about the reveal schedule mm-hmm. as to when we're going to announce where's this going to be in the u.s and the uk and when and I will say, and Brent, you're privy to this, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into it on, on here on the show simply because, uh, quite honestly, some plans, uh, some plans change, and that's, and that's just to be expected. Uh, you know, there, you know, you lay your plans, and some work out, and some don't. Uh, but what I will say is, uh, on next month's show, we should have everything lined out to where we can, uh, to where we can definitively give the dates, the times, the locations the events and um and one thing i do want to say and i'm not sure if they if they're going to be listening to this or not but i do want to give them a shout out and they know who they are but i want to thank them for their work and uh, next month that'll all become evident because uh they're supporting us big time and they believe in us so it's it's going to work out good and we're going to have some big venues for this brent so it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be neat but uh I, I will say um the 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 uk reveal uh is going to be later in the year the u.s reveal is going to be earlier in the year and um and that's that so we'll, we'll have more details once we get everything finalized and that's skyskipper so it's moving along it's moving along but it is uh it has been some work but uh it, it's neat it's well, fun it's, it's a project i know that you knew going into it there was going to be an investment in time yeah and an investment in effort yeah. and a lot of organization yeah but it makes you smile and you're happy and you yeah. enjoy doing it and yeah. it needs to it's something that that 
just needs to be done. It, it's, it does. I'm glad that you're doing it. Yeah, it, it's neat. because it, I don't have that kind of fortitude, Whitney. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Well, you, you I'm know, playing fruit pig, Whitney. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But here's one thing: and looking for nippets. Yeah, no, it's all good. That's all good. But here's one thing I will say: is that this project has become a bit larger than life. I mean, Brent, my 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 wife and my daughter are now invested in this, and they're looking forward to how this is going to turn out in the the travel we're going to do for it and just i mean just everything and and just working with alex and ollie i mean they've just been unbelievable and just just friends to the end on this and i mean this this has been an extremely positive experience and i we just cannot wait to share it with the world it's awesome so that's it that's sky skipper more good things to come and there's a and there's more to be said about sky skipper too i mean there's there's going to be some other interesting i think tangential uh projects that come off of this maybe and we'll just have to wait and see how all of that works itself out but uh and i'm sure that's not done that story will work its way out it will work its way it will work its way out over time yeah there's but just just let it be said that after the u.s and the uk reveals we're not done so there's 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 more to be done more to say so it's going to be sweet cool so that's my month brent in a nutshell so i think that whitney takes us into (laughs) the text dude the text the tech and rest what Whitney, what? Yeah, yeah. Dude, what's, yeah. What's, what's, whoa, Baldridge, whoa, whoa. And this is a Nippet Alert. I'm Nick Baldridge, and this is a Nippet Alert. <laughs> okay, okay, I got I caught, I caught him, Brent. I caught him. I got it. I got where it. Does he I, hit, where does I, he I got him. He dropped it, and birds, I got And how do they get into my I, house? I have no idea, but I... But I, I I grabbed the bird, and right before he pooped on me, or tried to poop on me, Dude, I grabbed the piece of paper. Don't let him poop on the floor. You no, know, I got it. I got it. That it, stuff's acidic. All, it, I keep it on you, <laughs> not the games. <laughs> Fair enough. So guess where we're headed for nippet number four? All right. Now, uh, we're going to have a pair. We're going to have a pair. So everybody needs, well, I mean, everybody Nick is, needs Nick, a spare. Nick has sent me stuff all over the country, so I can only imagine where yeah. this is at. I mean, yeah. I, hopefully he's kind of staying a little closer to home. No. No, we're not. We're we're hopping in the big F three fifty, and we're gonna fill it full of diesel fuel, and we're headed to Stonehead, Indiana. Oh yeah, I yeah. know where that's at. We, now we've been there. We've yeah, been it's there. just south of uh, of Nawbone. South of Nawbone, Indiana. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's an easy. Who hasn't trip. been to Nawbone? I, if they haven't, they're missing now, out. I can't, I I'm always, just looking. I'm just looking forward to hitting all the truck stops yeah, between oh, yeah. here and there. And I I have missed Stonehead, but man, you, you want to talk about a party? You need to go to Nawbone. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I, now Brent, we're not, we're not <laughs> yeah. staying. We're not staying well, to Saturday true. night. Okay, that's true. okay. Because well, I, you know what they say, Nawbone's like Vegas. Yeah. Well, so what it, happens it, in Nawbone stays in Nawbone. Stay, stays there, and I'm spending the money on a nip, and I'm not getting you out of jail. Okay. All right? Okay. So, well, it, Nick, man, I appreciate. I appreciate all the help, but man, we're gonna have to scale back on the birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the birds are a little much. Well, Nick. Maybe he'll email you the next one. <laughs> it's a nervous but, laugh, Nick. But anyway, so that's it. That's a, that's we're headed right. to Stonehead. Stick Indiana. it on the map. We're doing it. All right, got it. Done. All right, Whitney. Let's uh, let's transition into the tech and restoration segment for the big five O show. Yeah, sounds like a plan, dude. Let's do it. This is a segment that I love to hate, Whitney. Oh, I, yeah, I know why. I mean, every time I put the show notes together, I'm smiling uh, as I do it. <laughs> well, Ma- maybe even laughing like that stupid little clown thing you've got over there as well. So, Don't disparage <laughs> Ziggy. 
He's uh, this is a hey, Brent. I'm been, you, he's just one back turn of yours away from being set on fire. This has so. been. <laughs> This has been such an eventful show. I mean, <laughs> number 50 is a blowout. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are just into the second segment, yeah. and we have already covered just everything and anything that we've done well, the prior month, and it's been all over the board, which yeah. is unusual for us, because usually we kind of stay in a, in a lane for yeah. a month. Yeah, we, we do, but you got to think, man, 50, 50 episodes, yeah. man. I mean, it is... It is a milestone it's an accomplishment it's been a commitment but it's been so much fun and uh yeah i hope it comes through speak for yourself (laughs) well you're in it hook or crook so you know like i said this is just a blowout we yeah our our updates uh, we've gone from pinball to ziggy the clown to uh uh Brake, you know, automotive brake rotor clocks. Yeah, to pit, we went uh, Nawbone, Indiana, for a nippet. Uh, we've got a back. stack of nippet leads. Thanks, yeah. to, thanks to Nick. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it's just it, it just gets better it, and better. It just, and it, yeah, it here could. and here, like I said, this is a segment that I love to hate because I love to get in and get into that techie kind of stuff. And yep. We've had a lot of shows that I've gotten feedback and and that's been helpful to folks. The, yeah. the things that we've discussed, yeah. and I've had shows where you know we talked about Facebook so much earlier. I've been in these Facebook groups, and someone's like, "How do you d- deal with this?" Hey, yeah. listen to this, and this, I'll send them a link to the this, show. This is how we did it. Yeah. Call it self promotion. Yeah, it's okay, I, but. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, man, I, I'll tell you what. It's better living through technology is what it is mm-hmm. because you can whip out the link and, and give it straight up. So there it is. So I got a uh, kind of a quick punch list here of several things I wanted to touch on real quick. All right. All right. Sounds good. So then, then some, I've got kind of one massive one. That's fine. Oh, end. yeah, that's yeah. great. But it, it's all good. That's actually something near and dear to my heart. Some of my things are somewhat specific and somewhat generic. All right. So okay. we tend to beat the death out of Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, we do. Or beat Ghostbusters to death, so to speak. But, but here's the thing. Is it warranted? I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it is. And, and, that, and that, that disappoints me, okay? Because it wasn't supposed to be like that, but it is. I'm kind of interested, as an aside, Yeah. how I know Batman 66s are already landing. Yeah. Yes, they are. And we've had the conversation about the games prior to Ghostbusters. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. Uh, I know we've had a conversation about the games prior to Ghostbusters, and if they had the number of -of out-of-the-box issues, and our feeling is is not really, because you've had out-of-the-box games... And contemporary games. I've I've got several. I mean... And not had the issues. I'll say this just real quick. Uh, Every pinball machine that I've got, I've bought in uh, new inbox in their stern. ACDC, Tron, Iron Man, um, Star Trek, and Ghostbusters. And Brent, just call it for what it is. The other four of those that were not Ghostbusters... They set up and they played and had zero problems and I and and I didn't have a and laundry I get that list from other of, folks too. Yeah, and I didn't have a laundry list of stuff I had to do to the machine before I felt confident to put it uh, to put it in, in into rotation. This one has been the only one that's been like that. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, we've talked a lot about other shows on this show. I know Nick is uh, he's keeping us on our toes with the nippet alerts, and we've talked about Don and Jeff and this flipping podcast. Well. We're here recently in the recent uh, pinball podcast to Don Jeff. Jeff was talking about a friend of his who had just gotten a Ghostbusters premium. And he just said this just like it was 
nothing. Just like there it was. We got it. Well, we got it. We got it out of the box, and we spent about an hour or so going through and, and making it ready to play. Yeah, and and that was basically going through and addressing any issues. You know, like like with uh, with our Star Trek. Uh, we got it out of the box, and my wife was standing there just eager, just saying, can we play it now? Can we play it now? Can we play it now? Because she was looking so forward to that Star Trek. And bring, you know what we did with the Star Trek? We got it out of the box, put the balls in it, and uh, you know, set, I, I set up the little tilt bobber and leveled it. And then you know what we did? We started playing. And you know what we've done <laughs> with Star Trek ever since? Just played it. We've just played it. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we just play it. And we That's played awesome. Yes. And so if I sound a little mad, I, or I guess a little perturbed. <laughs> You're it's, so beating this horse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Thank you. That is my cue to stop. So thank you. I appreciate so that. So the, the, the topic here is, yeah, it's directly related to Ghostbusters, but in all honesty, you, I can see this in several Stern games and yeah. the, uh, the, the commentary has been kind of passed about. Uh, there's been a commentary passing around having to do with the left ball scoop and the ball basically going straight down the middle. Okay. So uh, this is, this is as much tech as it is maybe just a topic of general discussion. All right. No, I mean, I'm 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 dialed in on it. Let's, I want to hear what you got to say. So, you know, the thought is as well, did John design a game in such a way that when the ball returns, it goes straight down the middle, (laughs) that darn flipper gap, that straight down the middle, that angle. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think so. You know, this is not John's first rodeo. Not by not by a long shot. So the fix to it brings in question two about fault. Okay. And the fix is, is you go in the code and you turn the value down, the strength for that coil. Okay. Okay. All right. And that ball will, instead of taking a beeline right out of the, the scoop. Uh-huh it'll come out and you can start to get a little hook to it a little arc to it yeah you, you could okay. you could put some english on it huh right yeah so where this where i first saw this okay so it's interesting so then now now is it a code problem is it dwight's problem or whoever's and i'm like mm, i don't think i don't would. think i think so it's either. just maybe if anything it's just a defaults problem and then you just you just turn it down it's hey uh, man at yeah. least you can adjust it my my thought is thank, thank you stern for that yeah yeah my, my thought is that it's i've heard about this quite a bit and i've i've experienced it and it seems like it's the current bone to pick maybe with (laughs) ghostbusters yeah and i look at it as maybe a happy series of coincidences okay the the angle of the scoop just so happens that if you kick the ball just hard enough it could go straight down the middle okay okay it's not like it's literally straight down the middle yeah you have to have the 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 game that's set up with the tolerances on that particular game yeah in just such a way that that ball will consistently not catch the tip of the left flipper i see i see all right okay and you know i've i've got access pretty quick access to four of these okay a pro and three premiums yeah i've got hands-on access to the pro and my premium yeah and i've got word of mouth access to two premiums via you and dave that's exactly right and i haven't yeah. heard you talk about it and i haven't heard dave talk about it uh-huh. and my game doesn't do that yeah but the pro I, I mean, i've not noticed you've it. not noticed it. i've not noticed it the pro that i have access to the one that's owned by rec bar here uh-huh. in louisville when it came out of the box it would 
return to the flipper every time. And okay. as the game has played uh-huh. and it has broke itself in and yeah. it's got several thousand plays on oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It will consistently like 95% of the time straight quote unquote, straight down the middle, in, miss the flipper. In, you got to either some serious nudging in order to save, in it. order to save it. Interesting. Okay. And I, I'll be honest. I've got the tilt, the, the tilt set pretty loose on that game. Okay. <laughs> just to help compensate so people well, don't get mad. Yeah, and that yeah. was kind of the thing. I, I it, it, at Rec Bar, it was starting to be a frustration for anybody paying customers that played the game. And it, yeah, you could always say get better at pinball, but at the end of the day, yeah, I oh, mean, it, you can say that, but yeah, it, people still have to have a good time to pay yeah, to play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we'll say that to each other, but paying customers in the public, nah, you're not going to tell no, them that. No. No. So to me, it's it's a combination of. The game itself and the particular tolerances and how that game was built and maybe one game versus the other, this is a quarter inch different or a sixteenth of an inch different than this versus this versus that, you know, and it all kind of combines to make something a little bit more possible, so to speak. And then you've got, you know, the scoop placement crossed with what is probably a default in the in the in the software and before you know it you can get into a situation where it's common enough that you get a straight down the middle and then like whitney said i'm my bet is is that in the firmware or the code for the game that's probably a default because you're not going to write that segment or that code block every time for every game It, it just doesn't make sense it in I, I don't I don't fault anybody, you know. And, oh, no, you no, know, no, no, Tal- no. Taylor Reese and I, uh, Taylor from this flipping fo- podcast, I know he'd mentioned it on 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 his show where it would happen occasionally on his game, and we kind of got talking about it a little bit on on Facebook, and, and I said the same thing to him, which is, I just think it's kind of this concert, if you will, of all these circumstances where you know tolerances in that particular game, uh, maybe just how that particular mechanism was built in that particular game that made the power applied to the coil just that much stronger or a little, you know, the, 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 pl- the, the plunger or a little quicker out of the, out of the gate, so to speak. Yeah, and, understood. you know, defaults in the software and it, it just all happens to marry together in some circumstances to <laughs> cause the, this. And that's the end result. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, then it becomes that, as we mentioned earlier, that pseudo philosophical argument of do you just p- play better pinball or do you just turn the coil down? Yeah. And, and to me, in in the situation where I had to deal with it to help out, you know, you know, I got some questions. That I'm, you know, hey, what would you do about this? You know, the guys from like rec bar, I'm like, well, well, let's just turn the coil down. Let's see if there's a setting. Yeah. And, and that's what we did. For the people that come in there, they have a much better experience. Yeah, I'm sure of that. I'm now, sure of that. now, would I do that on my game? I, I would like to think I would learn to play a little better pinball. And I've admitted that, that playing Ghostbusters has made me a better pinball player when I, when I get to play it. Yes. But honestly, 
for the straight up frustration, I'd probably turn it down a couple ticks. I mean, if I noticed it happening repeatedly, especially to others, to people uh, playing my game other than myself, and it's something that people are like, oh, man, again, or it, and yeah. if you hear the phrases that lead up to the disappointment, then I would most certainly give it consideration. This, this just hit me. Uh, Jeff mentioned that when he was talking about setting that premium up. He said, uh-huh. oh, the, we, we, and we dialed back the left scoop to some number and you yeah. said now that number works for that game it may not work for yours so yeah. that's kind of the approach they take i see, I see. now i don't know if anything like that comes into play on other stern games i know they've talked about or people have talked about the um, gene simmons head on kiss and i don't know if it's as much of like a little saucer under there as it is a scoop and you know a little saucer generally has just like a little kicker that knocks yeah. it out versus more of a plunger type deal that really like an up kicker like almost. an up kicker yeah um Anyway, if you have another Stern game, I'd look in the settings yeah. and see what's in there. And if it gets just to be a a, a a point of just frustration where there's too many house balls, where it's just really, it's just frustrating mm-hmm. the way your game is set and you know, you've got that hack, happy set of circumstances – Honestly, if it was me, it wouldn't break my heart if I got in there and turned it down yeah. a little bit. I mean, I've gone through um, each one of my ROMs, uh, each one of the ROM versions on my machines over the Christmas holiday, and I took the opportunity to flash up every machine current except for Ghostbusters. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the reason that I haven't flashed Ghostbusters up is because, uh, I'll just be very frank with you, I didn't want to get into that process of uh of doing now i i think i mentioned on the last show where i've saved off my current code yep okay i've done that successfully but i haven't i haven't upgraded the code yet and i was looking through the instruction manual and on the spike games it looks like it's it's pretty easy okay i've done it it is okay all right and it doesn't look like it's it's involved really at all but the pro, but the the I guess the issue, Brent, is I figured that I needed to correct other issues before I ever even started touching the code, mm-hmm. and um, because the code wasn't going to solve the airball issues and and other things that I needed to kind of fortify on the game and get straight before I ever even attach uh, you know attack the code. So anyway, that's my story. So I'm still running 1.05 on mine. Uh, that still has 105. I was about ready to go to 112. Uh-huh. I did. And 113 uh, just came out. And 113 just came out. I've played yeah. 112 quite a bit. Uh-huh. And I, I'm I'm happy with it. It seems to be fairly well received. Yeah. And, and you're right. 113 just hit. I mean, like days ago. Yeah. So just a couple of days ago, if that. Yeah, I don't think we're giving any news there. If, if no. folks are in the know on Ghostbusters and they're, they already they're know the, that. They're in the know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the next thing is, uh, uh, man, I've had some K7000 flyback woes here recently. So is it, is it flybacks that you've purchased or just it, ones it going out on other, machine, uh, on other monitors? It's ones I've purchased, and this is why I wanted to, huh. to mention this here. And, okay. and I've talked about this a little bit w- with uh, another uh, individual, Ed, well, Edward Lutz, uh-huh. you know, oh, yeah. um, because he, he does repair for a living. So I have had... Uh, since I've been at, at this house, three K seven thousand new mm-hmm. at replacement K seven thousand flybacks fail. Okay, I have never had a replacement geo uh, geo seven flyback fail uh-huh. or a replacement any other flyback. But I I seem to have this series of K seven thousands three that I can think of fail. Huh. Had one in my own game. 
Yeah. I had one, I did a, uh, a case, a 25 inch K 7,000 that was in a golden tee for my brother-in-law. Uh-huh. And I think I might've mentioned that, that you did. we you upgraded did. his, uh, golden tee last year. Mm-hmm. And then we took it to Louisville arcade expo and found it, found that golden tee, a new home mm-hmm. moved in on that flyback failed. You know, it, my brother-in-law didn't have the game, uh, it probably wasn't at his house a year. Okay. And it wasn't like it was an arcade where it was on 24 seven or eight hours a day or 10 hours yeah. a day or whatever, yeah. but it didn't last. It just, it lasted just fine. Little arcade expo, but I got a call about a week, two weeks after, and it was dead. Huh? Flyback gone. I'll be. I did another monitor here recently and it lasted about five months and it went and so, it went spectacularly. Th- that's what I was going to ask. I mean, when the fly when the flyback fails on these, is it just a gradual dimming, or is no, it, it an arcing, or does no, it, just it just flat out fails? It flat out fails, okay. and it's not like when the the it's not like you'll have a split, yeah, in the side of the body where it's arcing out. Uh-huh. I haven't seen that. It is like it heats up and just melts itself internally, almost like a pinball coil just going. Out. Stuck. Right. Just stuck. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is usually when a flyback fails, Design issue, you, you, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get the, that, uh, the magic smoke has been let out smell uh-huh. and that, uh, that terrible burnt. Pungent. I, I, none of these games were like that. It, it was the first game, the golden tee. I thought there's no, that flyback looks fine. Well, and, and the same thing with this last one, the flyback look look fine until I got it out, got the chassis out and I could look down right in the core of the flyback and you could see what looked like an air gap in there. And if you grabbed the, uh, um, you know, where that, where the core basically kind of comes out and uh-huh. I don't know how to describe it. It, 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 it the metal ferrite kind of goes on the outer body of the flyback. You could grab that and wiggle it because everything inside had been just basically charred and melted and had shriveled up. How about that? And like I said, when it went, they went in a spectacular fashion and they took out the, the, uh, the hot, the horizontal, horizontal output, the horizontal say that fast five times horizontal output transistor and the voltage regulator oh i see so now are are the voltage regulators expensive on those depends okay it depends because there's the the, there's four (laughs) four different voltage regulators Does it take them all out no 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 four i'm sorry depending on the the chassis yeah depending on the chassis 19 or 25 there there's two that are typically in, in a 19 it's one or the other uh-huh. and two that's typically in a 25 oh, I see. one or the okay. other okay okay, okay. Got it. so there's four potential ones that you could have i see and you know they're five bucks each you know and you know the, the, they're one of those deals where the uh the they're made by, I believe it's San- Sankin is the company, and there's not really like a generic replacement. I you see. have to find new old stock parts. Yeah, yeah you're you're, buy- you're buying the the real deal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're paying up you're paying up a few bucks. Yeah, understood. I've the the flybacks I've gotten, I've got them from at least stateside different sources. But you know, at the end of the day, honestly, they're all made by one company in in, in China. And yeah. if you kind of know who that is, you know who it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, if it doesn't matter if you get it from Bob or Chad or, um, you know, pick. Yeah. You know, 
it's I'm sure they all come from the same manufacturer in China. Because they're probably the only one that makes them. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like they have a choice. Now I've gotten gotten them at different times, and they've come from different sources stateside. But I guess that doesn't mean that there wasn't one huge run of. Two hundred thousand. Yeah, it was just they warehouse up, divvied up amongst Uh, everybody. Yeah. So you know, Edward and I talked about it, and he's not experienced this. So I I don't know if I've just used all my I should have won the lottery luck on K seven thousand flybacks, but it's just you know I mentioned this because I know a lot of our listeners K seven thousands are very common in later nineteen inch games, and Uh it's a very common twenty five inch chassis. I have no way to ID them. Yeah. But my suggestion is, is if it's a game that you just really don't like having down, if you're going to buy one, I'd buy two. Yeah. And honestly, you might want to go ahead, if you're doing just like a cap kit and you've already got a good voltage regulator and a flyback, if you're going to buy two and be that prepared, I'd go ahead and drop the extra, you know, 10 or 15 bucks and get you a voltage regulator for your chassis and get you uh, the horizontal output transistor for your chassis. Uh, that's good and, and just have it set in there. You yeah, know, because you, you could swap that flyback. You can get chassis out, swap flyback and all that in 20 minutes. Yeah. If if you've got the parts. Yeah, if you've got the parts. So, you know, something I've seen and, and just, you know, something something to keep an eye out for and maybe be a little prepared, you know, because okay. my, my luck, the one I had fail on me, it was a it was a dry run before a party. And I had the parts to fix it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Good deal. All right. And the final thing I wanted to mention this this is kind of pseudo specific in that you have to have this this tool. But we have talked so much about the Harbor Freight Media Tumbler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I just recently had to rebuild mine, and I honestly I think this was my fault. When you when you put the lid on the tumbler. This is a vibratory tumbler, so it's got like a bulbous kind of a, not a basket, but as much of a container at the top, and attached to the bottom of that container in this assembly is a is a motor and that motor has a counterweight and all that thing does is that motor just turns and that counterweight causes an imbalance and it just vibrates its little heart out just that's your <laughs> Tear, tears itself just up. tear it yeah, yeah literally tears itself apart well when you assemble it when you put the lid on it there's spacers and all that kind of fun stuff that locks that thing in and makes it a tight system and somewhere in the process of dumping it and you know refilling it and getting parts out of it i got all my spacers and everything out of whack i see so when i put the plastic lid on it and i bolted it down it wasn't a solid system and the next use as i used it now the pin or the threaded rod that basically stacks all these the the basket or the 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 container and then the spacers the thing that ties this all this whole unit together since i didn't have it as one solid system that that threaded rod could if you will kind of swing War, and warble, war, warble around yeah a bit. there's a kentucky word for yeah, you it would exactly. warble around a little exactly. bit exactly and it started to open the hole up uh-huh in the in the lid yeah so what it ended up happening was is the last time i used it that now caused uh uh gave me a space for for dust to escape and i ran it in my laundry room here and oh. it, it looked like i had gone down there with a bag of sand and just dropped it on the floor i mean there was it was all over the place i had to take a shot back yeah. to my laundry room and clean it all and up. clean yeah. it all up wow so what i ended up doing 
And, and then in doing that, as it kind of walked itself around, as it start, it could then move once that hole in the plastic opened up. So then the whole container could then itself move in a different kind of um, a different arc, a different circle than everything else. Yeah. And then that started loosening up the wing nut that held everything down. And then as that loosened up, the big fender washer underneath that started to get play. <laughs> and then that started to wear all the threads out on the on the threaded rod that holds the whole assembly together. Yeah. Okay. So what I ended up having to do is disassemble the entire thing. Now the, it's made in China and like a lot of things that come out of China, it's metric. We're, we're in the U S most everything you get here at a hardware store is geared toward Imperial. Imperial. Yeah. yeah. So what I ended up doing is I just, you, I just got a piece of threaded rod in in the closest equivalent that I could in inch in imperial, and the associated nuts and wing nuts, and I went over to the specialty drawers and got different lengths of spacers and basically everything I needed to rebuild all, everything that was damaged and tie it all back together. I see. And if anything else, since since the imperial parts were a little, just a slightly bit larger than the metric, it's even a little bit sturdier. And then as I reassembled it, it also gave me the opportunity to kind of tailor fit all the spacers that go under the under the container and then uh, between the container and the base that around which everything is built and the spacer that goes inside the container and on the lid and all that kind of fun stuff. And I I just basically spruced it up a little bit. Okay. All right. So if you have one of those tumblers, I even thought of replacing the tumbler and looking, looking at other tumblers online, unless I wanted to get into low end commercial type stuff, everything was about the same. The build quality, even from pictures, you could tell that it was going to be the same thing. It wasn't red apples to red apples, but it was red apples to green apples. I mean, they were... They were very all everything I saw, no matter the manufacturer, was very close cousins. Yeah, it's almost like the basket design is the same. Yeah. even where the ribs and the reinforcement is on them and the plastic, exactly. They're, they're all, they all look they all look ninety percent the same. So for five dollars, six dollars, whatever it was in in hardware, it was just as easy for me to go through and rebuild it. Uh, okay, I see. okay, yeah. so. Uh, if you've got one of those Harbor Freight tumblers or any tumbler, just make sure you assemble. Don't don't pull a Brent. Make sure you assemble it correctly. When don't get sloppy. Don't get in a rush. Uh, make sure you know what goes in it. Make sure you put it all back together. And then if you start to have a problem with it and it starts to chew itself up, don't throw out the proverbial baby with the bathwater. Take it apart. Just like you're doing a pinball machine, because there's a lot of little washers and spacers in there. Take pictures of it so you can put it back together once you get everything, you know, three days later. Yeah. And just beef it up a little bit. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. One thing I did do, and I know this hits you, is because the tumbler you have actually has slits in the lid, right, Whitney? It does, yes. Well, I wanted to keep dust down, and and I wasn't sure if I was still going to have a problem with it. So here's a tip. I stopped it at Walmart, which I don't you whatever the equivalent of a discount department store is in your in your country if yeah. you're not stateside. There's pretty much Walmarts all across the United States. Went back to the hardware section and I they have a selection of furnace filters. 
Okay, those gauzy kind uh-huh. of filters. And I think four packs were three dollars and some change. So I got a four pack of a roughly rectangular, twice as long as they are wide filter, and a four pack of roughly square filters. And I took the rectangular filters and I taped them together vertically. So I made like a tall box out of them. Okay. Set that over my my tumbler. Oh, nice. And I took one of the square ones and set it on the top. Okay. Now these are. I thought about heat and I actually was going to put a fan in it, but you can hold the, you can see right through these yeah, because it's this fine meshy gauze. Okay. Now, is it going to keep all the dust out? No, but is it going to knock down probably for, for eight bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Is in some packing tape, which yeah. that's how I tape, I literally tape just packing tape. Yeah. It's probably going to knock down 85, 90% of any dust. Huh. That, that will radiate out of out of the tumbler as it runs. Because like yeah. I said, I, I'll run mine, when I'm doing pinball parts or game parts, I'll run it probably a total of 72 hours. Yeah, yeah. I run, in, in I run mine for several days yeah. collectively, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got tumbler, uh, uh, tumbler woes, like I said, take a little time and rebuild it. And if you've got tumbler dust woes, eight bucks and a trip to your local Walmart-type department you know, store just get you the cheapest furnace filters you can find and make yourself a little a little box. Yeah, almost like a little um, couch cushion uh, fort, huh? That yeah, goes exactly. Over, that goes over top exactly. of the tumbler. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Exactly. Well, the thing is... Um, you know the the tumblers like like you'd mentioned they're all more alike than they are different i i mean i think i purchased i'd have to go back and look at mine brent i think i purchased mine from eastwood if i'm not mistaken okay but it's but it's no it's really fundamentally no different at all and there's no difference with it and the harbor freight tumbler at all maybe thickness of the plastic in the bowl and and maybe uh, a bit of cushioning or a bit of a reinforcement around this the bowl supports or something like that because eastwood said uh, we'll spend an extra three dollars on on the manufacturer out of china to do that and but outside of that they're exactly the same so yeah i'm nick baldridge oh. and this is a nippet alert man I'm nick baldridge and this is a nippet alert he is on it whitney and this one's coming in again all over the printer hold on all right all right cool I, I, i'm excited to hear where there, we're going okay all i right. got it okay okay Oh, we're back. Where, where are we headed to? Okay, dude, we're back in Kentucky. He had us the over in Indiana last time. Yeah, this one's in Wani. Man, Wani. Oh, <laughs> you've ever been to Wani? Oh yeah, dude, that place. It's northeast of Wheel Rim. It's about a seven and a half hour ride from where we're at, and we will travel through three states before we get there. Okay, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's good. Qu- it's quite the place to go. Good old Wheel Rim. Yeah. I haven't been there, and I don't know when. Dude, there's a place that we can stop that has the best Salisbury steak you've ever had. It's 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 wonderful. I. I'd, it's served on a plate that's shaped like a bear claw. Oh, that's, it's, it's awesome. Oh, that's it, sweet. You, you just, you just, you oh, that's just, awesome. You're going to love I, it. I wish I could yeah. get you know a little bit more detail from this picture, but you could only do so much with a 24-pin dot matrix. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'll give credit yeah, to Nick. Oh, no, to Nick. no, I'm I mean, not complaining. You know, yeah. Not at all. I mean, he even, di- he even like, uh, I mean, he did like ASCII art for the logo and stuff. So I, yeah, that's impressive, dude. That's okay, impressive. well, we'll stick it on the list. Oh, man, we, we're going to go eat out of a plate shaped like a bear claw. Woo-hoo! Awesome. Wani, here we come. Here we go. 
All right, Brent. So, uh, so, so for this month's tech segment, one thing that I wanted to talk about for a few minutes before we get to the uh, to the um, I guess the the crowd favorite where we spend all your money, and uh, Brent doesn't make his house payment next month, but none, but he does have lots of arcade parts, and that's all that matters, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Brent, I I want to revisit a topic that we had initially brought up uh, back in episode thirty three. This is way back in September twenty fifteen. Uh, anybody can hop back up on the website and go look at the show notes but Brent I had uh, started a conversation around building a machine that was going to be my uh, my arcade uh, arcade slash pinball ROM burning machine okay and for whatever reason Brent, I didn't get it done, okay, because other things come into uh, come into play. You know, you've got... Because life. Because life happens. You know, we've got science projects at school and, you know, blah, 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 whatever it may be. You know, just life, just being being a parent and just, you know, taking care of business. It just it just didn't get done. But you know something? Uh, it actually worked out for the better because um, I was going to initially start that project and build a uh, build a Dawson Windows machine using an older compact, and I'll throw out the model number here, even though it was in the show notes as well. It was an SR1030NX. And you already had this PC I, set I did, around, I right? Did, I did, yeah. And it was given to me, uh, it was free. It was given to me uh, as, uh, I guess, kind of a holdover for uh, helping a friend of the family out uh, doing some computer work. And that machine had taken uh, either an electric surge or what have you and um and it, it wouldn't boot it had a bad power supply and it was like well before i throw it away before i just landfill the thing or hand it over to recycling let me see if there's any any use i can get out of it so i set it off to the side and said hey I, you know i'll swap a couple parts on it i'll make that my rom burner machine it, it'll it'll do good for that but you know something as time went on and i and i'd look at it from time to time sitting over in the corner you know, it was like a mini, uh, I'm sorry, it was like a mid ATX uh, uh, tower configuration. So it was, it wasn't like super tall, but it was tall enough mm-hmm. to the and point. An awkward size. It, it very, yeah. very much an I, awkward size. It was just a little too big. For, I, I'm for trying what? to remember back. Was this, this was a commercial compact, right? It, 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 yeah. it was, it was. And it was honestly, it was just a little too big. Okay. But you know something, the price was right. And I thought, well, if I swap the power supply, get a power supply for it off eBay, swap it. And if it, if it powers up it's good to go but but the the issue wound up being is that as time went on that that tower format just was not conducive to sitting on a workbench okay mm-hmm. and um and the thing is, on top of it, Brent, it was old enough to where everything in, inside of it was IDE, uh, and there were no SATA ports uh, inside or out. And you know, ultimately, for a ROM burning machine, some people may think, "Oh, well, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want." But, you know, the problem is, as I got to thinking about it, it's like, no, that's not exactly what I want <laughs> because you're limited to hard drive, you know, IDE or what are what are considered, uh, you know, PATA, you know, P, you know, P-A-T-A uh, hard drives and, you know, the older 40 uh, pin IDE connector hard drives. And, you know, Brent, finding those today is hard to do. OK, mm-hmm. it's a challenge. They're low capacity. They use a lot of electricity and they're slow. 
All right. And if you set up uh, a machine with SATA ports properly in the BIOS, then you can set the SATA port, the SATA controller to where it reports itself as a legacy IDE controller. And you don't, I mean, you get kind of the best of both worlds. You get capacity, you get connectivity, you get most of the speed, and then um, you don't have to worry about backwards compatibility outside of the physical port issues. So, uh, you know, leading all those things, uh, or I guess kind of combining all those things together. I just said, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm not even going to go down this road. So I wound up getting my hands on Adele Optiplex 780. Adele, the singer? Uh, yes, yes. And, you know, despite... She came and, by the house like, for the holidays she, and she, sang? She did. And, and I, you know, I, I put her in a room and made her sing all James Bond themes, and it was lovely. It was if wonderful. You, that means Whitney Roberts has, as they say, some cachet. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got, I've got a little swagger to the step. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, and she can sing. But anyway, I, I got a... I got Adele Optiplex 780. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to throw me that line again, no, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm done. Everybody knows what I've got because I said it twice now. <laughs> and so I, I took that desktop, and what's great about it, Brent, is it is a small mini, uh, like like a, like a, a mini. Um, well, a, a mini workstation, mm-hmm. okay, and it sits perfectly on on a workbench, and it is the absolute most awesome size for a monitor to sit right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's almost like it stacks like Lincoln Logs. It's perfect. I mean, it's really no. It's it's actually smaller than a now, pizza box. Now, did you mention where you got this? Um, this was given to me. Okay, okay. I'm sorry if you said that. I. Um, no, no. I was this, too busy this, laughing this, at my own jokes. Yeah, no, it's all good. This, so this <laughs> this was a freebie, but this is a freebie worth keeping. Yeah. Okay. So this one worked out because. So, and here here's the thing about that the 780 because we actually use that model at work. Yeah. And that that Optiplex line is a enterprise class machine. It is. So yes. They're they are they're built well. They're they're built like tanks. Yeah. Lenovo has enterprise class machines. Dell has them. HP has HP them. HP has them. And yeah. where you go to find these? And here's here's a non sponsor. We don't we don't take we don't have sponsors. Yeah. Here's a non sponsored plug because I've used them many times. If someone's wanting to do something similar to what Whitney's got going on here, yeah. is Tiger Direct. Oh yeah, without a doubt. If you yes. go to Tiger Direct and yeah. you look at their refurbished PCs, uh-huh. it's pretty easy to tell what are the enterprise class machines because they are very basic looking. That's it. Yes. And they Drab. T- they tend to be a few more dollars than what is the glitzier air quotes refurbished consumer class because the consumer class machine has to be like the corvette it has to be sleek and yeah, pretty it has to look a certain right. way it has to have cur- it has to have angles and stuff like that these these aren't this is just a cube right and what i typically find and i own several reef air quotes refurbished retired off lease uh-huh. enterprise class machines that i that i've bought from tiger direct and, and similar companies yeah, because they're just better right the, they are the laptops i use for the show uh, they're very inexpensive in case I drop one at a show or I, I'll be honest in case someone at a show it, Dra- it, drags it off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody drags it off the table or, <laughs> you know, this is a good community, but there's always, you know, especially public shows, anybody and everybody can come in if somebody falls in love with it and they love it more than I do and it disappears. My, yeah. my heart's not broken. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm, it's not an expensive device, but they run and run and run. 
Yeah. And same thing with the P, the PC. So Tiger Direct, you can probably buy an Optiplex 780 right now. Oh, and, it, it's it's, and it's still cheap. It's cheap, and it's still a reasonably modern machine. Yes, because, yeah. Because when you crack this guy open, uh, it does have internal SATA. Um, now I had, I had, I think like 160 gig Western digital hard drive in it. And I, I yanked that thing out and threw it, you know, blanked it and uh, run it through the eraser. And then it's going to go to recycling. But what I did, Brent is, um, is I went ahead and hopped on Amazon and I ordered a 256 gig SSD, SanDisk SSD for this. And it works, it works a treat. The great thing about this machine though, is even though it is far more modern than the compact I was going to use, it's still still has the all important built in on the motherboard nine pin serial port and the 25 pin parallel port mm-hmm. okay and that's that's the big sell that, right that's there. the big sell especially the parallel port so, and what's what's even more important about this is in the bios on this particular machine you can control the mode of the parallel port so it can run in one of four different modes so depending upon whatever programmer you use uh the parallel port is infinitely configurable and that's what that's it's awesome when it comes to hey that. check this out yeah the the PCs I mentioned that I bought, uh-huh. uh, I usually try to cap at two hundred dollars. Like yeah. I've got a PC that's out in the garage, and I capped it at like two hundred bucks. And okay. I I, I want to say that that was a real low end PC at the time, and it was like one hundred fifty bucks yeah. refurbed off yeah. lease Lenovo, two gig of RAM. Yeah, here on Tiger Direct right now, the Dell Optiplex seven eighty, uh-huh. Intel Core two Duo E eighty four hundred, and that I don't know three gigahertz. I, I recognize the E eighty four hundred as a as a pretty popular processor. Yeah. Eight gigabyte of RAM. Uh-huh. Eight gigabyte DDR3 RAM. 250 gigabyte hard drive. That's small, but that's typical for an enterprise machine. Yeah. Windows 7 Professional. <laughs> okay. Which uh, is which is worth 120 bucks on its own. The whole shoot and match, and it's pictured with a mouse and a keyboard, 197 Wow. Yeah. See, that's fantastic. That's, that's a great PC just... If you want in your game room to run MP3s. Yeah, just a jukebox or whatever. Yeah. So I am extremely pleased oh, yeah. with this little box. Extremely pleased. And so like I say, I, I pulled the hard drive, replaced it with an SSD because Whitney doesn't, uh, unless Whitney is running a hard drive in his NAS, he doesn't buy spinning disk any longer. <laughs> I buy flash. So uh, so here we go. So I bought the an SSD. The disk probably costs more than the machine. The, the, the disk was all, almost as much as the machine. Machine, yeah. actually so yeah so there there you go so i purchased the, the ssd and so here's what i had here's the dilemma i had in front of me brent so I, I had to make sure that the machine was reasonably modern enough to where if i wanted to browse the internet on it if i wanted to um if i wanted to watch a youtube video while i was working on something if i wanted to do anything with the machine i could install a reasonably modern os on it and and get so, at least some creature comforts on the machine, okay? But it also had to be able to fully support, um, you know, dual booting it to DOS and running the ROM programming software in DOS if need be, okay? Mm-hmm. Because some ROM programming so- packages will work in Windows under uh, under a DOS mode box or. Uh, others will just have to run in DOS and you have to boot the machine to DOS in order to run this. So so here's the thing. Uh, so the, the dilemma that I was faced with was 
kind of quote unquote building the perfect beast with this. And I have two ROM programmers. Okay, I, the first one I have is a uh, a Needham EMP twenty, and uh, that will work in either Windows. Uh, all the way up to Windows XP and running the programming software in a DOS box in Windows XP or it can run under DOS naturally and I also have a Data IO uh, a 29B which just runs under DOS okay and that's it so I wanted to make sure that regardless of which programmer I was going to use um, I could I could boot the machine in either operating system and run the appropriate software okay now, is, the e- is the EMP20 the one that takes the little like programming cards yeah it takes okay. it takes like the, it takes like the little side loads uh like the little side load uh cards that you stick in it, it they're, they're like a, a programming family card and mm-hmm. it tells the programmer it, it tells where the, the programmer data pins how, are. how to configure yeah. the data pins for the zip socket yep, is gotcha. what it does so yes that's exactly how, how that works and so so I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's like, okay, I want to build this machine to dual boot. And so I'm going to build it to dual boot DOS and Windows. And, and Brenna, I did. I stuck with Windows XP, okay? Mm-hmm. Because um, that's the most modern OS that you can run and still get the Needham EMP20 or the, the Needham EMP software to run properly. And I knew that that um, on the data IO, it wasn't, you know, Windows is not an option. Yeah, you it's need only, DOS. You just got to have DOS. So, so here's what I chose to do um i dug out a copy of windows xp set it off to to the side because it's like okay i'm, I'm going to go go ahead and go with that as my is my choice for windows and then uh brent as a bit of a departure i went ahead and went um the quote-unquote uh open source route on the dos uh angle and i installed uh free dos 2.1, which is a brand new release as of December of 2016. Okay, <laughs> new now, DOS. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's maintained and it's it's actively developed. And so the more that I got looking at FreeDOS, uh, the more I liked it. Simply for for one. Well, I'm sorry, for two reasons alone, okay? I mean, I could have installed MS-DOS. I have archived copies of it, okay? And and I, I could have installed like MS-DOS 6.22 or installed um, Windows 98, you know, second edition or millennium edition or whatever, and then grabbed the DOS out of it. Mm-hmm. And that would have been DOS, you know, 7 something, but uh, depending upon which one of those I used. But nonetheless, I went the free DOS route for two reasons. Number one, you download it and you can either burn it to a you can download it as an ISO, burn it to a CD, and boot your machine off the CD and install DOS off of a CD, which is real fast and real easy to do. Or you can download the distribution of free DOS, and you can prepare a USB thumb drive and port it and extract the image over to a USB thumb drive, and then boot your machine off the USB thumb drive and install DOS. Both of which, Brent, are infinitely faster than building a bunch of 1.44 megabyte floppy disks yep. and install MS-DOS 6.22, which is how I would have had to have done that, okay, mm-hmm. for the distribution of DOS that I've got. You know, I, I might have a set of those lying around here. Oh, I do. And I've got them at home. But I <laughs> but cho- still, but yeah. But still. And it's I've just got, as I, easy to, oh, download it, burn it, and then you're done. done. Before you write one floppy. That's exactly yeah. right. So so from just a uh, just a um, ease, of, ease of use and a barrier of entry scenario, FreeDOS 1. The second thing that FreeDOS supports is it supports... 
um, FAT32 file system in uh, in native mode and LBA mode. So because I have a 256 gigabyte uh, hard drive, the LBA support or the the I think it was called um, large large I'd have to go back oh, and look at that block addressing Lar- large block addressing. Thank you. I knew it and I forgot it. And thank you for reminding me. But because it supports that in DOS. The way that I was planning on partitioning up or divvying up that SSD, it worked perfectly for what I for what I wanted to do with the hard drive, which this is probably a good time to talk about that. So here's the thing. Uh, you've got a 256 gigabyte SSD and you've got DOS and you say, okay, how am I going to support a logical drive under DOS that's 250 some odd gigs or 240 gigs or whatever it may be? Well, you do that with FAT32 in LBA mode, okay? And so it worked out perfectly. So so here's what I did. I installed FreeDOS as the very first operating system and and had it set up a 2 gigabyte um, essentially primary DOS partition and FreeDOS install, installed itself into that FAT32 LBA support it sees the entire uh, the entire 2 gigs no problem so I've got a 2 gigabyte C drive on this machine okay it boots sets uh, set up the DOS menu for different memory configurations done perfect everything's great but what I've got now is on a 256 gigabyte SSD I'm only using 2 gigs out of that 256 so so there you are what do you what do you then choose to do? Okay, so what which, I, it, which into itself is amazing for DOS to see two gigs. That's exactly yeah. right. And the good thing about this is, is FreeDOS reports itself when you do a version check. It's it reports itself back as DOS seven point one. So none of your utilities, uh, none of the utilities or DOS programs you'd want to run are going to fail because of because of the DOS version check. So so we're good on that. Now with that, what I then did is uh, I used FDisk and I created an extended partition, okay? And enabled LBA uh, on that extended partition. Everything's good. And then I then rebooted the machine and installed uh, Windows XP. And I installed Windows XP into that extended partition, okay? And I created a logical drive inside that extended partition and that logical drive I formatted as NTFS and let Windows XP install itself. Life is good, okay? I've got, I think, roughly a I want to say maybe a, a 15 gig, uh, which is way big for Windows XP, even after it patches itself, I still have like I, I want to say somewhere around the neighborhood of maybe 9 gigs or so free on that Windows XP install, and that's completely patch service pack three the you know the security patches up to the point to where it ran you know up until the point to where it went out of support installed antivirus on it it's got internet access light you know life's good and two two things that i will note brent um before it was ever connected to the internet before that windows xp install was ever connected to the internet the two things that i did turned on windows firewall okay <laughs> with no inbound no inbound rules uh-huh. and you turn off file and print sharing from Microsoft networks so that even if it does something nasty does happen to it, nobody can map a drive to your machine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are the first two things that that I did. And then there's other things that that you do after the fact. But anyway, those two things are done. So at least at my house, it's reasonably secure for me to to hook a cable to it and and to patch it. And uh, even so, I still do that. I still did that patching in my DMZ at my house. Okay. So it's not even on my production network. Yeah. I'm not even sure. I'd even put it on the network. I just, I'd leave it stand. I know that makes it a little bit more 
cumbersome to move like ROM images over to it. Yeah. Because you'd have to do it with like a USB stick or which something. Is, which is what I eventually yeah. wind up doing. So, but, but yeah, but it, now it's sitting there right now today. It doesn't have a network cable in it. But if I wanted to get it onto the network to, uh, you know, research a YouTube video or whatever, I, it, at least it has network card support so I could do that. So I did that, mo- I did that mostly just for patch it mm-hmm. and then unplug it is, is essentially my, my approach to that. And if I need it to get on the network, then I'll connect a network cable to it. But for the purpose of what it's doing, it doesn't need network access at all. Yeah. Like zero, none. Okay. And then, so then after I get um, Windows XP finished up, um, and then, you know, I then at that point need a a third logical drive that I can then share between DOS and Windows because that's where all the software goes and that's where all the ROMs go, okay? And so I formatted uh, the balance of that as a FAT32 logical drive back under DOS because I couldn't format it under Windows as FAT32, okay? Not using the inbuilt format utilities. So I just rebooted it to DOS, created the logical drive, made sure LBA was uh, was enabled for that. So you, and XP then, wouldn't have... Why'd you go with NTFS? For, this is getting super deep for people yeah. that aren't PC people, but why'd you even bother with the NTFS for the XP? I, I think I'd have just done it... As FAT and yeah. just... And just uh, I've just always done um, XP did, yeah. with NTFS and it's just always been my default. And uh, I don't the, think I did it with NTFS because at the time NTFS was still, NTFS was, is the file format, the file system, the file system. What, how yeah. the hard drive is organized yeah. for the operating system. I, I didn't, I th- that was new enough at the time that I didn't mess with it on the workstation side. On the yeah. server side, we did. Oh yeah, yeah. And you but definitely want it for security from that, from that regard. But NT what? <laughs> yeah, but but for this, um, I mean, it performs better. Uh, for it performs better. I, and I guess maybe some people will say that's arguable, but especially considered just you know just a plain old fat. But. Um, for, for this, there was no reason not to because the DOS partition never needed to see the Windows XP partition. All, the only thing that needed to happen was DOS needed to be able to see the data partition and XP needed to see the data partition. But DOS and XP never needed to, to see, see each other. other. They never needed to see one another. So I just went with the defaults and just rolled on. You know, no no big deal. Um, so anyway, so I booted back into DOS, created the final approximately 227 gigabyte uh, extended partition in the logical drive and everything well I had the extended partition already created then created the logical drive for um, for the, the data partition for the ROMs and everything like that formatted as FAT32 and then it's accessible both within FreeDOS and Windows XP life is good from the, from that regards uh, and, and they can both operating systems can access the ROMs and everything like that so at that point, I then fin- rebooted back into XP and installed the Needham software. And uh, I've seen reports on this, Brent, on Clove, where some people are successful with this, some people are not. But what I, I did a fair amount of research ahead of time. And with the proper configuration, the Needham uh, burners will work just fine in either DOS or Windows XP. They can be made to work in either one 100%. I've, Is that I've, just the EMP 10 or 20? Yeah, uh, No, it's the EMP 10 See, as well. I've got an e- I've got a newer stock EMP 10. Okay. Yeah. But how does the 20 attach? Is it serial? No, it's parallel. Okay. It's it's parallel port. The the 10 that I have comes with a card, a 
an old ISA standard card. Oh, I see. So, you okay. know, now that I think about it, I don't know if that's actually just a parallel port card or if it's a... You need to go look. Yeah, yeah I need, do. You need to dig that baby back out and then report back because the way that the EMP20 connects is uh, just with a just with your standard 25-pin parallel Okay, I would, yeah, it might be a cable. proprietary connection for the for the 10 okay all right I, i'm curious because the, the the way that um on the emp20 is the it it has a it has a parallel port it kind of like the db side of the port where the the parallel port cable plugs into and then you have the little you have like little wire fingers or little the little wire strain you know strain uh, uh I, I guess latches and then you latch the cable in and then you secure it uh you secure it that way so so with that, uh, install the EMP software, and there is a uh, there is a device driver uh, that has to be installed in Windows XP. It's a kernel mode device driver that, that allows the DOS box, or, you know, the, the DOS mode box, to have direct access to the parallel port or to the serial port. And once that device driver is installed, reboot the machine, and then the uh, the EMP software will, will then be able to talk to the EMP programmer even though it's running under Windows XP. Okay? The only caveat to that is that the software has got to run full screen. Okay? You cannot (laughs) run it in a window. I remember stuff like this from back in the day. You know, all the stuff that you're talking about all the, you know, we think we have to jump through hoops today as IT people to make all this stuff work. Oh, we got it good now, dude. And, oh my gosh, we got it so good. I mean, we are just we're we, spoiled. I know we are actually in what you're talking about. It, it on the surface, it sounds and it is. It's very complex if you're not a PC person. Yeah. And somebody that's out there needing to repair a game may just say, "I'm just sending it to Hobby Roms. I'm yeah. not going through all. Yeah, this. I'm not going through all this. What's it, what's the what's the upside for me there, for doing this? I guess my thought on this is is there's many ways to slice this. Oh yeah. And if you've got a little PC background and you want to start working on games and you can get some of these older tools, <laughs> you don't have to go to all the level that you did because honestly i mean i would consider just getting one of these inexpensive machines like i mentioned that one that two hundred dollars for the same model you got yeah well you you can you should be able to get machines i've seen them on tiger direct as low as 99 bucks these refurbed machines and just run dos yeah oh yeah 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 and be done with it exactly right exactly right well here's the thing the reason i wanted the reason I wanted Windows on this machine was so that I could You're easily... You're a Windows fanboy. Well, there, there is that, okay, <laughs> and I freely admit that. But here's the thing. I also wanted to be able to run MAME32 on it so that I could run MAME yep. and inspect the ROM info and run the ROMs that I either dump or, or, or am getting ready to burn, and I wanted to use MAME as a cross-reference tool for either debugging or checks and balances mm-hmm. while I'm working on the ROMs. That makes sense. I've done that before. And, and so, and, and I'll, I'm just, I'm going to say it. Sure, you can run MAME under DOS, but you have to have, you have to tweak all the INI files. And in and, and a lot of times, you have to tweak the INI files on a per game basis. And under Windows, under MAME 32, you can just go to right click and properties on, on the game, and you can just check box off the properties. And uh, MAME 32 does the same thing for you behind the scenes. And it's like a thousand times easier and faster Mm -hmm. okay so that was the reason why i wanted to do this in windows for the convenience of burning the roms dumping the roms and side by side being able to run mame okay that's that so anyway so with that 
Brent, I have gone out and I've scoured the net and through some help at Clove, and that's just researching, you know, just reading old threads at Clove, I've been able to find and piece together what I consider to be the um, the authoritative collection of Needham software that is available anywhere <laughs> on the internet. Now, the thing about it is, is that, uh, you know, you can still go to Needham's site and download some of the software. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of other repositories on the internet that also hold some of the software and I just pulled it all together in one place. Now, what am I going to do with all this? I don't know. At some point I may actually write a blog post for the website and put everything in that blog post and then just, and then just every, and then we can refer people back to it and I can even post like my data files because you do have to go through and do a configuration file for the Needham software. And I did have to run through that a little bit of trial and error to get that working properly. Um, I'd be happy to post my data file, be happy to post all the Needham software, the device driver, and and even do a short type up on order of operations to get this thing up and running. And I feel kind of compelled to do it because I've because I've been successful with this and it works. And so I, I kind of want to share it, you know. So uh, so anyway. And so my Needham setup works 100% perfectly. Now, the data I.O. scenario, uh, Brent, I've not even gotten to that. So yeah, that's that, a whole I, other I'm, ball of wax. That's a whole other ball of wax. And I, you so know, I, guess, I, mean, I don't even want to tackle that right from now. From a timeline perspective, I think the Needham would be a later... It, it, by today's standards, it's still it's pretty new, old. It's newer. Just, just looking at the Needham site, you've got it, you're talking EMP 20. Yeah. And I have an EMP, I think it's a 10. And they're up to their high-end flagship model now is an EMP 990. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Now, they do offer, Whitney, if you want to take them up on this, I can only imagine what the 990 costs, but <laughs> they'll uh, offer up to $300 trade on an EMP 20. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, I guess they're well, trying to, to garner some customer loyalty. Well, I, you know... I'll say this. It's a, um, I'm, I'm selling hard, Whitney. It supports 80,000 devices and works under Windows 10. Wow. No, I, I don't <laughs> no, need it. I'm good. Neither am I, yeah, I'm good, too. I, I'm good, I'm too. I'm closing this tab. Yeah, do that. And just uh, stick with your EMP 10 or find an EMP 20 on eBay. But anyway, so so either one of the EMP 10s or the 20s will program the, lo- the lion's share of all the ROMs in this hobby that we would ever want to program, okay? And, and from what I understand, the real difference between the 10 and the 20 is just the the number of devices supported natively mm-hmm. uh, by by that programmer as to what it can actually program. Okay, the the twenty supports and can program more a, a wider variety of devices. Now here's here's the thing. Uh, just a couple of um, public service announcements here. I've got everything I need for the Needhams, or, or that you would need Brent for the Needhams, or anybody in our listenership would need for the Needhams. Okay, so if anybody buys an an EMP ten or twenty, we got you covered on the software and everything like that. You should be able to get those pretty reasonably on eBay at this you, point, you should. right? Yeah, yeah, you should. Now, the Data IO 29B. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an entire... Huh, that's a whole other discipline. So and that thing is... The the Needham was probably like... I guess the way to put that was... Prosumer. Yeah. Hobby. Hi, high, 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 end, high, high end, end hobby. hobby. Yeah. Uh, small business prototyping single yes. eprom yeah whereas the data IO was commercial commercial grade. commercial I mean, it grade. was the it was the deal yeah but the thing that the data io can do that the needham cannot yep the data io can program proms and it can it can proms proms exactly um and those require a 
a much higher voltage to program. They're one-time programmable, hence the PROM prom, and um, they actually program by electrically shorting the internals of the IC itself. And so they're one-time right. And that's it, mm-hmm. and um, and it requires uh, it requires specific hardware to do that, and the data I/O supports it, and a lot of other programmers do not. So you'll see you'll find those proms uh-huh. on a lot of early games, uh, like Atari's use proms yeah. everywhere. N- Nintendo's use. Oh, and Nintendo's. And, and what what goes on there is is they're much smaller bits of memory than in an EEPROM. Yeah, but they are much faster. Yes, and from what I understand, um, what the developers uh, would do, Atari, Nintendo, whatever, they would load the most timing critical or the most uh, the bits of assembler code that they needed to run the absolute fastest would be loaded that code would be loaded on the proms Mm -hmm. for execution because it was just that much faster than a 250 nanosecond uh you know 2764 eprom or whatever it is that you had so there is a use case for having a data uh, you know a data io device okay that being said you know it's <laughs> getting the software for it and getting it set up is a whole other ball of wax mm-hmm. okay now one thing i'll say there is a yahoo group for the data io guys okay guys well, guys what was more shocking about this uh-huh. when you told me that was that uh, I realized Yahoo was still a thing. Well, it's not going to be a thing for long, and that's the reason why I want to say this now. Oh. Because Yahoo is being acquired by Verizon, okay, assuming that the deal goes through, and it looks like it will. And in that... um, It's a conspiracy, Whitney. They want to take away your data IO info. Well, here's the thing. And in that acquisition, Yahoo is going to be renamed. Okay, there is no guarantee that all of the date, all of the information on Yahoo groups, of which the data IO group is slash was a Yahoo group, where you could go to the software repository, look through the forums, and, and glean all that information. I mean, that Yahoo group was essentially clove for the data IO. Okay, um, that could very well disappear within the next three months and be gone forever. Have you tried to archive it? Uh, I'm working on that. I have access to the group, and I am getting the software, okay? It's uh, it's just, it requires a little bit of a time commitment to fish through it because that interface, the interface is bad. It's not good. If you thought Clove's interface was bad, this is even worse, okay? It's so, Yahoo. It's Yahoo. And so um, it just is what it is. And um, so, Brent, I, I should have all the software taken care of uh, probably within the next week or so. It, it's just one of those things I do kind of while th- when I think about it and go surf for this and look for that. But uh, anyway, so so that's it. So public service announcement. If you have a Data IO 29B, think you ever may ever want to get one, you need to go get in that Yahoo group and get that software like stat before it disappears. You know, you've got some background on that in the future because I've got two of them. Uh-huh. And we, I, I've got two of them as well. We probably need to say down and just have a uh, this is the bare uh, essentials yes necessities yes we because do because the the Needham and like I like the Pocket Programmer 3 okay the USB version uh huh they're basically plug and go. You don't need a, a, a lot of extra stuff. The Needhams, you do need the little cards that you yeah. put in the side so yeah. that it configures it for the EPROMs. The yes. Pocket Programmer 3 does that all in software. Um but they're they're small self-contained units, whereas the data IO there's a base unit because <laughs> yeah. this this thing was designed to be connected to a PC or standalone. Uh-huh. So you, it has a keypad on it and a display, a small uh, 
uh, not LCD, and a small, uh, I don't know if it's gas plasma or LED uh multi-segment display yeah well it's actually i think it's i think it's a multi-segment lcd display is what it is i mean it's it's old school it's a, it looks like an old calculator it looks old like calculator. An, it looks like an old texas instrument digital watch or calculator okay yes and you put a you put packs in them mm-hmm. and the pack was geared toward particular type of of work it, it or was. particular e-proms or that you could get gang packs where you, where could, you could do multiple you copies. could do multiple yes. uh, at, at a time yeah and you could stick in your source and copy it into the machine and then put in your destination chip or chips and then with the keypad all self-contained do uh-huh. it all right there and that's a that's a very important distinction it would work with software yes uh, it would work cabled to a piece but if you were proficient with it you didn't have to have that pc no you could literally instruct it and direct it right from the keypad on the device itself yeah it's a, yeah i'm sure it's probably as close to being a self-contained computer as you could at the, it, in the it, time as you could at the time that's right now why why did why do i have two of them uh because parts. i found them on ebay and they were cheaping for parts yeah you that's, know? How, that's how i've got two and, and that's that's it yeah. I bought all mine in one big group, and I knew one of them worked and booted successfully, and the other had some kind of error. Okay, gotcha. But it's got missing a key, but it's parts. Yeah, it's parts. So so real quick, Brent, before we get to spending your money, the, I, I kind of wrap up on this here. Um, I do want to give just a little bit of friendly advice on uh, on just what I've, what I've I guess, kind of retaught myself over the past uh, month or so in doing this uh, in revisiting and finishing this project. And Brent, you can see in the OneNote, I did insert a picture of how the setup actually turned turned out looking so Good, you, you, nice. can, you can see it thank you thank you it's it's not completely done but i've got a corner of my my workbench now where i can i, I can swizzle roms like nobody's business now dude um purchasing eproms you would think you can do that but that's you can do it but it's harder now than it was five years ago okay because some of the sources some of your big box sources like mouser jameco um and uh, digikey and things like that have dried up okay especially mouser and digikey you can still buy eproms from jameco and arcade chips and some other places but brent i'll tell you i did a survey of what a standard 24 uh, i'm sorry a standard 2764 eprom cost at jameco you know what that thing costs Probably about five bucks right at five dollars yeah and that's one and it's a refurb it's a pull yes it's a pull okay so that's uh that gets expensive quick buddy gets expensive quick so so the best source that i can give and brent this is one that you and i've used before is dennis at the eprom the only caveat i'm going to give with uh with buying from the eprom man is you better know what you're buying before you buy it because if you're not very specific about what you order from dennis and the condition that you want it in you can inadvertently buy uh, what he calls um, untested pulls that still have stickers on them, bent mm-hmm. legs, rubber banded together. That's yep. And they're you, cheap. They're cheap. 
you can get them probably for 50 to 75 cents a chip, you know, and, and EEPROM instead of paying 450 or 475 at Jameco. But let me tell you, you're going to be spending some time on them, cleaning them, erasing them, unbending pins, and hopefully, if you buy 50, hopefully 40 of them will work. See now, hopefully. I, now, have you bought any from from him recently? Uh, not recently. No. The last time I it's uh, been about two years. Yeah. The, okay. Well, that's 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 more recent than than I have. The last okay. time I. Uh, traded any emails with Dennis, he was kind of running a little thin because yeah. apparently, what I gather, and, and I could be wrong here, but what I gather is is he works in the electronics industry, like in the surplus and the parts in, yes. side of it. Yes, yes. And he had a tractor trailer or two full of okay. EPROMs. Yes, that's what he told me as well. And that's what he was selling out of. Yeah. And, and for the prices, I would get them like that. They were pulls, he would stack them. And rubber band them. He'd rubber band them and and send them. And anytime I ever had, you know, and I'd buy them hundreds at a time, and uh-huh. I just lay them all out. And if if I ever had a discrepancy, I'd shoot him an email, and a few days later, I'd get a box, and he would make it more than right. Yeah, good. good. And I, I maybe knock on wood. Maybe this is why where all my win the lottery luck goes. I've had a few bad ones, but I've had really good luck. Well, that's good. I mean, so I've bought some. I've bought some from him that were tubed, and then I've bought some that were pulls. Okay, mm-hmm. and the pulls. Uh, this is just me. I don't know if I just got a bad shipment or what, but man, my pulls were pretty daggone gnarly. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I'd get. I I'd mean, have to straighten the pins. Oh, and... I'm telling you. I mean, you have to work on those babies in order to get them back to the point to where they're usable, but. But, um, but, you know, I mean, I've had a couple bad ones, but by and large, most of them would erase and then would program and, and be okay. Uh, the, the only advice that I'll give is, uh, you know, if you're if you're doing your research, uh, it generally pays to get the fastest EEPROMs you can find. And um, if you can find the C version of the of the EEPROMs, go ahead and get those because they're they're an order of magnitude faster and they, they, they take tend, less power and they take less power it's easier and, on everything. And it's easier on your boards. That's exactly right. So. And they're they're backwards compatible with the older with the older chips. Yeah, so well. like like a uh, a twenty seven sixty four versus a twenty seven C sixty four. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You could use if you had a twenty if you had a non C, you can put a C means CMOS. It's the technology yeah. that uh-huh. chips made for. That's right. You can put it's a little more a little more modern from a manufacturing perspective. Correct. Yes. So if you've got an older board that doesn't have a C designator, you can put a C part in. Generally, if you've got a newer board that's got a C designator, you can't put an older non-C part in it because it's a higher it wants it's a higher, higher current draw that's and, exactly and, right you know the board yeah. was if the board wasn't designed robust enough to, to deal with it it'll have problems that's exactly right but but with, so with that um, that's my that's my kind of um, you know kind of my tech segment here on on EEPROM burning so I you know Brent I feel like I've done a, a pretty good job of closing or getting close to closing the loop on that discussion uh, and if people are interested uh, I, yes I'd be more than happy to write up a blog post about it and uh, feature kind of a one-stop shop on the software and everything like that because Brent other places host the software I don't think it's I mean I don't I mean I'm no lawyer I don't feel it's a copyright issue at this point because it's all extremely old software it is hosted multiple places on the net and all I'm doing is just making sure that it's available and that's it so if people are interested let me know I'd be more than happy to invest the time in it I'm Nick oh. Baldridge Whoa. and this is a Nippet Alert let's do it I'm Nick Baldridge and this is a Nippet Alert. 
I, I got him, Whitney. You, you, are I got you gonna him. catch him? You I got, got him. I got him. Okay, all I right, good him. deal. Well, I, I'm gonna put my stuff down then. Well, I'll, well, awesome. It, you, he's got yeah, your swatter down, your bird swatter. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Well, Nick, buddy, while while I am so appreciative, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to we're gonna have to back off on the birds, buddy. I, <laughs> we're, we're, I think we're three birds in right now. I think, okay, I think we are. And, it, and it, I mean, dude, we're we're all the way up to you know five potential nippets oh, that just, we got to go this, get. This is unbelievable. Now, where's this one taking us? We're going to Arkansas, Whitney, at Norfolk. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Brent. You're going to Arkansas. I'm going to Ar- Yes. I, I've never been. Do you know where Norfolk, Arkansas is? Oh, dude, dude. It's it's odd that you would mention that because the last time that I was in Arkansas, I was in Smackover, okay? And uh, Norfolk is just south of Smackover. Oh, Smackover. Yes. I've been to Smackover. Yes. Yeah. Now, you and I ate at Denny's in Smackover oh, one I remember time. Remember that. You, yep. got, you got food poisoning. I you, did. You that was to, a rough. You had to ride in the back of the truck on yes. the way home. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That Your B- stomach, Brent, it was wearing me out. That BMW that was behind us will never be the oh, same. It'll never be the same. Oh, it'll, no. never, it'll never be the same. I, I, Nick, buddy, I might have to pass on this because Smackover brings back some terrible memories and it's just too close to your well, foot. On, uh, I, I get it, but you know, but that whole incident, Brent, I think that taught you. Do you that, remember when that lady, that BMW, that lady, she hit the windshield wipers oh, and it just it, smeared it, was, it, or, it oh. was It was horrible, but I am glad now that you now pack a pair set of underwear with you everywhere you oh, go. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's all good. I, I don't like to be caught with my pants down twice, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. But you know, um, I'll, I'll leave that one up to you, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is a bit of a drive. I just ho- I just hope there's a good detail <laughs> shop in Norfolk for that. Be, yeah. Oh, man. Smackover is nice, though. It, it's 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 great. They've got, uh, I mean, they, they've got one of you the... You ever been there when the leaves change? Uh, no, I haven't. Neither have I. We I haven't. To, we may have to I pack that in for I, the fall. I, I may have to just build up the internal fortitude and try that. Okay. I think, I think it's worth it. Thanks, Nick. All right. We, appreciate we, it, we, Nick. We'll go pick that one up. Okay, Whitney. Well, Nick has been trying to spend my money, and I know you. You are the original yeah. spender of Brent's money. Yeah. So what, what What am I buying? Uh, well, dude, we've not had this segment for a couple of months, and it's going to come back with a vengeance, all right? And it's not... It's so going to come back with a... <laughs> yeah. Sort of like that trip to Smackover. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the smothered and covered at Denny's in Smackover. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing, man. We've, we've just got a few parts to run through for this month but brent these are i'm sorry to tell you dude this is all high dollar stuff all right and i'm just i'm just laying it out there right now we're going for quality not quantity we are going for quality not quantity so here's the first thing okay brent this has been a long this has been a long time on the drawing board and um i don't know if you remember but this is way back in episode number nine dude we're 50 podcast. i don't remember 48 <laughs> yeah excellent yeah neither do i but anyway if it weren't for show notes we'd have nothing but um <laughs> gloom despair and agony yeah that's how that song goes <laughs> so uh so here's the thing so back in episode number nine, we interviewed Luke Dyson, who is uh, goes by the handle of Tronic on the Claw forums. And if you'll remember, uh, Luke is the gentleman who reproduced the Quantum, the Atari Quantum PCB blanks. Okay, and he has done um, uh, two runs of those, and I think just closed out a third run of those uh, over the past several years. And I don't know how this is going to work from a multiple run perspective okay but we are now brent at the precipice of 
being able to order Repro Major Havoc PCBs because he's got them done. Okay. Sweet. Now, here's the thing. I've got I'll have a link in the show notes. These are $320 per PCB blank, okay? Uh, a little spendy, all right? But uh, when you look at a guy who takes time away from his family, he has mm-hmm. kids, takes time away from his family and reproduces a working PCB, especially for the Atari vectors, by golly, pay the man his money. Uh, this okay? is not a small board no i mean just just the size of it in terms of the production like if are you looking at the picture i'm looking at the picture well and i know how big the boards are yeah if if his time was free and he wasn't charging for it i still think 320 is is great it's it's fair yeah it's exactly right so shipping is 20 dollars anywhere in the u.s 30 dollars outside the u.s and this pre-order runs until february the 10th so if you want this thing and brent we're recording um the middle of january i mean you've still got a good solid three weeks to go but uh, don't don't let don't don't let the, the moss grow so to speak so if this if you if you want this you've known it's coming hopefully you've got your money set aside you're ready to make a move on it these are going to be blue okay in color that's the that's the color he chose so not tan like the originals okay um which is good because right off the bat you can say it's a repro and you know it's a repro okay so um so there's going to be a few add-ons and brent there is something i'll mention that's not in the show notes because luke did uh he pm'd me uh on clove and uh and and gave me a little bit of extra info and it's this has since gone public so i I feel like i'm safe in saying this here on the show but here's the thing there's you're you're going to have to acquire a a, essentially a an entire bill of materials full of of parts yeah because this is a bare board it's a bare board so there's going to be some vector specific um components that you're going to need to pick up uh most notably the um the lita chip okay so reproductions on those are going to be available um vector labs is going to make those uh, available okay the avgs are going to be necessary you can pick those up at various places um bill at billtronics arcade shop uh mark spaith uh, just to name three uh are sources for aftermarket and proven avgs and then also the quad pokey eliminators, the Q, what are called the QPEs, are going to be available from Tronic. He's going to sell those as either $15 blank, you uh, build it yourself, or $30 assembled, and that's essentially just the um, you know just the sockets assembled on the and soldered onto the board on the onto the quad pokey eliminator board itself. Um, and no pokies are going to be uh, supplied naturally because the pokies are are expensive, and and those that's just something. Yeah, that's so you have to come up with those material. as well. Yep. You're going to have to come up with those yourself. Now, here's the interesting thing, Brent. What uh, what Luke has done is he has uh, gone through and made a few improvements to the board, okay, from a test point perspective and just, just a, a, a little, um, a few niceties, I guess. But what I will say is he is including the necessary uh, layout on this board to where you can populate the as of unused on the original board's speech section. Okay. And you can do that without cutting traces or jumpering wires on this 
repro PCB because in order to activate the speech section on the original boards from Atari you would both have to cut traces and jumper wires and populate that section of the board I, I the news here to me is I didn't know that there was speech in Major Havoc there's not because it was cut from the game oh Owen Rubin designed a, a final level with speech and um, and it was cut from the game now from what I understand and this is all documented in the pre-order thread on Clov is that Owen Rubin has revisited the code and is working with a few other people in the community to provide the what's called the return to vax ROMs which have the speech and the final cut level to Major Havoc and if you want to play Major Havoc as Owen intended Major Havoc to be played then you'll want to populate the uh, PC, the speech section of the PCB so go ahead and do the bill of materials plus okay so get Major Havoc up and running and the speech section up and running and then they are going to make those return to Vax ROMs available and then you you run those ROMs on your on your Repro Major Havoc board, and you have what is considered the full game, speech and levels and all. That to me, Brent, is awesome. That is sweet. Yes, that is sweet. So, uh, without getting super deep into it, I haven't yeah. read the thread. Is is he coding this, or is he just able to pull back from his archives and reconstruct what was? The, or do you know? Yes, and yes. Okay. Yes, See, he's it, pulling it, it from takes, the archives takes, and he's finishing it. Takes it. one to do the other. Yeah, I yes. got you. Okay, and and other people are working with Owen on this. Is it's not a uh, it's not a uh, you know one man moving a mountain type of scenario. Uh, from what I understand in talking to Luke, there's multiple people involved. I'm not going to say their names because uh, he gave that to me in in PM, and I don't know if it's okay to let those names out. Okay, so I'm just not going to say them. But uh, but nonetheless, the the information about the speech section and the return to Vax uh, ROMs and Owen working on this, that is in the clove thread, so I'm not saying anything that has not already been said. So there you go, Brent. Quad Pokey Eliminators, Major Havoc Repro PCB, bam, where's the mic? It's done, you know, <laughs> so drop it and roll. Um, the next thing. Don't drop our mics, Whitney. No, 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 we don't want to do that. They were too expensive. <laughs> Virtual mic drop. Yes, yes. Boom. And smack over. And smack over. And it's in smack over <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas. And it's done. Now, you know, I, we've completely alienated our one listener. Yes, smack over yeah, yeah, he turned us off way as soon as we mentioned this city. So um, here's the thing, Brent. I don't know how how many times the, the Major Havoc PCBs are going to be run. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be run a second time. I would think that they would be, okay? I mean, if I were Luke, I'd want to run them two or three times just to recoup your investment. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's just economics, but I don't know that they will be. And if they're run, it's it will be multiple years between the runs. So uh, buy it now or sit. You know, that's it's just, that's the choice you have. So that, that's where I'll let that one. That's where I'll park major havoc. The next one, Brent, is something that I thought would I thought would never ever be run, and it is. Um, this is the uh, fluorescent cardboard background for an asteroids deluxe, and and Brent, I've got a picture of said um, uh, background in the show notes and it will be in the show notes on the website if anybody is, um, is curious as to what that looks like you can go to our website and see the picture of it this is being run by darren at uh, Phoenix Arcade. This is $150 ship. The pre-order is running until February 6th. 
and this is the the uh, the caveat, or until the pre-order hits 20, okay? Now, I don't know if he's going to close it down when it hits 20. He may very well, um, and the price may go up for anybody after the first 20, and I think that's probably what will happen. So this is four-color screen, uh, screen printing using fluorescent inks. This is undoubtedly the first time this has ever been reproduced, and Darren says he's not going to do it again. So either you get it or you don't, hmm. and that's just the way it goes, okay? And um, and so none, nonetheless, if you have an Asteroids Deluxe or think you ever may want to want to have an Asteroids Deluxe, um, check this out because uh, chances are your piece is in your machine is faded after 30 years of of um, of use or sitting in the sun or humidity or dampness or mold or whatever, and this will be brand spanking new. Yeah, I can and, see where this is this is difficult to reproduce because yeah. not only the colors but just in the picture here it looks as if. It, the bold, the boulders. There's there's a 3D effect. There's a 3D going. effect, which yeah. which is pro, you know the the initial back the, the cardboard and then yeah. the the operations to fold it and then yeah. the boulders look like everything. they're actually like those were separate and they're added on like so they're physically 3D. They're yes. not flat. Yes. And then just the colors. They they appear to have uh, like a fade to them, which in which I think with silkscreen the only way to do that is through like stippling, like dots, you know, fewer dots farther apart, and then more dots closer together, and you have to work through that gradient. Yeah, I, I I'm sure that this was no no easy task, no easy task, yeah. and for and for him to reproduce it, uh, I mean I I I want to say kudos because this is just not your typical part that you reproduce and expect to make any kind of profit on. It any any notable amount of profit on it whatsoever. So, I you know I, I'm sure Darren's got the got the financials worked out. Uh, he wouldn't be doing it if he didn't. But I, if he runs if he runs 50 of these, then when 50 are sold, he says I'm not making any more of them. This is this is a one time only deal. So that's it. So uh, we'll have uh, information about that in the show notes. This next one, Brent, is something that um, <laughs> we've pined over for quite some time. Never thought I would ever see these. Uh, redone but uh, long awaited and finally available these are $18 shipped within the US $2 discount for multiple kits and what I'm referring to is the brass bushing version of the Tempest Spinner rebuild kit and I know that these brass bushing versions were uh, reproed by another outfit years and years and years ago okay but uh today 2017 they've been redone and we've got the link uh to the uh for sale thread on clov and i'm sure that these are going to be ready readily available for quite some time so i don't think it's i don't think there's really a quote unquote a rush job on picking these up but at the same point um honestly for 18 bucks buy two of them and yeah. that's what you and that's, i did yeah, exactly and uh i brought yours over tonight and i've looked at mine and they're absolutely wonderful i cannot wait to put uh to rebuild my tempest so, and here's the these. cool thing with this you not only get the bushings you also get new eclipse and you get the tool, uh, the tools. You That's get exactly both. Right. Allen wrenches needed to disassemble and reassemble the spinner. That's exactly right. So it, this is tr- truly a one-stop shop. And um, I'm gonna know, crank. Reach up there on my Tempest. I'm gonna crank. See if it whirs. It'll whir. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Oh no, no, it's not got any turn, whir to it whatsoever. Let me turn your gain back down. <laughs> Here, hang on. Your gain's up. Oh. Go ahead, do it. 
Ooh, that sounds good. And and I have, and by good I mean not. I, and, and honestly, I have taken that apart and cleaned it and um, did you know? There's yeah. not really any adjustment in yeah, it. Yeah, it just either it, it does it or it doesn't. It, yeah. Yes, that's exactly the bushing. Right. The factory bushing is called a nyliner. Mm-hmm. It's I believe it's nylon. Thus, nye. Yeah, that's and, right. It's it's a nylon bushing. It is, it and is. it's it's lubricated by something called nyogel, which is supposed to be a plastic safe lubricant. But it gets. I mean, that lubricant is tacky, mm-hmm. and it It'll attracts. Pick it picks up anything, yep. and uh, and it holds on to it. <laughs> on top of that, so so this is huge in in my mind this is huge this is something that the community has been wanting for years uh every now and again you'll see a, a, a post or a thread on clav asking hey can i does anybody have one of these on the shelf that they that they bought 10 years ago from whoever i'd have to go back and look at it who reproduced it they, it's it's common knowledge but i just don't have it on the tip of my tongue right now you know from for whoever reproduced it and um and the answer is always no <laughs> it's like it's like no those things uh any any hope of buying those disappeared like eight or nine years ago you're out of luck so um so yeah so i I hope that uh that the gentleman uh reproducing these makes a uh makes a small fortune on this and uh yeah it's it just it just looks awesome um so there's that we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well and then finally brent uh, this is an interest thread, but I, I thought this was uh, something that uh, that really kind of piqued my uh, piqued my eyebrow. It kind of gave me the I did Spock eyebrow on this when I saw it. Uh, this is a reproduction high voltage PCB cage um, for the uh, Wells Gardner 6100, and this is at the interest thread level right now. But if you have any 6100s where the cage the uh, high voltage PCB cage is ate up or missing or bent or uh, just otherwise nasty, this is a a brand new um heavy stamped aluminum um cage that uh that that looks like it will fit the bill so um so anyway so that's that we'll have a link to that in the show notes yeah if you've got any interest in that definitely check out definitely check that out because i don't think that's something that will just be rerun on a a whim either so between that brent we're looking at 320 for the pcb 20 bucks for shipping that's 340 let's say we have to get you a a quad pokey eliminator um 15 bucks just because we can solder you know so that's you know we're at 355 right there off the bat you know we've got the asteroids deluxe you know that's that's 495 by the time no I'm sorry, uh, 505 by the time we add the 150 bucks onto that. Uh, another 18, you know, so what is that? That's 523. And then, uh, yeah, so 523 bucks, dude, is what we spent in your oh, money. Oh, sure. Just, just go ahead and times two that. Yeah, we'll and, ti- and times two that. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, now that yeah. you've hit me in the gut, <laughs> the gut, I mean the wall. 1,046, my man. Now that I've been smacked over. <laughs> yeah, almost almost 1,150 bucks by the time that it, uh, by the time it sorts itself out i think it's time that i limp out of this segment yeah and and save what what money and dignity i have left that's exactly right that's exactly right right, so so anyway so that's that brent so so what's coming up next here's what we've got coming up we're going to fall right into two segments two interview well uh i guess a panel discussion and an interview segment back to back so the next segment you're going to hear is going to be the from the grand old game room expo and it was a panel discussion hosted by adam and jp of the adam and jp show and it's the uh the future of gaming so as a fun panel. oh it was great yeah it was so if you if you hear someone on the panel that sounds like they're swallowing gravel, 
that is me. I mentioned that I wasn't feeling too well that weekend. And uh, we soldiered on. We had a great time. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I will sound a little rough. And, and uh, hopefully I, I come across to, uh, in, in the audio. Nonetheless, it's a panel from the Grand Old Game Room Expo of 2016. Future of Gaming, hosted by, again, Adam and JP of the Adam and JP Show. Whitney and I are on the panel, yeah. and so was Patrick of the Game Room Junkies. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Right behind that, we've got the uh, interview uh, with, uh, we've got our interview with the organizers, founders, um, the head honchos from the Louisville Arcade Expo, and we're going to discuss the 2017 Louisville Arcade Expo. Uh, Jeremy, Matt Flights, and Joe Stith. Joe was able to make it this year. It's not every year we can get all three of yeah. uh, the folks here, and this yeah. year it, it worked out great. I, I, and here, here's something I'll throw this out. We talk to these guys once a year. And every year it's different. It is. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't think it would no, be. No, it's but, not. But it winds up being different. So, you know, if you didn't listen to 2016 because we talked to him in 2015, go back and listen to the 2016 interview. But check out the interview. We sat down. We talked to uh, Jeremy, Matt, and Joe. Talk a little bit about the show. We kind of get some behind-the-scenes info. We talk about what's going to happen, what's new this year, what's exciting, how things are changing, how things are improving, and just overall what to expect. And then right behind that, Whitney and I will be back with our world-famous, often-asked-for news and feedback segment. <laughs> All right, let's do it, man. And, and, you know, maybe, you never know, there might be another Nippet come up. I mean, <laughs> Nick is on it. Who in the world knows where we go for that? But, uh, all right, we need, to, we need to round out the show and get more Nippets, dude. So, yeah, hopefully so. Nick, don't let us down. Set tight. Here comes the Grand Old Game Room Expo panel discussion and then the Louisville Arcade Expo 2017 talk with the uh, the founders. I'm going to introduce your panel. Josh is holding the door. Josh is the host of Collection Connection podcast. Down on the end is Adam. He's the Adam part of the Adam and JP show. That is I. Whitney Roberts, who's a co-host of the Broken Token podcast from Louisville, Kentucky. Well, is it fair to say Louisville? Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. Okay. Louisville. 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 Yeah, Louisville. Oh, yeah, right, Louisville. Yeah. I mean, there's any one of 13 will work. Right. Uh, we have Patrick Wall from uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo, which is a, a convention or an expo in Atlanta every year. And he is also one of the co-hosts of Game Room Junkies podcast. And I am JP, the JP part of the Adam and JP show. It's like an Adam and JP sandwich, and you guys are in the middle. No. All right. So. There he is. Now, we're officially supposed to talk. Are you coming up here? Uh-huh. You, you, come on. Do it. We can put you on. Uh, do you mind sharing with Adam? Or do you want to be in here with uh, Whitney? So we're officially supposed to talk about the future of gaming. That's what it says on the, uh, on the uh, program. So let's start with Adam. Yeah. Are you down there? I'm down here. Hey. I can't see you. Hello. Um, you have been playing games a long time. Why don't you start? And uh, based on what you see today, uh-huh. what do you think the trends of the future might be? Uh, I think we all thought at first that virtual reality was a flash in the pan. It was a gimmick because we've 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 heard the term virtual reality for twenty plus years. We've seen it happen. We've played beachhead. It's not fun. 
Uh, but now with seeing PlayStation 4 virtual reality, I believe it is a legitimate uh, avenue of gaming, honestly. I even played the, uh, the dev kits of, of the Oculus Rift two or three years ago. I thought that was the future. I didn't believe it after playing it. It was fun. It was cool for what it was. But as far as an interactive, uh, just deep game, I don't see myself doing that. And I, it even gave me some motion sickness. But with the PlayStation 4 virtual reality, it is uh, maybe not the future, but a different branch of the gaming future. So I believe that could be a uh, possible source for fun in the future. What do you think, guys? VR, real or not? Yeah, that's a good question, Brent. Let's go to you. Let's go to <laughs> Let's Brent go on the end. <laughs> You know, answer and answer fast. Well, most of the stuff that we look at is wrong. wrong. No, I'm sorry. It's coin up. You know, yeah. I've seen the VR stuff come along and All I've right. seen the fits and the starts. And uh, what was it, Google? Was it Google had the paper out there trying to really kind of get it into the market? Mm-hmm. And now Samsung's really pushing. Of course, I don't know if you want a flaming Samsung phone on, on your phone <laughs> or not. It's right. not, you know, <laughs> the best outcome. But. Um, I haven't kept up with it because it seems like every time I hear of something, it goes away and nothing is really taken off yet. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, Oculus has been around, but that's like a dev kit basically, right. yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's really expensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I just don't think it's there yet. I think that the simple fact of what is old has become new, and we see something like Nintendo releasing the the, the NES uh, mini version, and you know, 30 games from 30 plus years ago, and it's bringing a thousand bucks on eBay mm-hmm. as of earlier today. I, I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's being scalped to to no limit, really. I, I, I mean, I'm with Brent. I think that there's going to be a period where we see a lot of technologies uh, kind of flash in the pan, gain some acceptance, and then somewhat fizzle out. But I truly believe that we always return back to our roots to some degree, and history will always be somewhat uh, cyclical in that manner. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see some new stuff, but so much of what we play we've already played and we'll be looking forward to playing again. I, 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 just, I don't know, it's weird. I, that's probably a non-answer for an answer, but it's, uh, to me, it's the answer. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I have another non-answer. I, I, I think back to the days of when the Wii came out. I remember how that was crazy and everybody one-on-one and was so innovative wow. using that, uh, that handhold motion controller. And I would have said that was the future of gaming back then. Right. But gosh, it fizzled out quick. I know. Right? And so with the VR thing, I did get a chance to play uh, the Sony VR thing for the first time. I haven't done an Oculus. And my understanding was that the whole uh, key to this generation of VR was, it was two things. It was price and the fact that you don't get sick. And I spent three minutes doing a race game. I wasn't even flying the Eagle. And I wanted to throw up my lunch. Yeah. So, um, and then my other comment, so I don't know where it's going to go. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I should, should take some dam- Dramamine beforehand. But uh, my other comment is this VR thing is going to take off and it's going to stay if the porn industry really gets going on it. And right. yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. So I think, you know, the porn industry made the VHS revolution. And uh, so if they, if, if they continue down this road, sir, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. Tony, Tony was uh, confirming that it's too late uh, for the uh, the porn industry to get into VR. But if they continue down that road, then innovation is going to come, and uh, you're going to. 
<laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> so uh, innovation is going to happen, and uh, you're going to, I mean, I really think you're going to see uh, it be in every household. So I think, I mean, well, what's interesting with the virtual reality is how long they've been trying this. Cause I remember, mm-hmm. and this is something Adam and I have talked about before. I remember when I was in college in 1990, <laughs> uh, and we would go, I was going, I went to Tennessee tech and one day it was this, this huge deal because in the student union, they were going to set up virtual reality, mm-hmm. the wave of the future. And this was around the time of lawnmower man, the movie. And so we go to the student union and you stand in this big circle and then you put the goggles on and everything are like line, red lines and red dots. And then even Nintendo tried it, Adam, with the Virtual Boy, right? If you want to call it that. Yeah. That was like their first foray into virtual yeah. reality. Was that virtual reality or just like 3D? They tried. I mean, it was just yeah. red and blacks and they, it, was, it was poorly designed. It, it was made you sick too, yeah, didn't it? It yeah. was like headache inducing. It was terrible. And to me, it was terrible. And so having gone through all those failed attempts at virtual reality... I was really blown away the first time I put the Oculus Riff on and did that. I haven't had a chance to do the Sony yet, the the PS4. But from all indications, it's pretty cool. So it's still hard for me to believe that as a gamer, as your casual gamer, and I'm not talking about the hardcore gamers, I'm talking about as a casual gamer because that's probably more where I come from, that every time I want to sit down and play a game, I'm going to put a helmet on and go through all that. When... For years, I've just been accustomed to grabbing a controller and going. Yeah, that's a hard or, selling or, point. Or yeah. a phone now, you know, or a mobile device. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember a few years ago, the 3D TVs? They were the active glasses. Oh, uh, so right. They were two or $300 for the glasses, and they were battery-powered. Right. Well, it wasn't, what, a year and a half or two years, and those were pass- surpassed. And now it's, uh, they're passive. You still have glasses. Mm-hmm. But at least it's not that heavy, that experience, you know, all that extra hardware. And it's going to take a revolution like that, in my opinion, it's true. Yeah. To, to make it really, you know, penetrate the market. Right. So how many people tried the Sony VR over there or have anywhere else? You guys did? Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts Obviously on you that? did, Woody, because you helped me to get my thing on really good. Thank you. Uh, that was good. I mean, you were so gentle. Uh, Josh? Not so much. <laughs> so what else do you guys think that could, I mean, when you look at gaming now and you look, because it almost seems like, like, I do see a huge difference in the PS3 and the PS4. There are lots of differences, but they're not drastic differences like you saw, say, when you went from the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo. I mean, it, there was a time when a new console came out, you saw drastic differences. So what do you guys think? Do you think as the consoles go forward? Are you guys console gamers or PC gamers? Mostly console? A little bit. What about you guys? PC gamers. PC? Yeah. So even with the PC gaming, I mean, what do you, what do you think some of the trends might be in, in the future? I mean, how much further can we go with gaming? I don't know. Before I saw from the PlayStation Oculus, still beats in terms of games by far. See, I think one of the, one of the trends that we're going to see in the future and... and being PC gamers, you guys can actually talk to this, and that is how much longer, and I'm going to get some hate saying this, how much longer will console gaming be relevant? Because it seems like we're slowly trying to head, even on the consoles, slowly trying to head to that we stream every game we play. What do you guys think? I think you're always going to want those people that can just sit down, turn on the 
uh, turn on the system and just go and play a game. Like the the ease of use when it comes to the console is like it's almost undeniable. You just go, you put in what you want to play, or it's already on there because you download mm-hmm. it, hit the button, hit start, and go. With PC gaming, there's still a lot more that has to be handled in the front end, and some people don't want to deal with that regardless of how easy it gets. Like now anymore, like back in, back in the day when I first started playing games on PC, like driver updates were like that was an issue. That was that was a struggle you were going to deal with for at least an hour, and then you're going to have to go through and manually put in those driver updates, and then that will spill. By that time, you're just frustrated. You want to do something else. But now anymore, it is really simple to do. There's you have an interface already, and you just go and do it. So. Even with it being that easy, some people don't want to deal with that stuff. They just want to be able to go and just hit play and go. So right. I think console games are relevant. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because, I mean, PC gaming, I'm not a PC gamer, but working in that industry for my entire career, you're always chasing the, the, the trail that NVIDIA or AMD leaves behind you, and or, I'm sorry, they leave behind, and that's in front of you because there's always a new card, there's always there's always something to buy, new monitors, new whatever. You unpack an Xbox One or you unpack a PlayStation Four, and that's what you got, you know. So there, yeah, it's undeniable, and you'll you'll never get done building a gaming rig because as soon as you get done building a gaming PC, it's out of date. You have to build again. You have to go buy a new card. Uh, things like that. So I, I think gaming gaming PCs will appeal to a certain segment of the population always because they want that upper echelon of performance and capability. But we're talking we're talking the, the general buying public that also shops for their games when they go to Walmart to get their milk and everything else. Those guys, you're you're not going to be able to sell. Yeah. They're 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 not your they're not your core audience for PC gaming at all. Yeah. So, um, can I take a tangent on this or reminds me something? Can I take a tangent on this briefly? Mm -hmm. Because I I need the panel's help and the audience's help. I was uh, thinking about the holidays and want to get a new console. We currently have an Xbox 360. And so, I was asking my buddy at work. I said, hey, um, what do you think I should get? I think I should get an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4. Uh, Shut up, Microsoft. (laughs) He works for Microsoft. (laughs) And he said, no, 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 no. He said, uh, I think you should just get a gaming PC. I'm not going to do that because my kids are 13 and 10. And this is for the same reason he just talked about. I'm not going to do that. But let's go back to the first question. PlayStation 4 or Xbox 360? I'd say PS4. PS4. Why? VR? It's, it's not just the VR. The VR is, like, like Casey said, so the VR is something that if you want to move into that niche, then it's available to you, but there's still that price point of an additional $400 on the console you've already bought. But I think when you look at the overall performance of the two consoles, like you can put uh, multi-platform games side by side, and there are noticeable differences between the Xbox One and the PS4. Now, if that's something you really care about, you're going to go with the PS4, but then PlayStation, uh, Sony in general, has a wider range of like franchises and games. Like when you think Xbox One, you think Halo, and you think Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Came out, so what's left? Something else are going to come up with later on. But everybody knows the Sony franchises that are going to come out, and those are going to continue to come out because they'll stay popular. All right, thank you. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I totally agree. But PS4 pushes more pixels and has more games. Yep. Hey, did you hear that, Adam? Yeah. 
Sorry, he's an Xbox One guy. I am. Yeah, I'm you're a not, you're player, not a Sony fan. Yeah, I'm a. Yeah, I'm just an Xbox guy. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I, I, I just that. like it. Exactly. Yeah. That you're going to want to go back and play, like you said, go back to your roots. You bought a PS4, you might as well Yeah, it. your roots of 2014. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the advantages, at least uh, back in the day, used to be Xbox Live over oh, yeah. the PlayStation Network. Is that it's, still the it's case? It's still a better service than PSN. That, that's a fact as well, I'd say. Yeah. It's gotten better, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what about a steam? Oh, go ahead. But I can even give you something from a different perspective. I own both systems. All right. Uh, one of the things about it that Microsoft never tells you is that the Xbox One actually passively, even if the system is turned off, will download things for the system and slam your internet, and you have to do extensive research on the internet to find out that that happens so that you can disconnect the, the it from the internet so that you know that your your internet is not being slammed at that point in time. I went through time after time after time figuring out why in the world is my internet just slammed nonstop to the point where when I hooked up the PlayStation, never have to disconnect it, never have to mess with anything like that. And from what I understand, and I haven't been able to figure it out yet, you cannot turn off it from it keeping it from downloading things in the background. While you're gaming, as well as when the system's turned off, Hey, I, can you do a favor for me? Don't come in here and start bragging because you have both systems. Are you a rich kid? <laughs> like Woody was the rich kid in the last panel, now you're the rich kid? As someone who has both. <laughs> Joking. Hasn't Nintendo announced? I know it's a scary, my voice, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Father yeah. Death, what did you say? <laughs> Hasn't Nintendo just announced, was it the Switch? Yeah. Is it just out there just in pictures? Does anybody? That's a good point, because is the Switch going to be everything it's cracked up to be? I think the Switch is going to do a lot better than what people are giving credit for. Yeah. Because a lot of people are comparing it to the PlayStation, uh, the PS4 Pro, and whatever the Scorpio is going to be, which, who knows, it's going to be a, mm. it's going to be an Xbox One thing, and it's going to like when you look at those two consoles, they are technically like technological half steps. It's just like slightly more power. The console is already there. Mm-hmm. As far as we know for the Scorpio as well. But the Switch is something completely new, and it's something that is going to also be able to essentially marry two different catalogs together. Because now you have the handheld, the handheld stuff, and the console stuff all together in one. And if they can do that, if they can take Animal Crossing and the Super Mario Brothers games and put them on the one uh, one console that you can take anywhere, that's going to be a pretty big spot. The real question is, will Adam be able to play with his Amiibos on the Nintendo Switch? It's mm, a good question. It's a good question. Can I play the Nintendo Switch on the toilet like I can the Wii U? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I shall buy the system. <laughs> can I play with the Amiibos on the toilet on my Switch? <laughs> Now, is that going to be cartridge-based, or have they said? Yeah, it's a, yeah, almost like a 3DS style, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Is anybody going to buy the $100 3DS when it comes out here in just what I maybe three, three weeks? In the black, I saw the Black I Friday ad. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I think you can get it in either in, in either like a, a custom black, mm -hmm. black or custom white. I mean, that's that's a pretty strong price point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to buy one as well. Yeah. Is that just a scaled down DS or is it a new? No, the 3DS is like the, the next model. It's the uh, the oh, newest version. Yeah. 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 Gosh, yeah. I may actually buy yeah. one. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying. I'm gonna buy like two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because one for each hand. Well, no, I'll break one and then I'll have one. <laughs> like like day one, you're just going to just yeah. smash it. Yeah. I'll drop it walking out. Of okay. The All right. Yeah. You know your limits. That's yeah. fine. I think the Switch may have a hard time getting to what we want it to be, and that is we sit at home and we play some. Say I'm going to use GTA Five because that's a big game. As an example, you know, with the Nintendo Switch, you can play GTA 5 at home and then pick it up and play it mobile. And truthfully, I don't think we're there For yet. For us arcade people, what is that? Yes. Which You can take GTA? Centipede and play Millipede on the GTA. Road. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5. I thought that was a Trans Am from the 80s. No, no. Sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. Man, He's it's the cult guy. medicine, right? <laughs> Uh, I just yeah I just don't know if the switch it, it obviously we're not there yet but that's I think that's what we want to get to because and something we haven't mentioned here is mobile gaming is probably really the biggest trend of the future and Money we're, we're wise, there now yes. yeah yeah because with the microtransactions in those games these app guys are getting like oh, yeah. hugely rich have you seen the money that the Kim Kardashian app receives daily. There's a Kim Kardashian, and it makes millions daily, pretty what? much. I'm serious. What Check. Does it do? uh, it's it's uh, oh. you can. Uh, what does it I think do? Dress her up, give her some makeup. I have no idea. That's what my friends <laughs> you tell can me. Dress her up. <laughs> put some yeah. makeup on her. Uh, but I mean, it's making millions monthly. I know that for sure. As an wow. actual number, I saw millions monthly on a Kim Kardashian free yeah. app with microtransactions. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, it's it's interesting that you mentioned mobile gaming because um, every time that we leave the house, my daughter. Uh, before she'll hop in the car, she makes sure that she has her 3DS with her. Mm -hmm. She packs her 3DS with her like everywhere she goes. And it, she, she loves it. She, she's 11. And um, I, I mean, to me, that's about as close to retro as I can get her at this point in time for her to really latch on to it. But she's completely invested in the whole Nintendo ecosystem when it comes to the storylines and the characters and everything like that. So I think the Switch is going to do really well. It'll be something that I'll enjoy and that I can give to her and play with her on that particular console, and then she'll, she'll enjoy as well. And mobility's there, too. So I actually have high hopes for it. Um, we've talked about the console. We focused on that, talked about the Nintendo Switch. Let's go to our PC guys. Like, what's the future of Steam, do you think, and what will that do for overall gaming? Steambox, is that a failure? Yeah. Is, that, is that a thing? Steambox. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. Steam in general has been huge for the indie game movement, really. So mm -hmm. There's been way more games come out because of Steam than anything consoles could have pushed out if they were published. So, lots of games out on Steam. You can, you can find games you never knew existed that are your new favorite game, like, like Stardew Valley, mm -hmm. the consoles now, mm -hmm. things like that. Is it coming to consoles? Yeah. I didn't know what that. What was it? Stardew Valley? Oh. But that's a good point when you talk about the development aspect because with Steam and, and, and talk, keeping with PC gaming, there's a lot of games that come out in beta testing that actually allow you to kind of almost, to use 
probably use a bad word, buy stock in the game because you you pay a little bit to play the beta version, and that goes towards help building a full version. My only complaint with that is sometimes it takes a long time. Like, what's the game I played for like two years, and I think it's still in beta, Adam. Uh, um, what was that? What uh, was that? Josh, we played it. The zombie game. Uh, yeah, it does have Z. Thank you. Yeah. H one Z one. You sir win the internet for the night. Yeah. H one Z one. Is that still in beta? H one Z one. I think it is. I think it is. Wow. Well, no, they released a version, but it was supposed to come to consoles, and it hasn't yet. Ah, well, yeah. yeah. I kind of want to talk about the past and the future. Can we do that? Because we have some of this sandwich, the meat and cheese of the sandwich. Clearly, are there more arcade and pinball guys? That's an awesome thing. Much respect for that. But so, and we all love that kind of stuff. That's why we're here this weekend. But we have to agree the reason the arcade and pinball scene kind of went down is because of the accessibility and the ease of having a console in your home and your living room. And as we talked about, the future of that is these consoles may go away because of the rise of, uh, of mobile gaming and PC gaming. You see possibly a rise for the arcade and pinball scene to come back now that maybe the console will be out in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. What do you think of that? Well, you're already seeing it in a... I mean, it's it's a niche thing today, but VB Cabs is a perfect example. They got uh, what was it Shark Tank? The mm-hmm. exposure they got on Shark Tank to bring that out to the world, and you know their prices are, are reasonable. I mean, they're, for what they're building mm-hmm. compared to modern like coin op equipment, you're five grand into a buck hunter. You're three grand into one of their machines. You can take it home. You've got pinball. So, um, and, and that's feeding the, the physical pinball world as well, in my opinion. I, I think I think for the future of, of arcade and pinball, in, in light of this in light of this conversation, I think we're going to see pinball continue on and continue to grow. Arcades, not so much. I mean, there's really nobody manufacturing new arcade games. Every arcade game that you go out there and see on the floor today is. 30 plus years old unless unless someone has has done a custom build job or you know 61 91 something like that I, that that to me is considered an homage to the arcades in a cabinet but it's not quote unquote an arcade it's not it's not a, a true blue arcade cabinet I think pinball, just like Brent said, like with the VP cabs, that's that's where we're going to see that's this segment of the industry continue to live on because Stern, Jersey Jack, Spooky, and others they're they're, they're keeping the dream alive. Nintendo, Atari, whatever it may be, they just they just don't seem to exhibit any interest at all, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with that sentiment about pinball and arcade. I would disagree that virtual pinball is the way of the future. It's just, guys, it's just not the same. <laughs> no matter you know what sort of lipstick you put on there, it's not the same. It looks neat, and it, yeah, you have a variety of tables. It is, it is not the same. Well, I, I think it's good to draw people in, though, because a lot of people, maybe they can't play pinball. Maybe it's their first exposure. Hopefully, it, 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 it increases some interest. It, it's hard to play, I think. It, it I, is. It I is. mean, it's, it's harder than regular pinball. Um, I, I will say, though, we are... Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, because there's you know the depth there's the depth issue, but I will say, you want some wine? I'm gonna survive. I'll be all right. Okay. I thought it was gonna be Adam that was gonna die because he's had five <laughs> energy drinks before this one, but he's gonna pop. No wonder it's so warm over here. <laughs> I thought it was me. Five energy drinks. Um, I will say that 
we're in a golden age of pinball again, I guess. This is the second golden age. Holy cow. Have you guys played Dialed In out there? No. Y'all, before the expo is out, before you leave, go play Dialed In. It's made by Jersey Jack. Uh, Whitney and I just got a chance to play, spend some quality time with it. Uh, but, I mean, there's a, there's a mode in that game where... So it's all based on sort of an, an emergency in a city and you have to keep your cell phone charged. It's kind of an odd theme, but they pull it off. Uh, and there's one mode in there where you have to do something and you go into selfie mode. And somewhere on the game, there's a camera that starts taking pictures of you and on the LCD back glass, uh, the screen in the back glass, at the end of the mode, it shows you all these selfie snapshots of yourself playing the game. That's cool. See, it did that to me and all the flashers went off like a flash. Yeah. And I, it probably had a picture of me looking like I was about to crap myself. <laughs> oh my God. I don't want yeah. to do a time warp. And then he lost his voice. Yeah. And I lost my voice. <laughs> I was... So we talked about virtual reality and we asked, is that just a fad or is that actually a future trend? What about augmented reality? Like Pokemon Go. It was a phenomenon this mm-hmm. past year. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's going to be a trend going forward? Another dozen people get hit by a bus and I think it'll get shut down. <laughs> <laughs> But we have more games coming. I mean, they're quickly developing games featuring that. Oh, I imagine so. I mean, it was such a hit. Yeah. I mean, even... Save Nintendo. Um, I mean, you're out of Atlanta, and you're... Are you based... You and Adam based here? Yes, mm-hmm. actually. Are you so yeah. we're out of Right here, this hotel. This hotel, hotel <laughs> actually. Yeah. No wonder you look so at home. Yeah, I know. I'm so comfortable. Even in Louisville, which, I mean, we're a fairly decent-sized city, but there were several people that had a cottage industry in Louisville just making T-shirts and hats so they can pit one team against another to play Pokemon Go. Mm. It was amazing. Wow. I don't know. I think it's Adam. What do you think? Because you have opinions on this. Right. Uh, I played it hardcore for about Three or three months, two or three months, and you said you'd ah. never stop playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I say a lot of stuff, <laughs> but eventually, eventually, I did stop playing that. It became the same thing over and over, uh, and I, I swore to myself I would never have an in-game app purchase. I would never pay real money for that. And I think that at a certain point, you have to do that for those games like that, like the Kim Kardashian game we just looked up. Which, by the way, he looked. Do you it have up. that app? You I keep not. talking he, about we just it. Looked a it up lot. On, the, on the on the Play Store here, and it has a four point three out of five star rating and almost one million. Ratings and reviews, not downloads, almost one million reviews. Does it have an update where you can actually steal your money back from Kim Kardashian? Maybe so. But at 4.3 out of 5 stars and almost 1 million reviews, man. This game is a great time passer and has a really great story plot and nice features. Ah. Is there any good story plot that has the word <laughs> That is better than it? her actual personality. <laughs> Let yeah. me tangent a little bit. What do you all think about in-game app purchases? Because in our world... The game is the game. The game is the game. Whether it's yeah. pen or old school video or whatever. <clears throat> and is it though? Everybody complains about the, the app purchases. Like I, I listen to your all show and you have modern game segments, and there's conversations about I, I just I mean, do you think that will eventually people will get tired of that? No, I think people always fall for it because there's the yeah. free game. If the game is free, I can spend five bucks here. I can do ten bucks here. Twenty's not so bad. And after two years went by, you've spent two hundred seventy-five dollars on Kim Kardashian. So my friends tell me. Wait, um, wait, wait a minute, though. Wait, 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 wait. You say like the game is the game. Yeah. But it. I think the genesis of in-game purchases starts with the arcade games. Oh, it's only twenty-five cents to play. Oh, unless you want to keep playing, yeah. then it's another 25 cents. Like oh, you want to save where you are? That's yeah. another 25 cents. 
So it kind yeah. of started well, with the arcade games. Right, it did. It did. It's yeah. true. Um, Whitney's enamored. With, oh, look, was that? I think the problem that I've got is I've just searched Kim Kardashian in the app store, and I've been scrolling for what feels like 120 seconds, yeah. and I'm still not done Don't go too with, with games. Yeah. Don't so go too this far. This is insane. So <laughs> I, I think you make a valid point, though, while he's looking for Kim. Uh, and that is... Uh, I'm done. Officially done. <laughs> Lunar Lander out there, 1979. Mm-hmm. Every quarter gives you a certain number of fuel uh, points. Mm-hmm. And you need those fuel points to actually play the game. So you can put in as many quarters as you want and have as much fuel as you want. It's the same thing. Yeah. The exact same thing. We were playing WrestleFest, and our pro wrestlers in the ring were running out of stamina. You put more quarters in for more energy. Yeah. Now who won that, Adam? I forgot. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian. Um, <laughs> 1979. I, I fall for it. I mean, and then the 2016 version of that is Hearthstone. I mean, I, yeah. when I started playing Hearthstone, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'll admit it. Yeah, you get a free pack of cards every day or when you finish quest, whatever the yeah. quest is. But I would buy cards because mm-hmm. I would want better cards than I was getting in the game. So is that a, is that a video game or is that... It is, yeah. yeah. Or is that a video card game like the Pokemon stuff and the Magic? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a video game based on a card game. So it's, it's using the World of Warcraft which characters. Is, and Which is kind of like in-game purchases because you're buying yeah, more cards. The game is free, totally free. But you can spend $1,000 to open digital card packs and you have better cards than other players. So, you, you can spend nothing if you want, but to be legitimate, you've got to spend some money. So I, I'm kind of curious... Um, I, as I'd mentioned earlier, my daughter's 11, so she's a big Minecrafter. Mm-hmm. Out, of curi- out of curiosity, has anybody here played Roblox or, or heard of I've, Roblox? I've seen it. I've never played it. Okay, but, yeah, because yeah, it's it's a virtual builder mm-hmm. world that also has in-app purchases. And I was just kind of curious if, if anybody had gone down that road and looked at that. But Tony? Yeah. I've, I've heard of it. One of my cousins has played it. Okay. It was see, and that's and that's it. And my daughter hit the paywall, and she's like, "Daddy," I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> not doing that." <laughs> that that's definitely that will be something that won't go away, no matter what we no. see in the future. Yeah, you're always going to see. I think oh, the, uh, the the freemium games they call them, the the free premium games. It's just a draw in. I mean, even Candy Crush, people were playing that game that don't play video games, but Candy Crush made millions. Mm-hmm. And then grandmothers were playing that in drive throughs of fast food restaurants. <laughs> How did they monetize that? Was it in app purchases? Yeah. Oh. yeah. But once again, the game is free, but if you want, if you want extra lives, you've got to pay money oh, to, have, okay. to keep, continue playing. Yeah, I've never played it. <laughs> but I, I mean, that, once again, like Kim Kardashian, it was a free game and it made millions. Candy sure. Crush, I mean, that's pretty much, we've played Bejewel for years, right? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I like the model. It's like uh, letting you demo the game to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. And then if you do, you pay. Yeah. That's true. That's better than it was uh, yeah. back in the day with the classic consoles. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. There was really no way to play those games before you $60 paid for and you better hope you like it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that much then. Yeah. I hope you. $40. Yeah, $40. Close. You better hope you like it. Yeah. Have you seen the coffee table book, The Art of Atari? Uh-uh. And it, it talks... It talks. It's a book. It, it talks better than I talk. <laughs> do you have that? It, Does it tell you a story? I do. Whitney has it. And it's the art of Atari. And it's how, like, the box art was this wonderful, fantastic, like, on the, in the 2600 days. And it, I guess it carried forward through the 7852. How is this this wonderful, fantastic scene of, like, some guy sitting at a control panel, like, missile command and missiles and all that. And you get there, and it's a dot when you play the game, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it, to draw the, to draw the kid in because you know you couldn't play it, you couldn't demo it the way you that was your attract screen. 
Yeah. It's the art of the box. Mm. Yeah. We found out last night Patrick is a huge fan of uh, Missile Command. Was yeah. it Missile Command? It was. Yeah. It was yeah. 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 And you don't like it. I thought you didn't like it. No, he didn't like Space Invaders. Oh, Space like Invaders Space is the Invaders. one you didn't like. I liked Missile Command. Yeah. That was what he didn't like. I thought we were going to keep that quiet, though, for the controversy. No. Sorry. Yeah. Well, these are, oh, yeah. Well, most of these people were here last night. Yeah. <laughs> we're still among friends. I would say that, that Atari's art is second, is second to none. I, I was just telling Brent that uh, I, I bought many, many Atari 2600 cartridges, or I'm sorry, games, based on the box art alone. I'd get it home, play it. I would not be disappointed because I was just such a huge fan of that platform, but the box art would endear itself to me and it just it allowed me to imagine what the game was trying to convey back to me. Uh, without the box art, the game would have been actually somewhat one-dimensional. So to me, I, I think Atari did it. Their marketing was genius on that. Really? And of course, they had to do it the way that they did it, whether it, whether it be accidental or, or, or intentional. It was, it was solid gold. I, I love that. In 35 years, you know, fast forward 35 years to today, I, I still uh, look at the Atari box art, and I, I'm, I'm amazed at what I see. It's, it's good stuff. That's why there's a coffee table book on yep. it. Um, I think it's fair to say that gaming today is a more immersive than it used to be. Now, you can argue, you know, the actual experience of going to an arcade and playing a classic arcade game was immersive in itself. But as far as the actual game, when you play a Fallout 4 today or a Mass Effect sequel today, it's more immersive. Yes? No? Yes? Yeah. No? I, I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So... They treat these properties more like a motion picture mm -hmm. than, a, than, a, than a video game now. They want it to be that kind of experience. So I want to ask you guys, and I'll ask you guys, when you play a modern game today, what do you think makes that game immersive? Is it all the voice work that goes into it? Is it the, the music? Is it the story? No, is it the I, writing? I listened to ACDC while I played Donkey Kong. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Adam? Uh, I think all of that. They're, I mean, they're having movie production qualities, uh, professional voiceover actors, professional composers for the songs. It's just the, it's the level, the quality is just higher. It's just more immersive because of that. It's that. <laughs> that's all there is to it. It's just higher quality. Yeah I, yeah, I totally agree. It's a cinematic experience yeah. is what gets me. Yeah. And I can share my seminal moment with this. Um, I believe it was on the original Xbox. Um, I had just moved into our new house. We finished the basement. And I put up a projector and a 90-inch screen hooked up to my Xbox with 7.1 7 full stereo surround. It sounded good. So I'm playing Call, the original Call of Duty, which I think that's what it was. It was a World War II game. Um, am I right on this, guys? Nope. Yeah. Call of Duty 3 was World War II? Possibly okay. Medal of Honor? No? Yeah, maybe that yeah. was what it was. Maybe. Uh, so it was a World War II game, and I, I felt like it was in the war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you can, with that system, I could hear, I didn't have to worry about people sneaking up behind me because I could hear what was going on back here. And I knew his direction to pan, right? Because I had that directional... Uh, that sense mm -hmm. and and then again with the cinematics with the blowing up with the music and man I tell you what it was I was like wow this is it yeah this is the immersion, it. and, and that was the original yeah. Xbox it's only gotten better since then yeah it's the narrative it's the story to it I mean I love with everything I have I love Miss Pac-Man I love 
you know, a booger man from the Sega Genesis, but those don't have stories uh, like a, a Bioshock, like a, uh, a Fallout. They don't have a, there's no story. It's not a, it's not bashing it. That's just a fact. There is no yep. narrative. There's yep. no story to uh, the classic games. I mean, that's just what it has, narrative story. So you can emotionally, you can be emotionally moved yeah. by a video game. I've had days. tears come from my face for games, but once again, I love Miss Pac-Man. I've never been moved to tears from Miss Pac-Man. There's, that's the draw to that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, is it fair Wait, to say that's something you get today that maybe you... What, what game moved you to tears? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. You're fine. I kind of want to know, too. Uh, I think the Walking Dead Telltale series. Have you guys played that before? Anyone? That was, that was, that was teary. Um, sometimes in the Bioshock series, like, it's not a sad moment, but that, that story gets me sometimes. So just any kind of choice I have to make, and I don't want to make that. It gets, it gets me Sarah McLachlan dog commercial heavy. You know? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. You have that feel, you know. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's the narrative. The story has it. There is a story to it. If that if that ever comes over, you just think Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. Cute, yeah. cute clothes. Does ACDC Donkey Kong move you emotionally? <laughs> I, for 35 years, it's uh, it's done the job. How about that? <laughs> Agree with you. Yeah. The weird thing about ACDC is I never get tired of it, and Donkey Kong, I just don't get tired of it. So it's all good. I'm a simple man with simple pleasures, and that's just the way it runs. Hey, when you guys were talking about pinball, how important is the the IPs for pinball? Isn't that going to be like the what going forward? Like the properties like ACDC oh, okay, and, okay. and the Walking Dead pinball machine, and because those games are fantastic. Yeah, and so, that's it's kind of the draw. Like so, if I see that Walking Dead machine, I'm drawn to that because it's Walking Dead. So so here here's the thing, and I, I think I know Patrick's big into pinball as is Brent. So I, I think that you need to hear three answers to this question, okay? Because there's some there's perspective here, and I think everybody's got a little bit of a different perspective, but. Um, for me personally, I think the the IP is very important because it's initially what would draw what would be an otherwise uninterested participant or player into a particular game. Um, Stern has arguably uh, become a master of licensing and licensing good properties and making good pinball machines and, and good pinball machines off of those properties. So they they tend to have. I think reduce this somewhat to a very formulaic output, but one that is ex- still extremely successful. Now, somebody like Jersey Jack or Spooky Pinball, they're going with unlicensed themes, and it's great to see them. But ultimately, when I look at my collection that I have at home, I've got licensed themes from Stern, and I love them. Mm-hmm. I just I love them. So, okay, go go for it, Patrick. Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, sure. Because Yes. So, okay, and then what I will say is that for, for right or wrong, okay, Stern has, Stern has a group of individuals that we would consider career, you know, career designers that are obviously very gifted at what they do. And Stern's, Stern's recipe is, I think I used the word formulaic a few minutes ago, Stern's recipe is a bit formulaic, I'll, I'll admit that, but you know, it works. And you know what you're getting with those with those games, and the the rule sets are deep, and, and the games are fun, but uh, it, it's it's still approachable, and they they do put in a fair amount of, of R and D and and I think production quality into the games that will that would bring in someone who is not let's say a let's say a hobbyist player and draw draw them in it, it, for whatever reason. 
I, I know it sounds a, a little weird, but it, it works. It works. I just, I think about that, because when, yeah. when we came out here, the first, first machine I saw was Tron, and I really loved Tron. So <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. No, no, and, and I get that, and I think that the thing that you owe it to yourself to do is play some of the pinball machines away from the, the rattle and the noise of the crowd because you're not getting the full experience of what Stern offers on like a Tron or a Walking Dead or an ACDC or something like that. The sound is just as important on, on the pinball machine as is the theme, the rule set, and, and the execution of the art and the gameplay. And Stern does a fantastic job with, with the overall production there. So uh, ca catch Tron in a, in a closed room and you'll love it even more than you love it right now. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that there's a yeah. lot of you know, cool computer-y sounds. Call outs and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, and the, the music is just, it's just, it's good. So I think we feel about that the same way that you feel about the production and the theatrical quality of, of the new games. Uh, yeah, pinball would bring a tear to my eye. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. When you write the check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with pinball, we always write the check, yeah, don't we? Yeah. We always do. It's expensive. Um, uh, I guess my comment on this, uh, one... One side comment is talking about the immersion factor is one of the things that they're starting to do nowadays with the newer games is put headphone jacks uh, on the front. And so talking about immersion, you can get immersed, immersed in pinball pretty easily if it's done right. Especially the music games, Metallica in particular is great. Uh, they've done a great job with the soundtrack on that. And so you can, I mean, you can start to feel it, right? Uh, and that's fantastic. Um, so there's that. I think uh, as far as the IP is, are concerned, yeah, it draws people in. Um, how many pinball collectors like myself have bought a game because they love the intellectual property and realize that the game really sucks? Um, so X-Files comes to mind, uh, Starship Troopers. It doesn't suck, it's not great though. Um, with Starship Troopers, you should have known with Starship Troopers it was not going to be a good love game. Love the movie, though, right? Yeah. You're uh, the one. So, uh, I, I, th my, I think Whitney's right. Stern has done has done a really good job with their intellectual property stuff, especially lately. But they were in a rut there for a while, especially with the superhero stuff, um, to where it just seemed like it was the same old thing. Using, you know, just go on to the next superhero thing and. And we'll do the same old thing. They got formulaic. He used the word. I thought that was problematic. And I think using the intellectual property stuff in some cases uh, puts boundaries on the designer. And if you go out and look at some of the games out here that are not tied to an IP, you'll find some really innovative designs. Uh, go, yeah, weird stuff, but innovative. Go look at, uh, we talked about it last night. Uh, so sorry if you were here last night. Alex? No, what was his name? What's right yeah, here? Alex. Yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex was here last night. Go look at the machine bride of Pinbot. Not, uh, absolutely not tied to uh, some sort of uh, property. It was thought up in somebody's crazy brain. It's, a, it's about building a sexy robot and bringing her to life. It's overtly sexual game. Red flashers where the nipples are. No kids in here, I guess. You'll see a big rocket going up the legs, in between the legs. Totally sexual artwork. Brilliant game, though. This Brilliant. This line of conversation seems to be a pattern for you tonight, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, the West World of pinball machines. <laughs> yeah. Take it's Patrick's good line from me. <laughs> uh, uh, 
I'm done. Thanks. On the IP side, it, I'm not a console gamer. I'm not a modern gamer. But there was a, a few times in my life when I was laid up and watched the old G4 network. Remember that in the gaming? I come really close to buying a console just to play Kingdom Hearts because they had a Tron in like Kingdom Hearts 2. They had a Tron world, whatever that console it was on. But I know that there's some console and PC games that were IP based and they were sold based on the IP and the game itself is terrible. Mm. Oh, then, that runs rampant in oh, console games. Because yeah. they're just yeah. trying yeah. to cash yep. in. Yep. So you get the same thing in the pinball world in that you can cross over and have a terrible design and a good IP and the game doesn't sell. Or you can have a great IP and a terrible design. Avatar is a perfect example. I mean, has... Does anybody, does any movie make any more money than Avatar? Is it still like number one times like six? Mm -hmm. And the pinball didn't go anywhere. I mean, Stern will almost give you one if you take it. They're they're just everywhere. And uh, Ghostbusters is is a kind of an oddball example. Is it still relevant to anybody that's younger than 30, 35, 40? Not really. Not according to this past summer. No. <laughs> that game is selling like mad. But that's a cross of a fairly decent IP and a wonderful design. You know, I often said I'm not going to buy a game unplayed. And I watched a couple play videos. I know the designer and I like his work. I'm in. I'm buying the game. So Brent goes and buys a Ghostbuster and he said, Whitney, we, we, we got to go buy a Ghostbuster. And I'm like... Okay, I'll go buy Ghostbuster, and that's what we did. We bought Ghostbusters. They bought two. Yeah. Uh, when it was you said, bought two. When it was said, yeah, done, one for each of them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when it was said and done, we actually got four. Wow. Yeah. So I got yeah I got I roped two, sucker two more people into the deal. <laughs> I'll give you a hundred bucks for yours. I bet you will. <laughs> but real quick, you were talking about IPs back in the uh, days of the of Adam's family when the movies were out. One of the ways they were trying to decide if it was worth making that game best-selling pinball of all time, like 22,000 units. They would go out, the people from Williams Valley, and they would just walk up to a random person, you get shot today. And they would do, da-da-da-dun. And then everybody could finish the Adam, da-da-da-dun. And they were like, yeah. So that's what sold it for them. They're like, yeah, we've got to do this. Everybody knows that name. And it just happened to be that it was also a good design. It was a great name, yeah. Uh, you guys have anything Wait, you want I to have one other example. Oh, okay, go ahead. A, yep. I have another example on a bad, uh, good IP, bad game that's out here in the game hall, although I think it's broken. Uh, Back to the Future. Hmm. Pinball. Interesting. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building one now. That's not a good game. It's B- not highly B-J-P. recognized as a good game. Fight. BTTF. Fight. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. I love the movies. I know the movies Look, are here's great, the thing. but the game's not I can't really game. weigh in on pinball because I suck at pinball. Truthfully, if you guys want to feel good about your gaming abilities, just play me on any of these games yeah. out here. But you're right, Patrick. More. It's a the game isn't the best. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. an IP game for me. It's, it's right for a redo. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even Michael J. Fox on there, right? No, it's not. No, they yeah. couldn't. He wouldn't they couldn't get, get permission to put his. It's the, uh, it's the artist's son, I think. Yeah, I think he it's Yowsey's son. Yeah, it's My, generic Marty McFly. Marty. Um, he was like, "This game's gonna be terrible. I don't want my face on it." <laughs> okay. Welcome I, to hour two. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I, you know, I've I've played Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. 
so Game of Thrones, whether you're a fan of the property or not, okay, I, me personally, I'm not a fan of that property, okay? I've never even watched that show have, like, I have, like, negative one interest in watching Game of Thrones. That's right? why you're not a fan. Well, okay, and that, and that may be fair, but when you... I've played the game several times, and it, it is all, it feels like there is a play field sitting on top of a play field. There's, it's way too busy, and it feels it. It literally feels like I'm playing on a stack of pancakes. All right, that's just me. I, I just I just don't care for it. It's and a game it, within a game. It, it feels it it yeah. It feels like one and a half pinball machines. It's Very Shakespearean. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way I know to say it. Yeah. The. There, there's very few shots in it. I finally got to play a, a, a premium, or actually it was Ellie. Ellie premiums the same play field. And it's like five shots, and it's the definition of a fan layout. It's like shot, 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 shot. And then one of the shots will get you on the upper play field. And that's about it. And then, and then on the upper play field, you just go in circles until you drain and come back down. It's just, I don't know, it just feels weird. I had a chance to see it. What? Oh, wow. is, it, is that a big IP game for you that you would look at because of the IP? Yeah, definitely. Is it? Now, see, you may like it. You know, now. That's okay. Now, there's a there's a pro game. Stern does three tiers. And I guess this isn't in the video gaming world, is there? Where they they'll do tiered gaming for? I guess it's like in app purchases, but. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Well, we call it easy, uh, medium, and hard. Stern does three levels of games. The designer designs it with everything in it, bells, whistles, all of it. And then that will be the limited edition game, and that same play field and all those toys will be the premium game. <clears throat> and the differentiation between the premium and the LE is, is money and art, generally. Maybe a little better speaker or something, a shaker number. motor. And then yeah, limited, production. limited production on the LE. You're paying for exclusivity. Then the pro, they start cost reducing stuff. And they'll take out toys and features. Game of Thrones was like the worst offender. They took that whole play field off. Yeah. And I, I don't know, there's a black hole or some singularity there. I don't know. <laughs> singularity. I like but, that. But one, one property that I think is actually better as a pro than as a premium or an LE is The Walking Dead. I mean, to me, you you walk up to the Walking Dead Pro. I think it. I think that pro, the Pro version, the stripped down version of the Walking Dead, is way more fun than than the Premium or the Ghostbusters, LE. Ghostbusters Pro rocks. Yeah, yeah. ACDC is the same way. I mean, it, it slays as a Pro, but it just it feels a little like lumbering to me as as a Premium or an LE. So let's uh, close out with. We'll start with Adam on the end, and and you know it can be console, PC, pinball. Adam, what's a game you're looking forward to in the next year to two years that you oh, know wow. is coming out? Uh, Don't steal mine. That's a good question. Um, for a long time, I'm a fan of. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm more of a console gamer. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Have you guys have heard of that? And so for a long time, almost a decade now, it feels like the, the team Ico, Ico, depends what you want to call them, has teased The Last Guardian and finally here soon. I believe, what, I mean, December, yeah, like the next few weeks pretty much, we finally, after almost, it feels like a decade in development, we have uh, The Last Guardian as a PS4 exclusive. So I'm looking forward to The Last Guardian myself. Brent? 
So do you all know what games come out, or is it like super secretive? I mean, in the pinball, <laughs> Some of them we know. In the well, pinball we... world, they'll stab a nun if they think that the nun knows and they want to keep her quiet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they'll sacrifice that nun with zero concern for anything else. She's dead. Yeah, done. So you have no idea. No, well, Stern, Stern's the biggest uh, producer today. Yeah. Uh, Spooky and Jersey Jack are very small, so it's easy for them to stay tight-lipped. And Stern tends to leak like a sieve if they want Didn't to. Didn't the, what was it, the Mustang pinball machine when it came out a couple of years ago? Is that what I'm thinking of? There was one based on a car. Was it Mustang? Oh, I love Mustang. Oh. Mustang. That got leaked, it's, right? That's, like, everybody knew that. They all get leaked. Like, even I knew that game was coming that, out. That's one of the games that the IP didn't sell it. It hardly sold. And then everyone gave it a chance once they, I don't like Mustangs. The game rocks. Yeah, right. I love Mustang. But, um. It's kind of, the, the community's forever taught, Whitney and I were talking about this earlier, have talked about Iron Maiden. And that's always been a rumor. And Stern tends to joke with people, but there's been a few hints dropped. So we don't know, I don't know if it's a joke or if they're actually gonna produce Iron Maiden. And you know, I just, I just spent a lot of money on a premium game, and I would be hard-pressed not to do it again, especially if it was a designer I liked. If you find out a Thin Lizzy pinball machine is coming out, <laughs> sign me up. We can make you one. Yeah. Rolling Stones are cheap. We'll retheme it. Or yeah. Fog Hat. Fog Hat. <laughs> well, I am definitely going to buy the $100 DS, a 3DS, and I will also buy the Switch when it comes out. Uh, as far as the game that I want, Brent and I have talked about this on the show, I want a Dukes of Hazard pinball. Okay, uh, off, to you, off to you, Patrick. <laughs> With no Confederate flag, though, sorry. I, no, I like no, that. no, no, it's part of the no, show. Yeah. It's part of the show. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, rumor has it that there's a new... I have two answers to this. Okay. Rumor has it there's a new Star Wars game coming out. Right, from Stern, right? Yeah. Brent's looking at me. I wasn't aware of that, but it kind of wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been rumored. Yeah. As long as, as long as they've got the money to pay the mouse, because the mouse wants his money. Yeah. And Force Whitaker's in it, right, the Adam? The mouse will stab a nun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a sucker for these Star Wars games. Uh, so I'm looking forward to if if that does come out. I wish that they would do a Pink Floyd pinball game, but I don't think it'll ever happen. And then uh, on the more realistic front, I'm a Vectrex I've recently ah, started collecting Vectrex yeah. uh, games. Very nice. And I am on the list to get a uh, homebrew Vectrex game that is uh, a Vectrex version of Tail Gunner. Wow. You old arcade guys remember that? Tail Gunner? Are Rudy, there any yeah. Vectrex fans here? Yeah. I got something to show you when we're done. Okay. Hey, easy. Oh, yeah. It's not that kind of panel. Oh, I'm not. I'm <laughs> bored here. What about you, JP? Uh, I, and this is the one I thought Adam was going to say. Uh, Rockstar. I kept it for you. I kept it for you. Rockstar is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah. They just announced it uh, a couple, oh, yeah. about a month ago. Yeah. It's going to be a Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah. the, the sequel, which is technically the third Red Dead game. But uh, I'm a sucker for Rockstar games. Like uh, which GTA is like, 5. It's Grand Theft Auto in the West. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, with less hookers. Yeah. Well, maybe not this time around. Oh, really? Well, you never know. Hey, what have you heard? <laughs> yeah, I've never played that, but I've heard good things about it. It's fantastic, yeah. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Anything? Any big games the next 12 to 24 months you're looking forward to? Consoles, games? Look at this guy, double fisting. Yeah. Mm. Are you going to share, sir? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> We're looking no? for this panel to be Alice. over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. 
Amy, what game are you looking forward to? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't hide behind your friends now. Solitaire 2. The new Guess Who? <laughs> yeah. The new Guess Who. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Josh? <laughs> Have you been asleep? No. no. Good morning, Sunshine. Where's my knife? Carl? <laughs> He's thinking about that VR set. Mass Effect and Nice. Ah. Nice. Chase? Same thing. There you Leanna? Casey? Oh. Jared. Jared. Jared, what are you looking forward to? Second Red Dead. Maybe the South Park game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That'd be a good one. Tony, did you say? You said yours, right? <laughs> he said virtual butthole. Fra- fractured butthole. Fractured butthole. <laughs> virtual oh, butthole. Fractured butthole. That's right. a guess, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Hey, I, I didn't know if that was like a Terrence and Phillip yeah. play or what, what that was. <laughs> did I just hear virtual butthole? We thought that's what he said. <laughs> he almost had... No, that's what I thought he said. He yeah. almost had two spit takes right there. <laughs> That would be like a hot coffee. That's like a spit Gallagher theater. scene from yeah. hell. Like hot coffee right in the front row there. Now, what game are you looking forward to? You know, <laughs> virtual butthole. <laughs> the simple ones. Proctology Simulator 1. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and uh, the PC guys can attest to this. It, the simulator games are huge. It would not well, surprise. I mean, there's yeah. been a goat simulator game. That's, yeah, that's fun. Ish. Virtual, virtual butthole <laughs> proctology d- is not butthole out of uh, the realm of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a high note to end on yeah it is yeah, um, anything you guys want to add hey what's going on over here uh-huh. I'll make it my business buddy <laughs> oh, wow. what I'm looking forward to being football manager okay uh-huh thank you sir um any closing thoughts what? Are you heckling me now? I will come off the stooge. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what do you want to finish up with? I just say this has been a lot of fun. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Thanks for thanks for the open conversation, and it's uh, it's it's been great meandering everywhere, going oh, yeah. nowhere, but covering everything. So yeah, yeah that's I what I strive for. Where can folks find out about your podcast? Who's that oh, directed you're to? Talking, oh, my <laughs> bad. Oh, my bad. My bad. I thought you were <laughs> talking to Patrick. My bad. Uh, yeah, so, so Brent and I, we are brokentoken.com. Super easy to remember. Just one word. It rhymes. And go go find us. And uh, we're audio podcast once a month and just cover uh, classic arcade and pinball. So uh, we've been going, what, Brent, like four years now right at it? Yeah, yeah, four years or so. And almost 50 episodes in. Yeah, yeah, almost 50 episodes in. Uh, we... It's it's an odd thing. Our listenership rates our uh, rates our podcast in either the number of commutes or the, the uh, sheer number of hours that they can burn while listening to us. So we are a long format show, but it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, when he mean, when he says long format, he means like they can talk about Nintendo Coin Mex for fifty minutes in uh, straight. I, I mean, I will admit, I do love my Nintendo. That's just the way it goes. Uh, so uh, ours is GameRoomJunkies.com and also Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Hope to see all of you there in Atlanta in June. I can attest. That's a fantastic show to attend. I do enjoy that How one. How will Donald Trump describe it? It's huge. Huge. It's huge. It's yeah. wonderful. It's huge. Uh, they like me very much. <laughs>
If you like virtual buttholes, <laughs> you can and, listen to the Adam and JP on show. The cyber. <laughs> what a selling point. No, no. <laughs> uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Play, and at adamandjp.com. And we have these cards, so if you don't have one, come get yeah, one. Yeah, at least it makes you get or, these are really Or nice I can cards. try to throw them to you from the stage. <laughs> Does that sound fun? Yeah. <laughs> can I do one? Can I fulfill oh, like nice. uh, my... David Letterman. Okay. No, uh, JP, throw it. Throw oh, it. good. Oh. JP, you got to throw a gambit style where people lose their heads. Yeah. You know. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to aim at the people I know. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, oh nice. Nice. But well, thank you guys. This was fun. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Do you guys need a card? And you get a card. And you get a card. Okay, everybody, we're back, and we have uh, in the studio the good fortune of having uh, Joe, Jeremy, and Matt from the Louisville Arcade Expo sitting in with us. And, uh, guys, welcome to the illustrious Broken Token studio. We're glad that you guys braved come from all ends of town. And, man, you even brought food. How about that? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you set Excellent. a high bar for any future guest. Yes. yes Everyone should bring food. Yeah, especially like ranch dip, blue cheese dip, everything, man. Like awesome. A, a gallon of each. Yes. Yeah, he, he comes walking in with this box with, and he, he's got this look on his face like, I don't know where all this came from, but I've got it. <laughs> but I've got it. Would you say it was a tailgate pack? Is that what it was? Something like that, and I thought it'd be the right size, but uh, maybe too much food. It's, I, all, it's all good. I was like, who all showed up for this interview? <laughs> this well, we got some guest speakers. Is it the entire? Oh, we do. Yeah. No. 18 <laughs> people showing up. No, we appreciate you guys making making the time to come out and talk about uh, the 20, well, I almost said 2016, 2017 Louisville Arcade Expo. It's hard to believe that we're, what, at the time of this recording, six weeks away. So, I mean, so what's in store for uh, for the 2017 edition of the show, guys? I mean, I, I know it's right around the corner, but curious as to how uh, how you're going to mix it up and, and make it uh, make it good, make it fresh for everybody. Well, this is our uh, seventh show. Seventh, seventh year. And we're not, we're not going to have it. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the big reveal. <laughs> That's the big reveal. We're done. <laughs> we're out of here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> mic drops. The about. food was just a, like to bring us down softly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Yeah. That's how it goes. But also, uh, same place again, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th uh, at the beautiful Ramada Plaza Hotel. 1776 Point Side Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Plant Side Drive. Yeah, Plant Side yeah. Drive. Plant Side yes. Drive, yes. And, uh, you know, this year, uh, our featured speaker is going to be Jersey Jack. Um, his name is Jack, Jack Guarneri. 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 We might Guarneri. be pronouncing his name wrong, Very but everyone sorry, pronounces Jack. our last name wrong, too. So. It's, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Everybody, it's knows, all good. everybody knows Jack. So. Everybody knows Jersey Jack. So, yes, exactly. Uh, his dialed-in game will be there, which is a very cool game. Uh, we played it in Chicago. Yeah. I think you guys mentioned you played it at, uh, Nashville. at Nashville. the Nashville show. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. Uh-huh. And, uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really good. Real, you know, it's good to get uh, some new technology and pinball like that. So uh, we're looking forward to people seeing that. And uh, then uh, Jimmy Litzy, an uh, old operator friend of everyone here, is uh, going to do a talk. He might, he might take exception to the old part. Yeah, but, I was going to say, it's, not it's, really old. Old friend. It's I mean, true. He's old. I mean, we're all old friends, aren't we? <laughs> yes, no, we there are. There you go. I yes, mean, we are. Come we're, on, guys. We're brothers. Yeah, yeah I thought, okay. <laughs> we're brothers, not friends. I want everybody to know. That's what we just said there. But uh, then uh, Mike Mills, uh, he's done work uh-huh. with CPR. Uh, he's a, With uh, R.E.M. <laughs> R.E.M. Bass player for R.E.M. Uh, <laughs> it's not the bass player from R.E.M. we're talking about. You guys everybody. have stepped it up. That's all I know to say. Wow. Yes, wow. Wow. 
But uh, anyway, so he's going to uh, give a talk on uh, fixing up uh, old games, uh, sort of like a basics of buying games from mm-hmm. uh, for people who want to get into pinball and video games. And, you know, there's so many people out there that, uh, you know, they ask us all the time. They probably ask you, you know, where do you even buy a pinball machine? Uh, who fixes them? Mm-hmm. How do you fix them? Most people don't even know how to get in a pinball machine. Yeah. So, or, you know, let alone start one and play one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people have a hard time just getting in the hobby. And you know how it is. Like, you just buy one machine. And Brent, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, Broken Token Studio here, and it's probably at least 200 games I'm looking at right now. <laughs> it's, oh, it's massive. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You, you don't understand how hard it is to keep the echo down in this place yeah. just from the mammoth size of it. I mean, guys, if you go around that corner at the L, it just, I mean, it have just goes through on. The, have you been through on. the door yet? Yeah. Have you been through the door around the corner? <laughs> well, I think the fifty foot ceiling's really you know. Yeah, it really it really sets the stage, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Before y'all yeah. go too far, I'm like live streaming this and Instagramming a lot, so uh well, we just don't want to show all the machines. No, no like, I, I, don't I don't want to show all the 250. Dude, yeah. I've already shown no. about well, you, I mean, 50 to 100 right now. I mean, now. you mentioned a 50-foot ceiling. There is a pipe organ all the way at the Did end, you, at the end nice. of the room. Have you, so, yeah. have you shown the uh, the complete rock of fire expo- explosion band? I've got that uh, on the corner. No, not yet. I, okay, I wish okay. I hadn't brought yeah. that up. Well, but yeah, yeah, well. I, I'll show it when, I, when it's in my truck on the way no, out of okay. here. There's no, there's no clothes on them, so you don't want to show <laughs> no, them. No, no, no. I'd like to point out to all our listeners out there that Joe Stith is actually in the studio with us this year, where last year he was on an astromech projection. If you guys remember, the droid was just projecting his holographic. <laughs> but he's actually here in the studio with us talking. So no, it's, we get, we've got it's all, nice to have the three musketeers. Well, it, it is. It is. We've got all three guys. Thank you very much. And yes, yes. Uh, this podcast brought to you by what was it bw3 uh yeah and ziggy the clown yeah right so thank you ziggy yeah, Piggy. yeah. yeah. Z- ziggy is short-lived though i will say that so brent we're gonna have to get a picture of ziggy as much as i hate to do it and i'm not going to use my phone to capture a picture of the clown either so we'll have to use yours you'll text it to me i'll post it and i'll you know duly uh, uh delete it you know what I will do. Z- i'm starting to think ziggy might have to make an appearance at the little arcade expo jeez man <laughs> not not by our table Look, man. notice how they all got quiet not yeah. one of them looked up uh-huh. I would oh, love. I would love to have Ziggy oh, there myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Ziggy for everybody's benefit is, uh, it's it's kind of it's a coin operated clown that that pushes like uh, you know prize prize balls or whatever. I don't even know how you would even say it. It's he whistles uh, at you. Yes, he does. Uh, the the he prize balls as he are the souls of the previous players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's the it's the it's and the, the soul most still burns. Yes. Nice. So so with that that sounds like a sounds like a good lineup. Whitney's I mean, like let's talk about anything but the clown. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I want to move let's it on the from clowns. the clown. Yeah. So so guys, it sounds like a good lineup seminar wise, guest wise, and everything like that. So I, I know that we were talking a little bit before we start, you know, hit the big red button to start to record. You said that you're going to have some uh, some bands there this year as well. So how how does that play itself out? Yeah, so uh, the big man plan is Bit Brigade. They're playing Saturday night and they are awesome. Um, you definitely should check out some YouTube videos of them. Okay, so um, so for everybody who doesn't know anything about them can you just kind of briefly describe what their you know what their claim to fame or i guess kind of what their stick is yeah so the so a band plays live while someone is playing the console game okay um, which uh usually is like uh ninja gaiden or they play really really difficult games but they also play games that have amazing music on the original nintendo so like ninja gaiden or mega man 2 or metroid or even the legend of zelda yeah the guy who so it's a five member band last time i checked but one of the guys is playing the Nintendo Live, and then they just uh, what? Hit the table. Oh, is, it, is that coming on there? Me the table? Yeah. My bad. It's it's all good. We we can take care of that in post, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, cool. it's, all, it's all fine. Sorry, sorry. Oh, really? 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I, I don't. No, uh, we're leaving that in. Yeah, I don't get behind that a stays. mic very often, so I don't know these things. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, um, so while he's playing, the rest of the band plays the music. So they take the game and they remove all of the music and they leave the sound effects in. So it's really, really cool to see him defeat, you know, bosses and many bosses and them, or even if he dies, which is very rare because the dude who plays is incredible. They'll play the music correctly with. He's like, okay. Two guitars, <laughs> a bass, and, and a drummer. And, I mean, he's no just Yeah, the musicians are amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Incredible. musicians are amazing. Yeah. The gap playing the game is amazing. When, it's, it's when you all were talking about it, I was thinking of uh, um, some of the bands of the 70s, like James Brown. He would His band didn't know what he was going to do, and they had to react to him. As, and yes. If, if they missed... Like he did an arm motion, they missed, he find them. Right. And I just can't imagine even that, let alone trying to follow a video game. Right. I mean, it's just amazing. Right, so these guys, you know, they have their little tricks they do, I'm sure, but uh, to, you know, to everyone watching, it's just astonishing. Yeah, yes. You know? Yeah, yes. Their, their level of memorization on the games and the music has to be unbelievable because they never, I can't remember one instance of them missing anything. Or, or being out of yeah. sync with each other. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Not yeah. at all. It was incredible. And they played at the Replay FX show uh, we saw them up there, and uh, they played in town a couple times at Zanzibar and uh, Haymarket. So okay. they're amazing. If anywhere anyone's listening, you should check out their tour dates and yeah, check them out. No, oh, awesome, or, awesome. Or come to the Little Market Expo. Or come to March thirty. Yeah, they, they could. They could. Do where's that, that, that as at? Well. Where's that at, Joe? Jeremy? Seventeen seventy six Plant Side Drive. Okay, there. <laughs> now hold on. Now the zip on that is four zero two nine nine. In case you didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Excellent. So, so let me ask you guys this from a, from a layout perspective for everybody who's who's been Wait, to the well, show we got prior. Some, we got some other bands. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm oh. sorry. I'm no. getting ahead of myself. Yeah, My you got some other bands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the other the other bands, the Mad Gear. Um, they're from Middle Tennessee. I'm not exactly sure where in Middle Tennessee, but that's close enough. <laughs> um, and they're gonna be Somewhere. playing Friday Central night. Tennessee, right next uh, to Central. They're gonna Tennessee. be doing SNES and Sega Genesis. Sega Sega Genesis uh, songs. They'll okay. be playing Friday night. Yeah. So okay. So so they have a sax player, which is awesome. Okay, so so are they just covering music out of those games, or how does, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, for the most part. Like, really, really iconic games from that era. Okay. That's the era where, like, sampling started happening, so you could do a lot more than just FM and, and synth-type stuff. Yeah. So they do, like, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, some of those really popular, like, JRPGs, for the few listeners who know what that means. But um, good stuff. It's, it's amazing. It sounds incredible. Okay, awesome. So it sounds like a, a whole weekend full of full of music. Then it's going to work out well. So yeah, and then of course we always have a big costume contest, which is amazing to see. Um, what is the turnout on that usually? I mean, as far as number of people, because it's usually really, really good. Yeah, like last year's I think we had maybe Five, forty or fifty. Oh yeah, Jeremy, yeah. come on. <laughs> the, the dude who won, what his outfit? He basically was a real life size Bowser or King Koopa. Yeah, and he had put it all together to where I think this dude was like five foot nine or five foot ten, but he was about eight feet tall. Oh, gee. with everything put on top of him, and then he had his like son dressed as Mario, and he couldn't walk that well because you know he has eight feet worth of like foam yeah dragon dinosaur turtle stuff on his body so his son was kind of leading him along and it looked like geriatric bowser hit the like, mario felt bad for his old nemesis so he's leading him up to the stage it was it was awesome we, we've got some pictures of that somewhere too so we'll we'll try to share those up again yeah it's so good they it's it's always amazing to see um and then uh this year we're giving away for our raffle a pac-man um, so uh, just like normal, if you bring two canned goods uh, or a jar of peanut butter, well, actually, two canned goods, you get a ticket or a dollar, um, or it's uh, 
I'm sorry. I'm no. getting lost on the rules. Oh, wow. My bad. It's been a year. <laughs> we're we're, we're not going to give you a dollar for two games. <laughs> sorry. No sorry. money goes to you. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Go the, ahead. You just I, take over. I, well, if the, I can remember this right. The rules have gotten too complex here. Basically, you can, you can either buy raffle tickets mm-hmm. or you can give two canned goods um, to get a raffle ticket. And, and how does the jar of peanut butter figure in? Now we this? have jar yes. of peanut butter and tuna. Um, those are the things that the uh, uh, Dare to Care, the food bank for Louisville, um, they want a lot of tuna and, and uh, peanut butter because there's a lot of protein and stuff. And, and that helps... Uh, you know, families a lot better than just like a can of green beans. Yes. So you um, get a so you we get, get a bonus ticket. Yeah, you yeah. Get, each get a bonus ticket for each one. So that's yeah. that's definitely the way you want to go is peanut butter and tuna. Okay. But, and uh, we'll have all that lined out on the website and on Facebook. But uh, of note, the person who won last year, who won F fourteen, gave all tuna. I think several hundred cans of tuna yeah. is, is oh, what wow. he entered yeah. in to I win. about 200 cans of tuna he brought in. Yeah, we crazy. had Whoa. so many canned goods last year. We gave away that F-14. Steve Ritchie was there, you know, and uh, man, so many people brought in food. We raised a lot of money for uh, Cozair Children's Hospital. Right. And uh, man, the canned goods, a uh, little canned goods story for you. When we were taking the canned goods to uh, Canned goods can bank, be a little heavy. Yes. A giant, uh, a giant crate of canned goods is uh, extremely heavy. So we get it on the lift gate, get it to the truck, take it to the food bank. When he says giant canned goods, by the way, he's talking about a pallet that yes. has, that is probably stacked six to eight feet tall. Full. Oh my goodness. Yes. And, and full and Whoa. strapped down. Yeah. So shrink wrap. Shrink yeah, wrap. You know. We're not talking like, you know, a couple of totes. We're yeah. talking. Yeah, a massive. You're, you're hundreds of pounds of food. Yes. yes, yes. So Jeremy and I take it to the food bank, and uh, we're back in the truck, and and you know, we it open has the a flat door. tire. Well, no, we open it up, and it was no. fun. It was fun. at that point. Yeah, and then the guys taking it off, right? And that one's a disaster yes. happened. Right. It yeah. was not our fault. No. Oh, I like how you pointed that out. Clearly not our fault. Right. I mean, we yeah we put those furniture <laughs> we put those furniture little dollies underneath the pallet because we didn't have a pallet jack. Yeah. And when we when we had those on there, well, he, he had like a forklift. He's trying to get the forklift underneath it with those furniture dollies. And when he was bringing it up, he, he brought it up a little bit, and he had the angle a little bit wrong. And the next thing you know, this whole entire thing of canned goods just falls over, and it just shoots out like a cannon. All these canned goods everywhere in the <laughs> oh back of a 16-foot moving truck. Oh, wow. I mean, there's canned yeah. goods everywhere. Yeah. We took pictures. It's pretty it, funny. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just had to laugh because, I mean, we, we were completely tired at this point. Moving everything is like one of our last things we're going to do. Yeah. We're, and and we're, by far the heaviest, I'm sure. Yes. And, and, yeah. and actually, this is the last stop before we return the truck because it's right next to that, – that was our plan. So we can just get rid of the moving truck, too. And then it's like, okay, it's going to at least take – an hour to clean up all these clean, canvas. clean this up yeah that's how that's how the little arc expo 2016 is gonna end <laughs> hey, jimmy what was the final tally like 900 or close to a thousand pounds or something oh i can't remember the pounds yes it was a uh, lot i can't remember i think we wrote it down on our website i think it's on there i want to say it was right around a thousand pounds well i was really proud of everybody that came out too because i think the year before we were five or six hundred pounds which we were very excited for that but to go almost double or maybe we did do double that's that's incredible and we hope that everybody can continue doing that so we can start showing up you know like carl casper who only gives like thirty thousand pounds or something like that now you know another thing uh, another thing like the reason we do the peanut butter and you know like they were saying before about the peanut butter and the uh getting the bonus ticket and the tuna to get uh, more of that for the people. 
a lot of people sometimes bring like those little cans of tomato sauce or little cans yeah. of mushrooms. They, they just they have no real nutritional yes. value at all. And that's yeah. just not cool. I mean, it's technically yeah. a can, but I think we are going to put something on the website too that we're going to... Like a minimum size. Yes. Like an it's got to be a standard size. Yeah. yeah. 12-ounce can or whatever the... Because that, that's kind of that's kind of skirting the... It is. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it it's is. not cool to game the system. Yeah. For know. that. For yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. For that and in, in, in that way. For sure. Yeah. But so, all the money the, that's raised this time is actually going to go to Gatlinburg Relief Fund. Um, I think it's is that what it's called? The I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's through their uh, their chamber of commerce down there. Yeah, because they had that you know that terrible fire and everything. Yeah. So we want to try to help out everybody down there. Yeah, and so, so. You know, we we actually have listeners all over the world, and for folks that may not realize, Gatlinburg is uh, a kind of a popular tourist area in Tennessee, which is a neighboring state to Kentucky, and it was just a massive fire that they had here in just a couple months ago yeah and devastated the area a lot of folks without homes a lot of loved ones lost so that's awesome yeah no that's that's great that's great i mean when you think about it if if they're the benefactor if they're the benefactor of that i mean that's that's a significant that's a significant windfall and, and it all adds up you know i mean even even if it's even if it's you know nine hundred thousand pounds, and then then the money's the money's change hand. I mean, it's it's yeah, gr- the, it's great that you're doing. Yeah, the that. money money goes to them, and then yep. the canned goods will go to the local yep. dare to care. Yep, yep, so, understood, yeah. understood. No, that that's great. It's good that good that you guys are making it a force a force for good, so to speak. So yeah, that's so, awesome. So the two bands we talked a little bit about the costume uh, contest yep. and the game giveaway, Pac Man and canned goods and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few seminars. So and that's awesome too. seminars and layout. Whitney, you asked yeah, about layout. Yeah, I'm always curious about that because every year you said uh seventh year or so every year the layout feels different is different i, I guess and, and so i'm kind of curious as to how, how how you're mixing it up uh, how you're mixing it up again where's this the, year where's the fire eater going this year yeah exactly <laughs> fire eater fire eater yeah you're not having a fire eater this year fire eater are you talking about <laughs> you're not talking about flaming finger are you no oh, you're talking about, about like real... a circus fire eater yeah, where, where, where does he keep his swords you know, at, man? I, think, I think the oh, wings or the hot sauce kind of like slowing down my me. brain actually it's Ziggy the Clown really <laughs> I, I know dude I, I know and, you, and you know what I'll give you all the props for, for sitting as close to him without you, pulling a weapon on do you him notice so good that, for you do you notice that I sit in such a way that he looks like over my shoulder at you all i tell you what you need to put like a little air pump and just have it so it kind of like blows like just like a little <laughs> like right on the back it's like wait did he just blow air yeah. <laughs> that'd be so creepy yes yeah um, right, anyways so- okay so as far as the layout um so as you know we have a one big twenty thousand square foot room and then we have twenty thousand square foot yeah okay. and then, it's actually 22 is it okay well, don't yeah. sell yourself short give or take yeah. and that's just the main room and then we use other rooms too so yeah like yes the main room yeah. yeah and then we and then we had the uh um, the little ballroom off the side of it um, that we had the food and that's where we had all the uh, seminars and stuff um, what we're going to do this year because that also turned into a big traffic jam um, we're moving the seminars across the hallway on the outside um, so that way you just walk outside you go down the hallway and it's completely away from the main event area so that way it's always quiet Okay, you can definitely hear all the speakers and stuff and make um, it a lot easier to record them as well. Absolutely. So, you got, so that, you that, that. that'll be greatly and, appreciated. And if you think yes. about it, the food's yes. not in that same room, so you're not going to have people that want to get food or drink. Yeah. They don't have to wait till the seminar's over or yeah. 
interrupt the seminar and open yeah. the door and then you hear all the games and stuff. Yeah. And you don't have concession sounds in your in your seminars too. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So so what we're gonna do with that room, um, since the seminar is moving out, we're gonna move the vendors, uh, some vendors into there. Okay. So we're gonna have a lot of the vendor tables set up in there. Um, and and then that way we're gonna basically shift um, a lot of the vendors from the main area over that way and that opens up a lot of space in the main event area okay which in the back right corner is where we're going to put the uh, a real full-size stage so that's where we're going to have the bands play they're going to okay. be in the main the main area so that way you don't have to you know walk to another room to hear the band or you know you can even play games while you're listening to the band yeah um and which we, is cool because i usually end up yeah. missing out on the bands oh, because yeah, i'm soaked into something else and yep. then it's like oh yeah i've right. forgotten all yeah. about the band yeah, yeah. And, it'll, and it'll be a completely on the opposite side from the pinball tournament area so people that are you know don't want to hear you know a band or you know worried that's gonna be too loud it's not gonna be that loud hopefully on the other side of the room yeah um the other the other thing that uh will be on the main stage would be the costume contest too yeah um and at the, there might be some other things we haven't really laid down the, the event schedule Probably the yet. charity raffle Yes, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, and then also we're gonna we were talking about that today, but we're definitely gonna use the PA speakers on the stage for doing the announcements versus the um, the hotel, um, you know, clean up nine twelve. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> 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 the, 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 the supermarket the supermarket system. Baseball guy. Yeah. I'm having trouble with the radar, sir. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Whitney hasn't seen Spaceballs. No, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it one time. This oh, interview's one time. over. Yeah. This interview's over. Wow. This is how they always go. My you know? Yeah. No, I've seen it one time. The last few shows, guys, I've mentioned a movie. He's like Whitney's. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Have y'all seen the Black Hole from Disney? I got it. I got it on DVD. Do you? Yes. Whitney's yeah. never seen it. We grew it. up on that, dude. Oh, you're, we have, have Black Hole lately? toys. No. Brent. Okay. Is it hold up? I just. Oh, it's really creepy. Uh, yeah. It's like really Ziggy creepy. Yes. I just watched it over. Christmas break that we were as talking, one does we, we were talking about it uh, early December <laughs> Joe shaking his head like <laughs> we talked early December Have and this other guy gym? see the black hole and I was like wait no I want to you can't it's not on Netflix it's not it's not visually available anywhere it's that good of a movie. You can only have it on DVD. I've got it on VHS. Okay. Or VHS. We have black hole toys, Jeremy, you know, when yes. we were kids. We still have them. It's yeah. so messed up. That's it's awesome. Like, it's, it's amazing. It was a space it's, movie it's in 1980, good, you know. Disney so. didn't want to put their name very, on it because the robot dark. killed a guy. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, it's, it's not good. just him. Wow. It killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Sorry. Joe's like, I, I don't know what's black going hole. on. And Whitney's like, I don't care. Yeah, for, for a split <laughs> second, I thought you all mispronounced Black Cauldron. I didn't know what the hell was happening. Wow. <laughs> last unicorn. <laughs> when the last eagle flies. <laughs> all kinds of stuff's coming out in this, uh, isn't it? This it is, is awesome. man. It's, it's awesome. It's have you awesome. seen Last Unicorn, Whitney? No, I have not. No. no. This interview's over. Should I? Um, yeah, because there's going to be a Last Unicorn pinball coming out next year. Um, the LE, the Pro, Premium. Nice. There, uh, there. Uh, surely there will only be one of each, right? Well, yeah. Surely yeah. there will yeah. only be it's one. That's yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, just, it sounds compelling. I, I will say that. It sounds compelling. All right, so before I derailed us, yeah. and, like totally derailed us, uh, main stage in the back corner, mm-hmm. uh, or the opposite corner of the room from where the pinball um, uh, tournament is. You want to talk a little bit about the pinball tournament? No. Okay. All right. Uh, so no, actually, uh, what we're going to do, uh, <laughs> we're so, not having so Papa, Papa again is coming down. Um, you know, Mark Simon and, and his crew. Uh, I, I can't remember. I don't want to, I'm going to forget somebody, but Fred, Elizabeth, um, John, Trent, um, Trent uh, all those guys are, they're going to, and girls, they're going right. to come down and uh, run the tournament again. 
Um, so I don't know exactly what the schedule is for the Papa Circuit, but the Papa Circuit actually ends, I think, right before our show. Um, so we're not really part of the Papa Circuit. We're kind of like miss it because they, they kind of shifted um, the circuit. So we're, we, we kind of missed the 20, quote unquote, 2016 um, pinball circuit. I see. So, um, I mean, so, and, and, so that's, and then, then twenty seventeen this year or what? Yeah, it, okay. it actually was new for last year. Oh, I and see. So, so 2017's schedule for the circuit hasn't came out yet. Oh, uh, I so see. So it's a possibility we'll be on it, but it's actually kind of like a voting process. So it's um, if we were on it, we'd, we'd probably be the first stop, but um, it's not guaranteed, and we probably won't even know up until the, until the beginning of the show. Oh, I figured wow. they'd have to line that out soon so people could travel. Yeah, well, people so. still are coming to play in the tournament. The tournament will be the same. Same guys running it, run the same way, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. It's just it's just that official circuit designation where yeah. it's like a circuit stop for so many points. For, for points, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and so then what we're uh, – yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So it's going to be the same type of format. Um, you know, as last year. All so, this is subject to change. Yeah, no, so, un- yeah, understood, yeah. understood. Yeah. Now, just looking back at last year, uh, seemed like definitely the the biggest, best organized version of the show yet. I mean, Brent and mm-hmm. I talked about that several times. I mean, can so you give it, just saying that because you're all here? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so can you get can you give us any type of ideas like the total number of, of arcade games and pins that made it there last year and and what Man, you guys should have totally brought this. We could easily have got that number for you. Okay. Um, oh, it's no problem. I'm gonna. We, we should have. We should have asked the show organizers. Yes, exactly. Huh? Yeah. Only yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there were 500 of each. Okay, excellent, excellent. Sounds good. Uh, I was trying to make a Camaro reference there, but forget it. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say roughly uh, like probably about 180 pinball machines and probably 80 ish. Arcade, uh, there were a lot of arcades. arcades. I would have thought uh, you. Oh no, you're right. Remember, uh, that, no, you're. I'm way off. Dave, right? Yeah, Dave. Dave, Dave brought forty man, something games. Dave brought forty games. I mean, he needs a pro. He needs some props on this. My and goodness. I, I spoke actually spoke with Dave um, last night. He's a local for listeners of the show. He is lined up to bring just as many this year. Yeah, I mean, what a hero. And he was know? so cool about it too. Like yeah. he had that really nice truck, and he'd bring like six at a time, and, and we'd be like, "Hey, do you need some help on these? Nah, man, I got these. This is no I big got deal." My wife. Yeah, like, is that what he said? Well, I mean, no, his wife was wheeling games yeah, out too. At the end, like, his wife was wheeling them out on the dolly. Well, he just awesome. kept coming and going, and we were yeah. like, "Man, dude, you don't have to do all this." And, he, and he's like, "No, nah, man, you, uh, we love what y'all do," and and I, I, we were just astounded. It was amazing what what all he did. Yeah, nicest incredible. guy in the world. It was he was. So we're talking nice. about the same Dave, right? Dave Musket. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Well, no, he is. He's a great guy. Yes, very good. At, at one point, I was walking through the show floors during setup, and it was just like all the just there, there must have been twenty games just like randomly stuck in a group that hadn't been set in a line yet, and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I was like, "Where did all this come from?" All it was Dave. Just wheeling in games, just because it was snowing at that point in time. Yes. He was doing it in yeah. the snow. Somebody yeah, really yeah. needs to give him a sixty and one board. <laughs> yes. I mean, really. That's it. Just one, just one board, and sixty games done. But yeah, you know, he brought so many games, and of course, you know, the Cincy crew, Phoebe, and all them. I mean, you know, they they bring so many games. To everybody's show, you know, you can't give them enough props for sure. Um, it's just amazing the people that always come every year. Yeah, you know. I mean, how, how are you guys? How are you guys going to set up the floor as far as as far as how the games are organized? Is it going to be like last year where everything's kind of intermingled a little bit and uh, it kind of it kind of way it kind of weaves itself you know in and around the the perimeter yeah. of the room or it's, what? Yeah, it's not finalized yet, but it's going to be uh, 
right now it's going to be very similar to last year where it's going to have those little pockets so to speak around the around the edge but yeah um, uh, we we were taking a lot of uh, feedback, and we always like feedback um, from people from the previous year as far as like what they think would be a good idea um, for the show or what they like to see and stuff. And one one person made a good point that when they walk down an aisleway and they're playing some games, and then they want to get out of the aisleway, well, it gets really crowded up front, you uh-huh. know. So it's very hard to. You know, you just get like a traffic jam at the end of every one of those aisles. So it'd be great if we can somehow figure out how to open up the ends of the aisles. So that way, they're just you can you can kind of loop through stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have a layout that's that's on paper that can do that. But okay, um, I, I, it's not finalized, and it's really just also the power layout to make sure you're not walking over a ton of extension cords or even yeah. those little cord covers. You know, because that that just gets annoying to yeah. also walk over cord covers. So yeah, no, understood, and it's dangerous because anybody could trip, and then you've got mm-hmm. you got a situation on your hands that, that you never wanted. So yeah, yeah, just trying to help somebody out. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention too, Whitney. Um, we have a really awesome crew of people that help field and and put together all the consoles and stuff. Yep. So I think we fielded like 115 or 120 of those as well, thanks to the awesome volunteers that we have. But I also wanted to give a shout out to Ken Yoder, who runs a company called Bluegrass Ecycle and the bajillion CRTs and sometimes some LCDs as well that he actually brings to the show and stores for us is an immense help. Oh, that's cool. Towards yeah, putting that's all that cool. together. So he's just an awesome dude, and, and their company is really cool too. They'll, they'll take almost anything. A lot of times if you're a business, they'll come out and pick up some of your you know electronic waste. So yeah. it's a much better way to get rid of that stuff than to throw it in the trash and have it you know leach into the earth. Yeah. And, yeah. and he takes stuff at the show, too. If somebody wants to bring some old electronics they want to recycle. you know. Oh, so he's going to have a bin set up again this year? Yeah. 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 Right. That's awesome. I'll probably unload some hard drafts <laughs> with him at <laughs> yeah. this point. Well, I've been to Ken's shop. He's actually got a shear. Yeah. And he yes. will slice a hard drive in half. In yeah. I, I've, I've been down there. Last year, I took, um, I think, Brent, I was talking about it on the show last year i think i took a little over a hundred hard drives down to his place and i stood there with the guy and we sheared we sheared every single one of them together so ran ran them all through that because i used to actually shoot them i would use them for target practice but they were (laughs) like make sure they're gone just make sure they're gone but they they're they're actually really usable after you uh, i'm dead shot buddy what are you talking about man you you, are you hiding something we don't know about what's going on here that's a lot of hard drives. That's a lot of hard drives. It You're is. right. Well, good, it, good catch, Joe. It, it, was, it was the only time in my life that I've disposed of hard drives because I would just keep them. You know, being in IT and just what we have set up at our yeah. house and all that, as I just upgrade hard drives, I would just stick them the off to data the side. Center. That's exactly right. You know, on the East Wing. Yeah, I would just stick them off to the side. <laughs> off to the side. And uh, and it just got to a point where I tripped over I tripped over them for years, and it's like I'm done. I'm taking these things and getting them. They're gone. So, But I have, I have uh, amassed more since then. And so, yeah, it'd be good to download some of them. So it's awesome. So, Joe, let's talk a little bit about the console and the computer side of the house. Yes. Um, it's not just U.S. consoles and home computers. I mean, the the your, You and your crew bring in an eclectic collection. I mean, it's stuff from all over the world, right? Yeah, we try to make it as like crazy as possible. So the computer side, it's a little bit easier to do that because in Europe in the early 80s, they had all sorts of random crazy things. I think we talked about this one, of, bit, one yeah. of the one other times I was here out of the like bajillion that I've missed. Like the Armstrad, the BBC Micro, mm-hmm. yeah. the Sinclair. ZX Spectrum, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we try to throw that stuff in there along with, you know, 
there's actually a ton of random stuff from Japan, of course. So a lot of people love to see that stuff, and it freaks out folks who have heard of you know these popular titles. Let's say Castlevania, for instance, that actually didn't start on the Nintendo. It started on the MSX computer. Yeah. So MSX is not any. That was actually a Microsoft standard that the Japanese really enjoyed. So for some reason, they made a ton of games for that. Konami did. And that's where I think even Contra started there, too. So it's just a really weird historical fact. Of course, Contra is a big deal now because of the Nintendo, but it actually got its start there on the MSX system. So people like to play that type of stuff. And yeah. so you, earlier you said C, and then you just said play. This isn't like a uh, just an observe-it type of museum type of a deal. You can come in, and these systems will be set up. Everything from the ones we know and love stateside, the Atari 2600, our, our version of the NES, all that fun stuff and the machines you just mentioned, and, and you can play them. Absolutely, yeah. That's what makes it super fun. So you get to see the differences in between all the different regions. So, for instance, Europe used a different format, PAL, instead of NTSC, I don't, for all the nerds out there. And what's cool about that is it runs a little bit slower, and there were a lot of weird laws back then. So we got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the States. However, at the Louisville Arcade Expo, you can play the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because the word ninja was censored in Europe in the 80s and 90s. Oh. Huh. I'd heard the different titles, but I didn't realize why. Yeah, it's just some random thing, I guess. I don't think they're that way now. I guess it's the opposite, whereas we censor like nudity, they censor violence. I don't know if that's the way it kind is. Kind of analogous. Or, or, a good theory. Yeah. yeah. Good theory. So. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, as far as like buy, sell, and trade, um, I know anything and everything you can do in the parking lot. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of games that change hands at the expo, and it seems like it's it's a really good venue for for people who may want to bring some games, uh, bring them into the expo, line them up, put a price on them, sell them, uh, do do some swap and shop, so to speak. Um, it, how how does that how does that work from from the vendor perspective? I mean. Uh, what what have you all what have you seen available for sale at prior shows that people could count on being there? I mean, are people well, going to be able to come in and buy like game cartridges or art you know artwork or posters or all of the above and, and more or what? Yes, yes. There's uh, we always have vendors there. They're selling old games, uh-huh. uh, cartridges, stuff like that. Uh, there's plenty of artists. Uh, you know, we always have lots of artists like uh, Rusty Shackles um, and. Uh, we have a lot of different artists that show up. We have people that do um, portraits. We have people that do books, posters. Rusty Shackles does some really awesome, like, old-school reimaginings of, like, game cartridge or game box art. Yeah. So some of your favorite titles, like Burger Time, for instance, he'll redo the poster in his iconic style, but he'll try to mesh it with what Data East was going for. Mm-hmm. Ends up looking incredible. They're really cool. I have a ton of his stuff. I make him sign it all, too. He doesn't care. <laughs> and then uh, we, there's a guy named Adam Hicks who will, who will do a portrait of you in a style that you want. So if you want to... A lot of times... He will do like a transformer version of you. So if you want to be a transformer, if you want to be like Brentacon, then he will <laughs> Chevy Camaro. <laughs> he will do that for you live, and it's pretty cheap. It's like fifteen bucks or something like that, or maybe yeah. even less than that. So he's really cool. He does some stuff. And then we have a, a chick named Bardic Kitty who does metallurgy. So if you want some Triforce like earrings or something like that, she'll she'll make that for you. And or if you want a bracelet or something, she has all of her tools there, so she can do that type of stuff. I think there's a quilter uh, or a uh, not like needlepoint um, 
Vendor. Yeah, there's someone Vendor. who does some knitting, and yeah, I knitting. bought several yeah. stuff, several things from her. Like some knitting, she did some, well, like some game, knitting. Yeah, you know. And yeah. she did like a, a Mario, like holding up the L. Let me do it correctly for those with the video feed, and um, just some other really cool, just you know, classic game characters interspersed with Louisville. Or it's, say, is it L for Louisville or L for loser? Like you held it over Jeremy's head. For Luigi. How oh, is it? <laughs> nice. Good answer. Good answer. Nice. But uh, as far as like uh, game vendors, uh, Larry Kitchen of Flipping Out Pinballs, there, he's a Jersey Jack distributor. Uh-huh. Uh, so he'll have dialed in uh, that new game to play. If you, you know, if somebody wants a Hobbit or Waz, he'd be the guy to talk to. Uh, Trent Augustine of uh, Tilt Amusements, he always brings some new games in box. Yeah. Um, and then they usually set some games up in the tournament that they sell. Uh, but like uh, he should be bringing an Aerosmith, as far as we know right nice. now. So that'll be that'll cool be to nice. see. Yeah. Um, whether or not you like the band or not, you know, it's always nice to see new games. It, it is. It's good to um, see new pinball, man. No doubt. Yeah, new pinball is always good. Yes. One of the interesting things I've always you all have hit on it with the vendors in terms of you're not going in and it's just not like a parts swap and shop per se. It's yeah. it's really great for the families that just come, and it's really cool if you're heavy into the game scene whether it's console or home computer or arcade or pinball if you want something that's a little different yeah. if you want something to decorate your game room or just something cool yeah that's that's one uh yeah one one other thing about the vendors um we we do take a, a while or we do spend quite some time to make sure that we have a pretty good selection of vendors to make sure we don't have like 10 that just sell the same thing you yeah. know because we we do have we don't have a lot of space for vendors but we also want to make sure there's a lot of selection and to make sure the vendors do well and stuff yeah um but yeah. like like you're saying to make sure even like you know families that are coming that are not necessarily have games they can buy stuff that are about arcades yeah mm-hmm. i mean my you know, daughter things. always loves to walk through and pick up a couple yes. of things because it, it seems like it's very kid friendly yeah. and, and i think that's maybe the best way to say it, yeah, it or, or family focused absolutely yeah. that's, that's what we're going for yeah and, you know and we're not a you know and a lot of people that come to our show expect us to be sort of a part show yeah you know? we're not a part show at all you know, we're pinball, video games, console games, and just like retro good time. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, if you're looking for some kind of weird part, we're probably not the show to come to to do that. You know, there's plenty there's of people called, online. Uh, Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. thing called the internet. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yes. But so, yeah, I just want to make sure that people understand, you know, that's that's not the kind of show we are. Yeah. So. Understood. Yeah. Understood. We, we also have uh, The Destination. They're a local comic place, and they bring a lot of cool pop culture stuff. Jeremy said something Jer- funny. Messed me up. Sorry. Uh, he did a he Bill, seen- Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey quote. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so they bring a lot of cool stuff similar to what you were talking about, Brent. And, and it's just, just Whitney, nice. have you seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Uh, yes, I have. Thank have you, you. seen yeah, Bill and Ted? I'm good on that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, about the, what about the second one? I, no, no. I've got all that squared, squared oh, away. So okay. I'm good on that. Do you, yes. do you know Sorry, about Joe. Ziggy? Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was hoping he would uh, he would have answered that he did know about it and you know Napoleon and whatnot. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so the destination will be there, and then sometimes too we'll get some Ziggy homebrew developers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of ice cream, man. All right. oh, there cream. we go. There's there a confirmation. There so now we know he knows. Yeah. All right, just yeah. making sure. It's just a lot of ice cream. I've seen it, but I admit I don't remember that. Oh, you don't remember? Oh, no. uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the bigger man and just sit here and say it was a good movie. Oh, I've seen it. Say, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. The, this, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Point Whitney. And he loves baseball. <laughs> Point uh. Whitney. 
So, so yeah, we also like to have a few homebrew developers there for uh, console stuff. Yeah, that's and, uh, homebrew games, not homebrew beer. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think last year or two years ago, we had Jason Santucci made a couple cool games, and I think he's going to be doing that again. And Ricky Henry usually has someone there with him to to make some games and stuff like that. So if you're looking for something really random and rare, they're always a they always have a limited edition cool. Louisville Arcade Expo only. Version, yeah, yeah that yeah, one game he awesome. made a couple of years ago. I don't know if we've talked about that on here or not, but it was it's like the city of Louisville and it's under attack by like a space pickle or something like that. I don't remember that. I think at they all. were giant cicadas, but they did look like it looked like a space pickle. What platform wow. was that on? Well, you got a like 2600, right? Yeah, you got to imagine it's hard huh. to make f- when you have 4K of yeah. space, it's hard to make anything look like it's anything yeah. thing in the world. So it was so incredible cool. what he was able to do, yeah. So awesome. Space Pickle sounds like a good band name. Space <laughs> I need, I need to go look that up. Do you think that's, Do you think he sells that on like Atari Age or Space something Pickle. like that? Uh, <laughs> does he sell it on Atari Age, Jeremy? Do you know? Or uh, you can ask him I in a couple know. weeks. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'll do. That's true. That's, yeah, that's seriously, true. that's what I'll do. I, I mean, yeah. you've got an in. You might be able to get a ROM or something. Yeah, I mean, I love, I, I love the whole twenty six hundred homebrew scene. It's, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's pretty fantastic. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So you mentioned the costume contest earlier, and I know in prior years you've you've had like cosplayers set up displays, and and you know I'm just thinking back to some other shows I've been to where that is more of an an up and coming thing. I'm seeing a lot more cosplay, not just people walking around show floors, but actually like I hesitate to say vendor space, but it's almost like. Mm-hmm they will set up and they will talk with people and almost kind of educate and teach. I mean, do you all have any coming in this year? Yeah, we usually do the, uh, Kim way with malicious cosplay and mm-hmm. some of her friends too. I'm, I don't know all of their, um, stuff off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but they all have their own kind of shops where they do stuff like that. And usually we'll try to get a, uh, a seminar from one of them too, to help. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people want to get into that and you can go and buy stuff on Amazon or you can buy just a costume and kind of tweak it a little bit. But if you want to get serious about it, you have yeah. to know about like, your own sewing and fabric making yeah, materials. And, yeah, we talked that, about it on yeah. the show and that was kind of a self-serving question. My niece is extremely interested in it, which is kind of exciting to me. You know, she's, she just turned 13 and it, I, I don't have kids. I only n- n- mentioned this from observing others with kids, but th- they're, they're soaked into their iPads and, and all that and anything modern digital. And she's actually building stuff and making stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. Do what? <laughs> With their iPads and their dad Vogelberg, <laughs> young kids, you know, <laughs> these kids these days. <laughs> yeah, no, the crafting aspect of it, there is, you go, it's crafting. really cool. It's really yeah. cool. So um, we can talk to them and see what all they're planning on doing. But we usually do make sure they have a table so they can you know, spread the word, spread the love, get oh, more, cool. get more people involved. Yeah, that's that. that's awesome. That's awesome. They usually sell prints, I think, and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, so so I guess if you guys were if you guys were going to say what's probably what's one of the biggest draws for for this year over over prior years, I know you mentioned Jersey Jack. I mean that's that's definitely brand new, brand we're new be to there. the area. What else do you need? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and they're actually putting on a show despite us. So yes. you know that, that's even that much better. But um, but yeah, it seems like Jersey Jack. I know that's the first time I think he's he's been in this area, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I, I don't think I don't think I've seen him anywhere local yeah having him in that game which yeah. is amazing i'm sure you guys have talked about that game already a little so, bit we, a little bit from when we a little we've actually got to play it but yeah, yeah we've talked about it yeah because yeah. we think it's such a you know cool thing for our show especially since it's pinball and it sort of has a video game element tied into it yeah. with you know it's 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 very cool yeah it's, um, it's definitely on the cutting edge technology i mean it interfaces with your cell phone 
you know so it, it basically and it also takes selfies and stuff too while you're playing so i mean it, it really does yeah would you get if you guys figured people out, yeah. when you say that but honestly we had a it was funny we we're playing it like a four-player game and you know somebody's playing it was like oh just took your picture and then he looks up and it was like it is and mean, then this intense face and then he saw it and he just he saw the picture on the screen and he just started cracking up laughing <laughs> then it took 20 pictures of him of him laughing on the screen and we were all just thought it was hilarious it yeah. was so funny yeah you know? it's it, pretty cool so. if you guys figured out where those cameras are at because i think it's in that little theater thing right is it okay that's my guess. Okay, all right. It needs to be like those old things at Disney where it took a picture right before you went down the falls <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and then you got back, and there's your Polaroid. It's only yeah. 10 bucks. Somebody's trying to sell screaming it like a little girl. That's, yeah. the, that's the pro model problem. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes one picture. <laughs> it needs a picture printer on the front of it, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. There yep, you go. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah so... So, so yeah, that and the, probably yeah. the band, you know, Bit Brigade. Yeah. Uh, they're a big national kind of band, so that's, yeah. that's awesome. And then uh, the other band from Nashville, too. So a little more music this year okay um and uh yeah we're just we're just excited we just kind of tweak it every year you know we always want to make it different a little bit um so you know that's that's going to be this year's show really yeah awesome so. awesome so um so with that i think there's hey, brent is there anything else that, I was we, gonna say, that we didn't cover off on i say give the official website yeah and the facebook page and all that and then you know you've got registration up i believe already mm-hmm. yeah so so how, how bringing a game and, yeah, yeah 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 so can you tell us like how much does it cost to get in what are the incentives for bringing games and and everything like that so because you know the people want to know well um i that, do you want me to look it up? <laughs> I, was gonna, I was thinking well, this, this is show fail, guys, oh, because I was going to try to. I was going to give you an out, and I was like, no, nah, I, I've lost it. <laughs> the uh, so the uh, website is LouisvilleArcade.com. Okay. The Facebook page is Facebook uh, slash Louisville Arcade. Okay. Uh, Arcade RX is our Twitter handle, uh, so you can follow us there. Uh, if you pre-register, you save money. Uh, it's going to be twenty-five dollars at the door for a day. It's. Uh, I want to say is it uh, fifty five for the weekend at the door yeah. per day per, right. per person then, uh, correct per person yeah. yes gotcha and then if you 55. get it online you That's save that is right pre register right. and save twenty pre register and save yes twenty one and a quarter twenty one twenty five for the day forty six seventy five for the weekend nice. yes versus at the door twenty five as as you just said Matt and fifty five for the weekend yes. Awesome. All subject to change. Understood. So everybody who brings a game gets in free. Is, is yes. that how it works? Yeah. For each game you bring, uh, you now get that's a, a full free... size arcade game. Yes. Understood. Or not full a Game size Boy pinball yeah. machine. Yeah. Not or somebody, a cocktail. Not game. somebody toting in their 3ds saying, "Look at me." Right. That yes. happens. That's true. Every year. It happens. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously? Yes. You have people. No. Oh way. yeah, dude. I got a Genesis in my car, man. Do I get in for free? No. Are you serious? The they... Sega Genesis, not the pinball machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, we don't let people bring any consoles. Uh, to the show for safety, security, etc. You know, yeah. we own all those. But um, yeah, the uh, but as far as full size arcade games, yeah, if you want to bring one of those, you get in free for each one. It's got to be on free play for the whole weekend. Yeah, um, every day there's a raffle. Uh, well, uh, there's a raffle on Sunday, but every day you have a game at the show, you get a chance to uh, win the prize on Sunday. Prizes, and we always have prizes from uh, Marco and Stern sends some stuff. CPR, CPR, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So tool sets, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and these prizes are only available to the collectors who bring machines and share them with folks to play. These aren't available to anyone else. Or yeah, you can only get in this raffle by bringing machines. Because no, we can't, awesome. we can't thank those people enough. You know, I mean, honestly, without people bringing games to the show, we don't have a show. I mean, we yeah. have a show, but it's pretty sad. 
So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost just invited everybody down to the Broken Token Studio. Yeah, it's right. basically us I mean, yes, at yeah. that point. Hundreds of yeah. yeah. games are here. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> hundreds of games. Yes. I had Stretches on for miles. You, have you seen the storage facility? No. Uh, you know, I think oh, okay. I missed the tram uh, that I, went out to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does come around every 55 minutes. <laughs> right. So hang tight. Right. You'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it runs then, on I'm, a loop. I'm parked in Huckleberry Hound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in Jabberjaw. So, yeah. <laughs> that brings back memories. Yes, oh, it does. It going does. to Kings Island back yeah. as a kid. So it's it, awesome. And then uh, I don't think this was mentioned real quick, too, for anybody traveling from uh, out of state, out of the area. Yes. The, the location is right next to i guess or is it all the same it's the ramada plaza Lova mm-hmm. hotel and conference center yes mm-hmm. it's right off 64 which is a major interstate in hurstburn lane mm-hmm. which is a major road yeah. easy to find if you fly in there's a free shuttle from the hotel uh that'll pick you up at the airport and bring you in so you don't even need a car you know just fly in take the shuttle play games all weekend there's plenty of places right around there to eat and yeah you know get a beer or whatever you want to do yeah so, so there's a link to the hotel to reserve your room right on the home page of uh uh, the website, Little yep. Kid Expo's website. Excellent. Right, and and that also included in that link is a rate code for the for a room stay there that will this a special rate we get through the Ramada, which is seventy nine ninety five a night. So that that goes through the weekend. Yeah, the rate rate codes L K L A. Excellent! Yeah. Wow, All I, got, right. I got that one down, Brent. You got that one okay. You beat me to that one. Impressive. <laughs> he was like, "Yes." I was like, "Yes." It's, I'm telling you, it's Ziggy. He's just looking at me. And he's whistling. Don't make me plug him in. <laughs> no, I'll run you back there and plug you. You don't him have in. to plug him in. He's already creepy he enough. He just does his own thing. No, yeah. nobody wants him plugged in. I can guarantee <laughs> don't, you that. Don't don't make me turn on Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, guys, so we're saying March third, fourth, and fifth, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. roughly six weeks weeks away from this recording uh certainly looking forward to it. it it just it feels like the show just ended from last year though and it's i yes. guess that's just you know me getting to be an older guy you know get off my lawn type of scenario where the time just feels like it warps but it's like wow we're back again and uh here we are we we heard also winnie that you were bringing a lot of games this year and we were so excited and we wanted to thank you so very no worries. much no worries that. no worries we'll, we'll, we'll knock it out man actually you did, we'll, we'll you did bring out. quite a few games i mean I mean, you even brought a uh, Dragon's uh, Lair. Yeah, Dragon's Lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was awesome. last year. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that was a sweet Dragon's Lair. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So I made I made an extended effort last year, and uh, I'm going to try to do the same again this year too. So it, yeah. I don't mention this too. I don't think we hit this every year in terms of bringing games. You do ask folks to register or at least try mm-hmm. to on the site the games they're bringing yeah, yeah just so we can get an idea especially for uh kind of like the rare titles or the yeah. ones that are going to draw a big crowd to make sure that they're you know more towards the ends or the edges so that way um like you don't want to have like a four-player ninja turtles that's yeah. at the very end of yeah. a little outway that's going to make a huge crowd and then mm-hmm. just you know it, it just makes a big mess of people yeah so if you're bringing games you know, please make an effort to do that, but it's not necessarily required. If, no, if, if circumstances change and you can bring additional games, mm-hmm. I'm speaking for you guys, tell me where I'm wrong, but if circumstances change, you can bring additional games or you can, hey, I can now make it to the show. Yeah. I'm going to load up two or three games in the back of the truck and go. Sure. Yeah, like do 10 it. or 20. I mean, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're also setting up, we set up on that Thursday uh, as well. So if you're bringing a game, if you want to bring it that Thursday, that's fine. Probably afternoon because... Uh, in the morning, we're getting the power all laid out and stuff. Yeah, you know? understood. But uh, or if you need, you know, if you have a special thing, just shoot us an email and 
you know, we'll talk to you about it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, and one last thing too, if you look at the list, and we'll we'll be putting a, an active list that will be updated as we know who's bringing what. If you look at that list and you see like, oh, they already have a Pac Man. Well, I'm not going to bring mine then. I'm just going to bring this other thing. Sometimes it's great to go ahead and bring that, especially if it's a popular title. So there's multiples for other people to play. Yeah. Or if someone else just for some reason like, whoops, Pac Man's not doing so well. I you know I registered to bring him, but falls, I'm not going falls to. Falls on the floor, man. It just stops working. Right. At least you got right. So it's really cool if people will go ahead and, and bring that. I mean, absolutely. If you can't, you can't. And we, we understand that. But if you can, please do. I mean, there will be a Pac-Man there because we're giving one away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring every clown theme game I have. <laughs> which That's is what I'm do. Which I is like exactly that. And, and Pac-Man's hungry. He wants some canned goods. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. He wants peanut butter. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Yeah. And tuna. Well, listen, guys, thank you all very much for uh, taking the time and bringing the wings and the food and everything like that and uh, taking your time out for from what is a very cold Sunday evening <laughs> here, here, here in Kentucky. Uh, it's, it's pretty dang cold, dude. <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's, cool. It's, it's I've, got the heaters, cold. I've got the heaters on here in the Broken Token studio, but, but the size of the space, man, do you know how difficult it is to heat this? It, man, it, it's, almost like, it's almost like you just struck a match and then somebody blew it out Well, I can't turn you know? on the fans to blow the heat down from the 50-foot ceiling because it's just too much in the mic. I, I, I can't understood. believe you still use coal-fired boilers. You know, well, I mean, it must go through a lot of coal. I ha- it, well, that's what the rail spurs for. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, you know, it, it, I mean, Brent's a, he's a man of means. He has he has people who handle that. For yes, him. yeah. So, I just, you know, I don't even have to clean the soot. Well, gentlemen, Whitney appreciates it. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Ziggy appreciates it. Thank you all for Thank coming you. out. Glad I mean, you said Ziggy. Seriously, dude. Jeremy, seriously, I got a ball bat in my car. Just swing and hit it when you go. Okay, please. Yeah, and thank you guys. You know, for doing what you do and helping our show. I mean, seriously, you guys are great. No, so. we appreciate it, man. Yep, Thank yep. you. Amen to that. Thanks, guys. Righteous, righteous. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll, we'll see you. I guess in just a few weeks. Yep. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, Brent, we are getting towards the end of this uh, just monstrously massive and epic uh, episode number 50. It's I, 50, Whitney! It's, it's 50, bro. There's we, no doubt. We made I, it to 50. I don't I, know if we'll do 51. Well, I don't know there's a need because you could cut this show up in thirds and then do 51 <laughs> and 52 as well. You know? Hey, dude, we are done recording for the whole first quarter of 2017. <laughs> yeah, I knocked it all out <laughs> in one. So, hey, real quick, before we get into some feedback, it's probably good that we touch on just a little bit of show-related news, mm-hmm. okay? Because we are coming into the show season, naturally, Woo-hoo! and uh, we are going to be on the road some this year. I, I mean, definitely for Skyskipper. Dude, I'm going to be on the road next week. I'm going all over. I'm going, I mean, we're going to Stonehead, Indiana. We're going to Wanny, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean. Smack over in North Arkansas. Yeah, Northwood, still, Arkansas. I mean, might still be on the table. It's we, I don't know. We never can tell. So, so real that quick. That trooper didn't tell me I couldn't come back. No, no, he did not. Okay. He just said you needed supervision. Okay. That's all. <laughs> all right. So, so real quick, why don't we cover off on um, just just some some local venues and some local shows because a lot that's going that's going to happen with us in the show uh, in the show I'd say circuit is happening within the next month or so. Okay. So first yep. up, we definitely have the Louisville Arcade Expo. So why don't you why don't you tell us about that? I, and I know we just heard from those guys oh, yeah. in the prior segment, but I want to reiterate. The Louisville Arcade Expo is coming up March the 3rd through the 5th at the Ramada Plaza Hotel here in beautiful 
picturesque Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, it's, fr- not, it's not smack over Arkansas. No, but, not by any stretch, but yeah. we've, we'll take what we can get, you know. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You know, Friday is kind of the late open day, uh, 2 p.m. to 12 a.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Whitney will be there all of those hours. I'm planning on it. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> planning on it. And with a second set of underwear. So I, I should be good. Uh, but in all seriousness, Whitney and I will, uh, will of course, be there. Uh, hopefully there'll be some surprises in the mix and here in the not too distant future i would you know stay tuned to the website and the facebook page so that you can stay in tune with what our plans are you know we are definitely going to be recording oh yeah uh ideally we're going to be streaming of course we just want to make sure all that's locked down again but keep an eye out we'll get the word out uh we'll make sure to cover the facebook uh, the the website Whitney does the Twitter thing and you know I may arrange for a Skyrider okay <laughs> so Louisville Arcade Expo March third through the fifth the next little bit of show news if you will or actually more like arcade news I wanted to mention is secret headquarters in Evansville Indiana and we've talked about Jared and Clint's arcade there before it is kind of I guess co-located with uh, with a comic book shop or collectible shop, and Clint and, and Jared. Jared if yeah. if uh, if I've got that wrong, I apologize. And see, this is some of our fault. Whitney or I or both need to actually go to Evansville because we do. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Evansville quite a bit for my work, yeah. but I've just never been to Secret Headquarters. But in all fairness, they weren't doing this when I was going to Evansville. But I would, okay. I'd love to make the trip. Just some of the pictures are awesome. Just. It looks like a really cool place uh, between the arcade and the comic collectible shop. I've got a huge Millennium Falcon, like you're looking top down on the Millennium Falcon, up on the wall uh, as a decoration. And it's an atmosphere from what I can tell from the pictures. Okay. It looks really cool. We haven't really visited them. We haven't paid them the respect that we should. So I wanted to take a a minute and mention them. They're at 4225 North 1st avenue evansville indiana right now they've got 30 games on the floor 27 arcades and three pinballs sunday to thursday noon to six friday to saturday 12 to nine so here's the deal on the pricing if you're in evansville or if you want to make a trip and play some games it's five bucks an hour two and a half bucks each additional hour and if you're just wanting to play the pinballs you can skip the hourly rate and then get in and just uh, play the pinballs on a pay to play basis okay so that that options there as well they got you know the comic book shop with all kinds of collectibles and the millennium falcon that i mentioned they have this is a cool this is a really cool thing whitney i've seen this on their facebook page and we'll have the link to their facebook page they'll do a movie night so they'll screen a movie, and then when they do movie nights, they, uh, uh, of course, weather permitting, you get free admission, also free admission outside movie nights with the projector and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's not just the arcade. It's not just the comic shop. It's both and additional and extra. So keep an eye on what they've got going on. And if you're in the area or coming through, check them out, stop in, say hi, oh, play some cool. games. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, we'd love to go. We'd yep. love to go. One of our local favorites, and we've, we're very, very fortunate here in Louisville to have several 
places with location games. Uh, Rec Bar's got a big announcement coming up. I know you all have heard me talk about us talk about Rec Bar quite a bit. We've done some on-location stuff from Rec Bar and some interviews with the guys. Uh, they just opened an expansion. So they have the next door front over from uh, the place in which they're currently located. They've completely renovated it. The back, there's a mural. If you, right now, it's on the top of their Facebook page. The mural is amazing. When I saw it, I asked who their airbrush guy was, and it wasn't. It was done with spray paint, like rattle oh, cans. Wow. It is unbelievable. And it's it's all game themed and it's also crossed with other bits of pop culture. It, it is just it's just amazing. Like the rec bar logo is done like in the font for Tapper. And there's characters uh, on the wall and they're crossed with like Colonel Sanders. And, you know, it, it's it's just an amazing thing to behold. And then on top of that, it was it was spray paint it with rattle cans yeah, it's just it's, unbelievable it's neat i'm looking at it now i hadn't seen it and that that is that's pretty uh that's pretty amazing it's got cubert and oh yeah it looks like yoshi and mario's in uh actually mario looks like he's in beachwear which is interesting chasing donkey kong oh yeah it's cool uh the mario in beachwear is what's uh what's uh, fear and loathing what who wrote that book um, um, look it up. Look it up. I yeah. think that I think that is supposed to be. Uh, oh, it's escaping me right it, now. It is me as well. So anyway, they've got a big thing going on as well to kind of celebrate that grand opening on February tenth. That's a Friday. That's going to be the big day. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter that's, S. Thompson. That, I, I mean, I had his. I yeah. had his face in my mind. Yep. I just couldn't think of his with name. the sunglasses. That's yep. Mario yeah, the on Yoshi. And all that. Yeah. As Hunter S. Thompson. As Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotcha. So Donkey Kong's on the bar, and then that mural extends around. It's like a Street Fighter theme over the restrooms. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. All right, so their their big reveal, along with that expansion, the uh, uh, the expansion that has actually just opened New Year's, is a rearrangement of the game room, and they are going to have twenty five. The plan is twenty five pins on the floor. Oh, All right. man, wow. And it, it's going to stretch. Well, good for them. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. It's going to stretch quite a range of genres and manufacturers. The one pin I want to uh, specifically mention, because I know this pin gets a lot of press. A lot of people are looking for this pin. When it's been pictured in the background as, you know, the rec bar guys have kind of shown their workshops and all that, people have asked about it. They're going to have a Stargazer. I see. So, now, the Stargazer is still in works. Um, I'm not going to com- comment because I, I just don't know if it'll be ready for 210, but they do have a Stargazer, and one way or the other, it should be coming to Rec Bar here pretty oh, soon. Nice, so you'll be able to nice. go in and play the newest one of the newest Sterns or Ghostbusters and you know you can play Stargazer and just an assortment of games so you know ideally we'll have a, a title list here sometime in the future but uh, look forward to it Friday 210 2017 and they, they're adding video games too they just picked up a gauntlet they uh, from friend of the show the Fitzpatrick's so a gauntlet came down uh, zombie raids coming soon they just put in a couple Hydro Thunders new modern gun games and then there's some classics lined up too in the wings that's going to make their way out i've gotten word word of so oh nice check that out they're at 10 301 taylorsville road here in louisville kentucky uh louisville arcade expo 
here in town, here in Louisville, Secret Headquarters in, in Evansville. Hopefully I did you all justice, uh, Jared and Edward. And, of course, Rec Bar and their big rearrangement here coming to 10. Yeah, that is that that all sounds pretty sweet, man. All sounds pretty sweet. And you're right, we are fortunate. I mean, we've got Rec Bar, we've got Zanzibar, we've got uh, you know, Jared and Clint up in Evansville, and then there's other assorted smaller, you know, smaller venues that we can go play. I mean, the Louisville area has actually turned into a, a fairly um a fairly well supplied area when mm-hmm. it comes when it comes to retro and and uh, and classic gaming. Uh, a much different scene than it was five years ago. I oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, here's a kind of a, a, a note on the rec bar side if you're out looking for some games i mean they got great food and all that fun. Uh, we we don't take at we're, we don't have ad, advertisers we're not advertising so to speak i just want folks to be aware if you're coming through town you're looking to play you know zanzibar's here in town they've got awesome games uh check out zanzibar they've got great food as well uh and i don't think that this is going to change but the uh the most expensive game at rec bar right now is 50 cents Okay. Ghostbusters is fifty cents. I think the Papa Shots are fifty cents. All the other pinballs are a quarter. Um, so, and I, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything from the guys in our conversations that that's going to change. That's going to change. Yeah. Yep, so. Yeah. Well, good deal. Check out good the games. Deal. All right, man. Well, let's do some email. We got got a little bit of feedback. We'll hit uh, email and then we'll hit some twitters, dude. And we'll close. Go ahead and close out the show. Okay. Um, our first email we've got to comes from uh, War Dog, and War Dog says he goes, uh, guys, I notice you have some Hasty Dixie on the show. He is correct. As of today, our music is exclusively Hazy Dixie at this point. He said, you might like some of the Vitamin String Quartet covers. Their uh, their Back in Baroque album is one of my favorites. <laughs> Back in Baroque, the string tribute to ACDC. And, uh, and then War Dog has included the YouTube uh, playlist link for, uh, for, the, uh, for the string tribute band. Now, the, or the Vitamin String Quartet uh, covers band. And so here's the thing he says why is an audio only thing on youtube i don't know <laughs> and i just i thought that was funny when i read you it. you know i've seen that quite a bit it, yeah. where it's just a static image uh, just a static image and, and then it's the music That's it's, exactly, yep. yeah exactly so we'll certainly check that out um they're the only thing better than acdc is more acdc so with that being said <laughs> i am definitely gonna go take a look at that so uh war dog thank you buddy appreciate that man uh the next one up is from joe zinkus and and joe this uh, this has fallen victim to my uh my inability to check all of my accounts in a reasonable <laughs> amount of time because i i know that there was some initial interaction with you and whitney and whitney copied me in on this and it was a it was some commentary on back to the future because of i'm assuming my discussion of yeah. my back to the future and, and that's, the, the, end of that's the, year. the way i take it yeah. yeah and joe apparently is a back to the future fan or at least a, a, a fan of the pinball machine oh, so he, he seems like he's a big fan so yeah so no this is cool uh, and Joe Wright. So I picked uh, one up about a month ago from a friend of a friend. It's a dream pin for me. Well, that that answers my question, doesn't it? Exactly. He says he's been looking for this thing four to five years uh, uh, at this point. And uh, when he picked it up, had some electrical issues, a pretty poor cabinet, but a clean back glass and play field. Uh, you know, I'm kind of interested, Joe, in seeing some pictures of, uh, of your play field. I thought mine had a few places in it, and it does. Uh, you've got a... a, a a spot on the right in lane that is just always worn because if you if you hard plunge it's always going to come around the ramp and drop always right to the right flipper and i mentioned it on the last show where i was going to kind of 
circle back with the intention of touching that up on my game. So I imagine yours is probably uh, probably the same way. Anyway, Joe, uh, Joe goes on to write, you never see these come up for sale. Uh, yes, Joe, I know because I, <laughs> how I, long did you look for yours? I try not, as I've, I've mentioned before, I try not to look because then I fall into maybe getting in a little higher than I want to, but I kept an eye out and it was a couple years. It yeah, was probably okay. three years. Honestly, okay. I just right. kind of put, Hey, you got, do you have this game in your garage somewhere? And yeah. So I eventually found it and I found it in, in North side of Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, at least if you don't include the insane five to seven K eBay prices. Yep. That's true. And, and I did find a couple, uh, California out on the on the West Coast, and I, you know, I, I can drive a couple hours and turn around and not make a mistake. Say, okay, I'm not going to buy this. It's not. It's so what. I drove two hours. I'd rather not make it worse. By, and I've done that. Yeah. I've driven farther and turned around and come home empty-handed. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I'm. I'm not. Unless it's somebody I know, I'm not into shipping a game. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. from that far away because i don't know anybody i have no contacts out there but uh joe goes on the right i i looked on the boston pinball price guide and this year they sold for between two and six k with six sales whitney if i sold mine how many ziggy the clowns could i buy uh enough that where i would run out of matches trying to burn them all <laughs> the show would end because <laughs> giving the average uh price of 4500 uh, which is higher than last year and likely to go higher. Uh, there are only about 110 pin side users in the world that have this in their collection out of the 3000 that were made. Makes you wonder where the, where the other 2,890 of them are sitting. You know? it, well, I wonder if that falls into kind of like the Star Trek, Star Wars, Harley Davidson kind of camp where, uh, and I guess even a lot of the Stern titles now kiss and all that where they're, outside of the collector's market. And, and so they, they, they cease being counted. Yeah, it's a yeah. single game in a game room. Yeah, it's exactly right. I like to think they all exist, Whitney. Yeah, well, they, they may. They well, may not. in my utopian society, they all exist. <laughs> Just don't don't shatter my dreams. I understand. Anyway, so uh, mine had resetting issues, and I replaced the power supply. And if you remember, Joe, uh, I think I, I, I chronicled my power supply woes. And uh, uh, music seemed to play okay, but voices were garbled. And it looks like Joe's going to send that board out. And luckily, he had a friend with a secret service to test. Uh, and that that's handy, too. You know, you get to know other, other locals. And I've yeah. had that happen here where, yeah. hey, do you still have Game X? I certainly do. Well, can I come by and... And t- sure, why run, not run my stuff in? Yeah, it. yeah, and and we've done that. So uh, and here, here, and I've heard Joe mention this, and I'm kind of interested how how this kind of comes to closure. Hopefully, eventually, I have several cracks in my ramp, so I'm praying someone makes a reproduction. And I would think that you know, at this point, you're kind of getting into the B grade game range you know when you compare it to like an Adams or that type of a game where those those, that's been done you know let's let's move into the other games that that aren't as in demand but are still pretty in demand yeah well I mean I mean ramps were made for Genesis 
I've got a new set of Genesis ramps. So there's always a possibility. Yeah, it's true. Anything could happen. And this is what's kind of funny. If people remember uh, me mentioning this, my right flipper is good. But my left flipper does have that weird hold thing you talk about. You know, you got a little waggle in your flipper. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> I think that ended up being a show title. It, it did. Uh, and linkage is fine. Both wires, you know, diode, all that. And same thing here, Joe. I mean, my flippers were rebuilt, disassembled. And I know all that stuff is solid. So um, I haven't looked at the flipper board. And you mentioned that. So I don't know. I may have to take a peek at the flipper board and, and see if there, anything may lay there. If I find anything, I will let you know. And you mentioned that, you know, you're going to take a peek at it as well. So, uh, oh, you mentioned replacing it. And yeah, 80 bucks is a small price to pay for some strong flippers. But, dude, other than that waggle, I mentioned my flippers are are just monstrous yeah. on my machine. It's just like winging that ball all over the place. So, well, anyway, Joe, I would love to hear how things go. And, of course, I know uh, you'll hear how things go with my game. We'll have to trade some notes. <laughs> and uh, um, now you've got me thinking about that flipper board. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to dive into that. And maybe we'll have some updates for February. Oh, that's that. cool. That's cool. I yep. mean, that's that's the power of the show. And I'm glad that, uh, Joe, we thank you for listening, number one. Number two, appreciate your time and writing in. And number three, yeah, maybe maybe everybody walks away better off than they were to begin with. And it's not just a Back to the Future thing. That's, that's right. Like he mentioned Secret Service. There's a lot uh, of games that are built on that platform. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, not just trading parts, but also similar parts and issues and the like. Exactly. So, yep, exactly. If you've got one of those other games, you may be in the same boat. Yeah, that's cool. We'll see, Brent. Uh, no Facebook, uh, no Facebook feedback really to men- to make to mention, and that's largely my fault because uh, we stayed off of uh, social media quite oh, a hold bit. On, whoa, whoa, whoa! And this is a nippet alert. Got another one, Whitney. Oh, and this is dude. a nippet alert. I, w- this is gonna, coming in on the printer. We're gonna. Ha- I think he ran out of birds. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I got it. Okay, good deal. Where are we headed to, man? Uh, This one might have me stumped, Whitney. Okay. Yaven IV. I I mean, I never was that good at geography, but I don't know of an IV. What's... I'm what? gonna I'm gonna leave that for you to look it up on maps. Go I I know yeah. I know where this is going. Okay, I know where this is going. Yeah, but you need IV. to make sure that you're willing to make that trip. Well, I mean, if it's if it's a good machine, and uh, I guess a reasonable distance here is the question. <laughs> but I just I'm not sure where IV. What state is I, Yaven IV? Just it just maps dot. <laughs> <laughs> You, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm gonna like, leave I that feel, for you to figure that out. I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't know where this is at. Wait a minute. Dude, he's trolling. That's Yavin 4. <laughs> Nick. He's trolling you at this point, buddy. Oh. All right. We're going to cross that off the yeah, list. Yeah, Nick, you're, okay? not get, you're not getting your birds back. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to hold one of those, Nick. That's okay. Yeah, you're though. not getting your birds back, buddy. All right. All right. Good deal. Okay. okay sorry. We'll, feedback. We'll, we'll cross that off the list. Nick's messing with me. Yeah. So try to, try to stay off social media some over the Christmas holiday. Um, took an email break as 
well. But uh, I did not have, quite honestly, dude, I did not have enough time to go back and dig through Facebook uh, in, in advance of the show. Twitter, I did, though. And honestly, it's easier to find stuff on Twitter <laughs> than it is to dig back through Facebook. So it was the path of least resistance. So quite a bit of Twitter feedback. And we'll start the first one here. Listener Mike Martin uh, at WebDoc90 says he grabbed this earlier today, and it's a picture of a, of a nice-looking Tron cabinet. And he lists out a whole bunch of at mentions, and he, he winds this up with, we need a group tag. And so I just <laughs> it made me laugh because... He's got more... It- yeah, uh, he's got more characters in all of his tags than he does. Then, then, he, then he does the rest of the tweet. But uh, yes, Mike, congratulations on getting the Tron. Um, I'm kind of curious to hear what you do with that and how that how that winds. Don't wait, man. Hold on. Oh, that's so quick. Nice. I'm Nick Baldridge, and this is a Nippet Alert. All right, he's sending this over the printer again. Okay. All right. All right, there it is. There it is. There it is. All right, got it. All, All right. right, hold on. I got All it right. ripped off. All right, where are we going, dude? I can't. I can. I can only I, imagine. I think this is. A, this might act. act is, is this coordinates? Is this C three two six three eight two seven D star C six three C three six two three eight two Use, use, the death for, use, star. use the force brand. That's the, the force. that's the number of the trash compactor on the Death Star. Now, Brent, all you have to do is aim, aim, and shoot down the port. Now, he okay? is the, now the. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hold, wait, hold, wait. I'm going to unplug that printer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He he's already schooled you twice on on nip it, dude. I think we're done. <laughs> did you get it i got it it's, un- it's okay. unplugged okay good deal good deal here just go ahead and pull the rest of the paper out of it okay and here, just rip it out okay all right now we, it can is he out of no birds more. huh is he out of birds oh they're they're dead i'm taking i got the power cord of that printer if a bird comes yeah. flapping in here I'm Look, gonna let's put it, it this way every bird he sent did not go back okay so the trash compactor on the death star <laughs> Jeez, all right. Nick. All right. Well, let's see. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've at least got six to go after. Five, five. You know, knowing that the, that we don't have like any well, type I of sh- legal repercussions. Yeah, and I know I'm, I'm. We're definitely not going to Yavin Four. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll just leave that at that. Yeah. Okay. All, all right, right, Nick. You give us plenty to go through, man. We appreciate it, dude. Next up on the Twitters, uh, listener Peter came in Sweden. He says, Christmas came early this year, and he uh, he gives a shout-out to 10 Pence Arcade and Nintendo Arcade and her buddy Alex and, and others, and he has a picture of the... Um, the small diminutive uh, Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. So uh, he was very lucky to pick one of those up. I still don't have one of those, Brent. So um, I've not been able to find one in stock yet. Do you know what the EverDrives are? Uh, yes, I do. And those are, uh, yeah, that's right. He's got a picture of one of those as well. Uh, yes, those are pretty neat. Man. So here, quick aside. Yeah. I don't know because we hadn't recorded in time. Uh, I didn't mention one of the gifts I gave to my niece. Okay. And there's a, a picture here in, in Peter's tweet that reminded me. Oh, of the Game Boy? Of the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. So my niece is 13, and uh, she I've talked about her on the show before. She's at that age where she's 
uh, and I'm very, very happy about it because she's not going to be where I, what I see a lot, I don't think, which is kind of tied to a PC. Even as adults, we do that and we're yeah. tied to our yeah. phones and yeah. all. She is getting out and my nephew is developing this as well, where they are being what Whitney and I were or what we know as kids uh, yeah. get out and do stuff Art. and play yeah. and, and make and build and, and, and just do. Yeah. So, uh, and, and as part of that, she is at this point where she is starting to take interest in things that are older. No, oh, it's good. And she has mentioned to me on several occasions that she would like to have an original game boy. Oh, nice. So, uh, I went and dug out my original mm-hmm. Game Boy, the, yeah. the 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 monochrome one, the monochrome, also yes. black and white, the monochrome Game Boy. Yes, and we had had this conversation. She had brought it up again Christmas Eve, and I came home Christmas Eve and was rushing around digging in the back of my one of my my back spare bedroom and if it it was in the second to last box in the very back corner but you found it i found it and yeah. i didn't realize how nice it was yeah the the star phone packing was absolutely perfect all the documentation was there the warranty card was there oh wow nothing was bent creased folded torn up all the packing material was there the box was if it wasn't perfect it was so close to perfect that you'd be hard yeah. pressed to find a place in it. Under, and that's just the way I kept stuff. Yeah. Had a display issue. I got up Christmas morning and I happened to have the tool to take that thing apart. Uh-huh. I had ordered tools to get into some Nintendo arcade guns uh-huh. and they were like a buck. Yeah. So I ordered everything like 10 years ago that that vendor, when I was working on play choice guns uh-huh. or excuse me, versus uh, arcade guns. Yeah, yeah. I ordered every Nintendo tool they had because if I was going to pay three or four dollars shipping, I might as well get three get or four dollars in tools. That's right. I was able to take it apart Christmas morning, fix the display, reassemble it, and I added that to her Christmas basket. Oh, nice. I bet she loved that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She stuttered. She yeah. was just like, she did the Scooby Doo double take. Yeah, good. Now, good, I, good. And, and I did, I did have additional stuff to balance out for my nephew. Yeah. So, yeah. but, um, it, my Game Boy lives on. Yeah, well, good, good, and and I'll tell you, and Peter's got quite the uh, quite the collection there in the, in that picture. Like I say, he's got the got the the Super EverDrive, the Game Boy, um, a Sega ornament, yeah, Sega ornament, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Classic Edition, and it's um it's man, that's that's cool. Yep, that's that's really cool. Uh, next one, Buffalo Pinball tweets uh, can't stop modding Ghostbusters. Uh, Mezzle mods scoop lighting added yesterday, and I responded back to them and said uh, I certainly hear you uh, 110% I feel Ghostbusters may eventually eclipse even Tron for the most moddable pin to date <laughs> which I think is probably getting pretty close and uh, Buffalo Pinball replied and said we need a 3D model for the storage facility on Ghostbusters Pro. Now let me ask you, you've got time on a pray and that's the reason why I included this. Well number one because the conversation was was good but mm-hmm. you've, I mean, you spent time on, on a pro. Would I uh, would it really benefit from that? I mean, would you think that would add a lot visually to the game? You know, honestly, until I went looking uh, the other day, I didn't even realize that there was a storage facility plastic there. Yeah, okay. Because it's kind of, and, and I noticed that that uh, Buffalo Pinball here already has the library yes. from the Pro and LE. And if you look, um, 
you know, you can see that there to the left in this picture. And actually, I've not seen it on a pro, and it works great in that it doesn't really obscure Sigourney Weaver on that yeah. plastic. Yeah. Because that, that plastic is on the pro. It's not on the premium, and I assume not the LE. Yeah. Ours doesn't have the Sigourney Weaver on it. But um, our storage facility is a 3D piece, uh-huh. very similar to the firehouse. Right. You know, in, in right. terms of, yeah. And uh, like I said, it just... On the pro, it's almost missed. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You uh, uh, even when it's lit and to let you know that it, there's something going, it's just it, it's it's yeah. just flat on the it's pro. Flat. It's yeah, just it's flat. the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I think it would be a great add to the pro. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there are there are just there are there are some mods that just should be on there to begin with. That just really uh, round out the game, and to me, that's that's definitely that's definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, so I, that would be cool if that if that were done. Um, the next tweet is from Supersonic Brewing, and he says, uh, "At Gamer Junkies and Broken Token, thinking of you guys as I look at what was waiting under the tree this morning, and this was on December 25th. So Brent, there's a shout out to every single one of us here. So take a look at this. First, we've got the book uh, Art of Atari by uh, Tim Lepetino, and that was one that I think." we talked about a couple of uh, shows back uh, it's now available from amazon uh, very easily ordered there's also a raspberry pi 3 okay and so that's probably a bit of a shout out to you brent for mm-hmm. some work that you've done there like me some raspberry pi yes sir and then the next one is a book <laughs> imploding kittens this is the first expansion of exploding kittens and i think that is a um oh gosh what I, is I that can, property it's i um, recognize oh the, i recognize the, the art cat, for sure the cat uh, Adventure Time. That's okay. it. Yeah, and I think that's what that's from. So, um, so anyway, so so yeah, so Supersonic Bring. That was that was really cool to see that. Um, this one was from uh, uh, at Broken Token. Yes, yes. Which I, in this case was you. Yes, and I tweeted this, and this was a shout out to Lee at Pinball Supernova for his excellent uh, Art Blade install video. But uh, I did give want to give him a shout out, and I said, but here the interesting part is what happens after this Brent so uh, I said 20 minute art blade install start to finish thanks pinball supernova for the tips two machines down two to go and Brent I'm not I'm not joking literally 20 to 25 minutes the the art blades could be on your machine and done okay I, completely I need to done, do it yeah. all right and and i did mine probably maybe even 20 minutes and that's just uh and that's just kind of futzing around but here's the thing um no cash value 80 who is preston burt from the game room junkies uh he tweeted back and he said looks nice i'll need this in a week or so <laughs> and i thought i'm sitting there thinking to myself touche preston touche uh so i i'm supposing preston got himself a Ghostbusters and if you did congratulations we'll, we'll catch up with him soon uh, and uh, I, I would be curious to hear how that worked itself out uh, the next tweet is from Ty Laurie and he said so Stern Pinball where's Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler in the new Aerosmith Pinball Machine huh no cash value broken token Black Dog 7 so what's interesting about this is he posts two pictures of Aerosmith and, and Brent this is this is all completely topical if you're in pinball you know that this this title's uh, up next from Stern I, I'm just kind of, the reason I included it here number one Ty thank you for, for including us on the tweet appreciate you listening and interacting but number two what do you think about the new 
new Aerosmith game. I mean, I, I, Brent, I don't want to devote an hour to talking about to talking about mm-hmm. the artwork of Aerosmith or the theme of Aerosmith or this or that. You could go on Pinside and listen to other uh, other podcasts and get that ad nauseum. I, I'm just just real quick, just you know, initial thoughts. What's your, what's your take on this? Uh, right off, as soon as I heard about it, even when it was kind of pseudo leaked yeah. with the the Dirty Donnie art book, uh-huh. I thought that just doesn't seem right and the reason being is is in my mind when i'm thinking music theme pins they're a little bit hardcore compared a little bit more hardcore compared to aerosmith yeah metallica acdc um it, it is a bit of a weird genre, art genre, yeah. art style to put Aerosmith into. Right, and, and don't get me wrong, Aerosmith yeah. can rock. I mean, we talked about this a little bit when, when we actually talked about the leak and how there was a couple Aerosmith albums that I was very partial to because mm-hmm. they were out in the music as I was growing up. Yeah. And then even some of the older stuff like Toys in the Attic yeah. uh, that's a little prior to when I was really kind of in that scene. But then the more I thought about it, it's like, why not? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so what that it's not Metallica or it's not ACDC or it's not Megadeth or Iron Maiden. Or, there's no reason it has to be like that. They, if you want, if you want some rocking music that you could use in a pinball machine, it doesn't have to be ACDC. It oh, doesn't have to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. Look, look at some of the music that's in Mustang. It's yeah. not all... It's, oh, no. It's like 60s, I mean, 60s diner, 50, 50s and 60s driving diner music. And Motorhead. Yeah, and Motorhead, yeah. yes. So, uh, as a theme, yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? Now, I, I haven't seen detail on the play field. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I haven't d- dove into it and gotten any uh any high-res pictures just to see what what the layout's like yeah but you know like i said why not sure you know my thing on it um real quick is that i absolutely love the art i do i love what dirty donnie does with the art um is it a perfect fit for the band i don't know but it, it ultimately it doesn't matter because it's to me it's a very beautiful looking artwork package for this theme now i'm not the hugest fan of aerosmith so this this theme honestly is kind of a is a non-starter for me but that's just me i mean there's going to be lots of people who love aerosmith and i know that if this if this game sounds anything like uh, you know like you know recent stern titles do and they and they seem like they get better sounding with every game that comes out i this this will rock i mean Mm -hmm. there's no doubt you'll you'll hit the start button on this and it'll be it'll it'll put a smile on your face now all that being said um it's probably going to be pretty fun to play but but for me the theme just the theme doesn't resonate enough for me to want to go buy it now once i show this to my wife she is like the one of the ultimate aerosmith fans you are so in trouble it, it, it very well could force my hand i don't know that being said you know i'll just leave it at well that. let me know when it shows up so i can come play it <laughs> will do buddy will do happy wife happy life that is what they say all right uh two more tweets next one is from stingray 
It says, Arcade Heroes and Broken Token, guess what favorite arcade show is coming back? This is a tweet from the AV Club. The uh, Shout Factory pumps some quarters into a Starcade reboot. Now, Brent, that is kind of like a, a, a late-breaking, developing news story because that was just tweeted a few days ago. Yep. I've got to look into that. but I've it, seen some of the, yeah. the headlines, if you will, flash by, but I haven't looked, at, looked into it. Yeah. Um, I remember watching Starcade back in the day, and that's one thing I've not done is gone back and looked look at the look at the videos on youtube i know yeah, they're out there they're out there is that alex trebek that was is he alex the host trebek of, I, he was he was never the host of starcade okay that I, that, no well I, it's no, a no, starcade no. in the background yeah, it, it does and i wonder if he's going to be the host or if that's just a photoshop okay i, I, I have no idea but uh but no, nonetheless yeah it, i say i don't think cool. i remember alex trebek being. <laughs> yeah I, uh, neither do i yeah neither do i all right last but certainly not least the listener jeff waldron says broken token the latest episode had the phrase quote maturity of the show <laughs> quote and then he hashtags and says getting new host and uh and i responded back to jeff and i'm like if you find them you tell them they're not uh they're, they're not making any money whatsoever this podcasting <laughs> bit it it doesn't pay if, so if t- uh this show is any evidence of our maturity <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what else is. I don't is. know what else is. All right, Brent. So with that, man, um, tell everybody where they can find us because, uh, buddy, that's episode 50 in the bag. It is. It and is in the bag. A quick note. Don't forget on the yes. on the tail end of yes. this episode. Yes. Perhaps the last thing. Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Uh, will be our Rogue One Star uh, Star Wars story review. It just sounds good because there's, I mean, there's got to be at least a couple outtakes that we can throw in, throw in there somewhere along the line. Oh, and, it's not like we messed up every name. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then there was that whole stint of me calling the droids robots. <laughs> that was yeah. a yes, wreck. Yes, nobody likes to hear so, that. Okay. All right, Brent. Uh, where can we be found? The Throwback Network, www.throwbacknetwork.net, uh, iTunes, and please, 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 please leave us a review, write the podcast. It really helps us get noticed and it increases our reach. So yeah, yeah. And please when, go out there and you, leave us an iTunes. Please review. do that because, uh, and, and we will we will uh, make the official ask to, to people, to everybody to, to consider doing that because it's been a few months since we've had, um, uh, since we've had some, some new feedback on, you know, on the iTunes store. And like I say, everyone's incremental. It does help. We realize it takes time to do it. We appreciate everybody who has done it. But yeah, if you don't mind to uh, roll out there and and uh, just say a few you know a few sentences and throw us uh, four or five stars five stars appreciated throw us four or five stars that would be fantastically awesome uh stitcher radio yep xbox music the google play store and of course as always the Yahoo forums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's rolling. Uh, social media. We're on Facebook, uh, <laughs> Facebook.com/slash/BrokenToken. <laughs> I screwed that's, you up with the Yahoo yeah, forums. That's, that? Yes, that, I'm just sitting there thinking it's like uh, we're going to go out there and get one of those started right away, just so we can quit right after. Whitney it had that look on his face, like, "What's he doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Twitter at BrokenToken, and then our website BrokenToken.com. We appreciate everyone that listens to the show and oh, yes. uh, and you know invites us into your lives to violate your ears for <laughs> hours upon hours Especially, every month yeah in in this this show a, a solid 12 hour uh day so we, yeah we can't 
explain, we cannot express how grateful we are for uh, the folks that give us a listen. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And uh, we're we're happy that we're glad we made it to 50 when we started the show. Whitney, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we had any expectation as to how far it would go. No, no, no. You know, I mean, fi- no, no preconceived notions. How about that? No, 50 is just a number. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, it's no different than 49 or 51. Yeah, but but it has but, a yeah yeah it's it's a milestone it is and, a milestone you know we're looking forward to the next 50 for sure for sure hopefully 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 so <laughs> hopefully so for sure all right so with that everybody thanks for listening i uh, have no guarantee as to what february show will be like because we spent all of our lunch money on the january show so <laughs> so with that thanks for listening we'll see you next month and game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hayseed Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. Say something prophetic. (laughs) This is Brent crunching a cough drop. Riveting. There goes my headphones. Uh oh. I think that's. I can't I, that hear was anything. All of us. That was all. Of us. I can't hear. There it is. This is all screwed up, <laughs> dude. You see, he's doing out this here, right. Man. I'm out here. Putting the broken and broken token, baby. You see, he's doing this, don't you? That's how this rolls. Whitney, sounds like a plan. Why don't you take this one? All right. Okay. See you, Brent. Take it easy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Get a pizza from time to time or eat some cookies, okay? That'll take care of you, man. Hasn't Nintendo announced? I know it's a scary, my voice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Father Death. What did you say? As far as I know, the entire universe is listening and just loving it. Every single second. Every inflection. Every... Cackle. They love it. 
Whitney and I are going to talk Rogue One, as we have promised through the episode. Yes, yes. This is, um, what is it, Brenna? I guess our second official movie review that we've done here in the four plus years of the podcast. So I don't think we're, we're making a bad habit. I think we're just being uh, very selective about what we choose to focus our time on. And this one definitely qualifies. Well, we've threatened to do a couple others. and It, it never if, happened. It never happened. Yeah. It, man, if we do it, we might have to do another podcast, Whitney. That's a lot of- <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> My, my wife will kill me. <laughs> I vote no. Let's just stick to Rogue One and go on. How okay, about that? Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Oh, we're, they're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, we're going to talk about this as if you have seen it. So, and, and don't go by the, I know what happens. I know the Death Star plans come out. How can you spoil it? Because I've heard that 100,000 times. There are obvious, you know, obviously would be, I hope it's obvious to everybody, twists and plot turns and points of interest. So it's not like, not episode one, Whitney. It's not the last Star Wars movie. I'm going blank. Oh, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. It's not like The Force Awakens where you didn't want to know, spoiler alert, that Han Solo met his end. You know, there was a A huge twist there. A very painful one at that. Yes. So there will be spoiler alerts. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, Whitney. So the first thing... I kind of want to start off with a rant here. Okay, well, before you do, before you, how many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. Okay, so that is the same for me. Okay. I saw it over the Christmas oh, break. Good. Okay, we yeah, okay. saw, saw it over the Christmas break. And I, so, before you start your rant, I just want to just want to set the stage <laughs> here real hold. quick. Hold okay, on, put yeah, it in park. Hold yeah, on. put the rant on hold for a second. Yeah, there we go. Uh, park it. <laughs> and so, I did not get the chance to go back and see it two or three times like i had really wanted to by the time we by the time we had scheduled for doing this this review because i think by the time that we had sat down and talked about the force awakens each one of us had seen it at least least, two at least two if not three times okay and so i do want to say up front we're we're approaching this from kind of a a wanderlust uh eyes wide open kind of scenario and maybe not as critical of an eye at least i know that i am simply because I, I can only add to what I've seen by what I've read, not by what I've seen two or three times. Okay, so I'm I'm going to make that statement straight. And, and that's straight a good up. point because yeah. I think as we talked about, um, I just went blank again. I keep wanting to say the Force Awakens. I keep wanting yeah. to say Episode One, but it's Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. As as when we saw uh, the Force Awakens and as it came out in the conversation, it was obvious that with each viewing more and more came out and that what we got to see yeah you and know it, and it was easier to pull it apart because you weren't you weren't hinged upon the storyline as much as as you were looking for what came before the pivotal the pivotal parts and then what happened directly after the pivotal mm-hmm. parts right now it, this is all still fresh in my mind no doubt but but i i unfortunately there was a lot of layers in the force awakens because of the the history of that storyline though yeah you, you're right but it also we're talking about the, the exact wrong movie here, Brent. But it also... This is our uh, um, The Force Awakens uh, Part 2 yes, movie yeah, review. Yeah, movie review. But it also paralleled everything that happened in A New Hope as well. So, yes. I mean, and by 30% of the way through The Force Awakens, I, I was already very keenly aware of the pattern going... The pattern yeah. that was that was unfolding. Still loved it. Still loved it. But it was very... But it was highly patterned off of, off of A New Hope. There's no doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. That being said, so here here's my here's my rant. We, okay, I think I'm pretty sure I've made this commentary before, just in passing uh, through the show. That personally, I like movies for the 
I don't even know if I've used this word, but the escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like to go and be entertained. I, I don't want to go oh, to yeah. a theater. And I don't want to sit down, and I don't want to really have to think. That's well, why I really kind of enjoy the Marvel movies, yep, um, the Star Wars movies, yep. even the DC movies. I'll, I'll just say I it. like Suicide Squad, even yeah. the DC movies. Yes, people panned Suicide Squad. I've not seen it yet. I enjoyed it okay. because I went into it to enjoy it. I didn't yeah. go into. I, I wasn't going in for in-depth character or to tear it or just to, no. just to say, listen, what is this crap you've put at my feet and then skewer it? It's like no, it's it's a two-hour movie. Come on, just right. You know, and even the Ghostbusters remake, a lot of people skewer that. But you know what, Brent? I've seen that twice now. And don't ask me why, but I've seen that twice now. And you know what? It is actually not as bad as people make it out to be. Does it ever replace the original? No way. Does it stand on its own as as just entertainment? Sure, it does. It, it does. I I have not seen it. And my bet is is that it got panned because of what it was following. Yes, you and, know. And it's but and quite honestly. It was because a lot of people like us were looking at it as, oh, it'll never be as good. It'll never be as good. Mm -hmm. And hence, it was never as good. Now, did I ever think it was going to be as good? No, but I didn't want to doom it before I saw it at Mm -hmm. the same point. That's Uh, kind of a movie. It's not bad. Is it fair to say that we're getting way off here, but Mm -hmm. the second ghost, the the new Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. it's not like the Star Wars or even the Star Trek or a lot of the DC and the Marvel movies in that they sort of build. It was almost kind of a standalone type of a thing. Yeah. It didn't have a lot of tie. No, to the ar- no, there yeah. really wasn't any tie-in. The only tie, the only thing that made any tie-in possible with the original Ghostbusters to me was they used the logo, and there was some well-placed cameos and uh, a few uh, a few tie-ins that that were there for the sake of making the property um, recognizable. But as far as but as far as like story, there was no continuation of anything that happened in gotcha. the previous movie. And, and it was su- a pseudo remake. It was a pseudo remake, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but. Even some of the properties that were in the first and second one didn't even show up, okay, in in the first one. So it's just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was... It was funny for what it was. I will say this, that uh, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor in the Marvel mm-hmm. movies, and he played the receptionist in the new Ghostbusters movie, he, he was he was pretty daggone funny, well, man. So, I, one I mean, of the, he, actually, one of the trailers, he actually helped to make the movie. One of the trailers was centered on him, yes. and I thought, I'd watch this just for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, now, it's, it, it's great. It it's, breaks he's, my heart. He's good. Now, it breaks my heart that we lo- that there's no Annie Potts. I mean, oh, yeah. Annie Potts. That's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, I'll I'll hold off on that. But yeah, you don't like yeah, Annie Potts? No, no, no. I don't want to ruin the movie for you. So one oh, okay, way or the other. Okay. So have at it. All right. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So here we we all know I've set the yeah. the, the uh, okay, level yeah. of understanding yeah, so, as to so we, what we've, I, we've established our baseline. Right. My, yes. my baseline. Yeah. And what I was really kind of hoping, and this this is not a pick at the movie. This is me personally. What I was really kind of hoping is is. Uh, that you could have a fork of the storyline. I think Disney's already talked about other Star Wars universe type movies because supposedly once one a year at this point going forward. Well, and, and now I haven't read if that or if they've even announced that there's any tie like like there's a second storyline or they all stand alone because even this it was Rogue One a Star Wars story mm-hmm. and my hope was that you would start to know and love these characters kind of like you <laughs> love. 
And <laughs> that's not going to happen no. for the second movie, Brent. And because you know, you know what? They all die. Everybody, Everybody freaking dies. died. The the main characters died. The freaking robot died. died. And you know what? The, and that hurt me more than anything. No, to Joe, be quite honest with you. And I think I know why. I've yeah. got a little note okay. here. I think I, I bet I know why it hurt me. Okay. It hurt me deeply. It well, cut so I, deep. I actually cared for him yes. in a very short order and and it, we'll get we'll get to that okay? okay but yes completely when when he when he took when he bit it i'm sitting there going they didn't have to do that no. but they did <laughs> they did yes yeah. they cleaned the slate they cleaned the slate everybody died all the Anybody that that had helped, anybody that participated, the robot Dude, died. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest died. Whitaker died. He'd helped. Um, and I, her name is escape. I should have looked the names up prior. The 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 lead female character. Um, uh, he died. All the rebels died. That U wing, the new ship that they introduced for this this for Rogue One for this movie. Mm-hmm. When I saw that ship, I thought, man, that ship is looks awesome, freaking sweet. Didn't it bounce off the shield and blow up or something? Wasn't that the one that, that did that? The, it, when when they went back to or the shield, cut it in half. May I? No, I no, no, no. Okay. Uh, the U wing. There, there was a couple of them in the in the movie, but uh, they had the they had one that they the basically used to get around during the front half of the movie until they ended up stealing from the rebellion when they become oh, Rogue One yeah, 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 when they yeah, stole yeah. that oh, that transport yes. yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, got it. Even that transport ship got blown up. Yes. The pilot that defected to the rebellion, he, he died. died. He died, Every, yes. I loved, when I saw the, the, the U-Wing, they... they stuck that into the side of the planet like a yard dart they stuck it in the planet <laughs> when they went That's um, awesome. it was the uh uh it was the empire's base and i don't have the names unfortunately i don't if we'd watch this a couple more times i'd probably have the names down but when they had gone to gone to try to uh infiltrate the base where the death star was being designed yes it was kind of that rocky planet and it was well, yeah, it, it was like it was the it was the the empire's uh, it was the empire's um people out there are screaming at us right now we, we should actually look up no no it's it's fine it's fine so so it was so it was essentially their their documentation uh no no nope nope no, you're you're ahead because that was like that was like a lush green planet toward the oh, end okay okay where, where yeah, they had yeah, the planet right. shield yeah you're right kind of like it was space like, balls yeah, it was that you like haven't de- seen it was like desert yeah it you was haven't like seen a desert. space balls have you uh, no. one time okay, yes yeah, one yeah. time yeah. no it was the uh the the main character her father who was the designer of the death star they had gone to the planet where the empire had a base oh yeah yes and they same place where darth vader's castle was right yes and that's when they stuck that ship in like i said like a yard dart exactly and i'm like the ship is gone it's like uh, you took it all away from them which yeah. is actually kind of part of storytelling you know you, you you give them a tool then you take that tool away when you really think they need that tool to complete their mission so so everything dies i had this as a side here a quick word on on the on star wars ships i love if you look at like your sci-fi franchises hands down you look like you're going to say something no 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 i'm just i'm just looking up a couple facts here. hands so. down the the ships in star wars are my favorite i mean just they just are i I grew up with the x-wing i grew up with the tie fighter the millennium falcon it is that 
I just love the ships. And when I they, s- they look cooler than Star Trek ships. Yes, do. they do. They you know do. what? You, you you want to see something? Uh-huh. You give like Kirk a star destroyer yeah. and a good crew and the address of the of the Borg yeah. you better contact the Borg and tell them not to buy green bananas yeah phone because, phone ahead because they they will not get a chance to ripen you exactly know? exactly, exactly. Yes. Kirk will lay waste to the board and he'll do it with he'll, a good star destroyer and he'll walk out his shirt will be ripped and then he then everything's good and, and then me, the credits are all give me some know? chick to kiss and yeah. we're out <laughs> we're out of here <laughs> again it just so yeah it got to the very end in every her, her name's jen jen yeah that's right j-y-n j-y-n yeah jen. so jen's father who was the designer of the death star yes yeah galen or so galen yeah that's I, right. i'm looking this up just so Good. that we don't sound so totally totally inane. lost inane yes so they're go- they, we have seen the movie yes they yeah. go to the base where galen is at and it's yeah. that rocky kind yes. of uh just rough terrain and yeah. it's raining and that's when all of Galen's uh, co-designers get executed by the Empire because it, you know, Galen has been outed for contacting the rebellion. Right. And exactly. It, it's it, there's a whole lot. Uh, uh, just there's a, there's a lot that goes on in those few minutes there in the movie, and it started with wrecking the fighter, but that's a personal thing that i have to come to grips with <laughs> regardless everything everything everybody dies and yes and this you talked about the robot and i think this is why it kind of hit home you know the the robot with me was kind of tough because it was that turning point when the robot was um and he what's his designation he has a K- k2so k2s he wasn't yeah. with us long enough for, to even remember his name yeah he had his own little idiosyncrasies similar to like c3po but much more endearing oh yes yes yeah and he was actually articulated way better than c3po ever ever was yes i, I thought so and he was eminently more useful let's yes. put it that yeah. way yeah absolutely yes he uh, um he's a perfect example to me it was a redemption story for everybody involved uh-huh they wipe their slate clean right it, 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 i think black widow says it best she has red in her ledger and they made it all black is what they did there you go that's exactly right you know jen she had spent her life basically i guess on the wrong side of the of the law for lack of a better term in mm-hmm. our in our terminology um the uh, the pilot that defected from the empire Bodie Rook Bodie Bodie his name was Bodie yes he uh, um, he redeemed himself by you know getting Galen's message out mm-hmm. Galen redeemed himself yeah the robot what was his K K two S O K two S O uh huh he was a uh, an a robot of or a droid i keep saying robot yeah he was uh, a droid of the empires that's right that was reprogrammed uh-huh. and when it was all said and done he sacrificed himself for the rebellion yeah in in a very as far as uh droids go he died actually a very messy and messy and if it were blood, it would have been a very bloody death, mm-hmm. actually. So, I mean, he didn't just, like, blow up. The problem is he had, like, holes punched in him. He was Swiss cheesed. And he, he was literally mutilated, is what he was. Now, here's the thing, okay? And I'll, I'll just I'll say this, and I'll hang, on, I'll hang on to something here at the very end uh, that I'll bring it up before we, before we wrap this here. Um, 
You know, I my wife and my daughter and I, the three of us, went to go see Rogue One, and I would look over in I'd look over at my daughter. She's eleven, Brent, and I'd look over at Grace. Now she's seen all the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. okay? So I didn't really think that this one was going to be a problem, but halfway through Rogue One, I was somewhat second guessing my choice of bringing her to this movie because it it was going down a path that you kind of figure where it all goes yep. but she had already seen all the movies and she is a big fan of the canon and she wanted to see the movie and i get it okay so so she we took her to see the movie but man when k2so bit it i looked over at her to make sure that she wasn't wincing or something like Aww. that you know so anyway but but she she said something fairly prophetic and i'll save it to the very end okay, okay. so yeah so anyway so in general, other than everybody dies, everything dies, everything blows up. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, I thought it was a it was a good story. It it was obviously you know I, I feel I've mentioned it. It was a story of redemption for all the characters. I, me personally, I think it was one of the strongest stories of the entire canon so far. That's, and, and that's for, just me. And for just a standalone, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Yes, how you at least how I really liked I told you you know I wanted to see these characters go on mm-hmm. and I wanted to see other adventures for these characters now unfortunately that won't happen you know the, the uh, uh, and I'll never pronounce these names because I just brought them up but the uh, the blind the blind uh, I need to look him, I need to look him up hold on he's got an interesting one C-H-I-R-R-U-T Chirrut yeah Chirrut M-Way I think is Chirrut M-Way Chirrut M-Way is what we're going to go and with and then okay? his sidekick or whoever's sidekick was whichever uh, Bays, yes, the big guy with the cannon. He was awesome too. I mean, he was, and he toted his own ammo. Yep. Did you notice I that? Yeah, it's like, and I'm sitting there thinking about that. It's like, it's not just that he has that gun or that cannon, but he's mobile and he carries his own ammo. And he with is, it. he is. You're like, is he a force user? Because when he 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 shoots, it some of the shots was just unreal yeah it was like it, you you would almost picture them bending to hit their target yeah, it was and like I wondered, dead on yeah, yeah everything he it's like he never missed anything well that's what he and Shirt were doing that that was their role at least at that point in time in their lives was to guard um to and, and here i am i'm blank again you got to help me out here whitney this i wish i'd seen this yet we should re-record this whitney because this is terrible <laughs> no we're good you know, man they they were guarding that the temple and they were they were believers in the force very much so yes but so it, it, in total yes I, I really enjoyed the movie i thought the story was awesome i really liked the character development they didn't really phone it in for a standalone per se i mean this was full out disney at its at its finest in terms of effects in terms of um uh production I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the movie the story I thought the story was great um, I understand that they reshot a lot of the end and I think that was to include more Vader mm-hmm. and you kind of had that relay race of the plans yeah as they were running toward Leia's ship and then it eventually fell out of the bottom of the one cruiser as it was getting destroyed yeah yep and then and then that's where you come right into a new hope yes and i i felt that i I felt that walking out of the movie 
I had I had seen one of the strongest, if not the strongest, storyline in in the entire canon, and I, I said that just a few minutes ago. I'll say it again, because here's the thing, Brent. In in order for me to support that statement, I need to deconstruct it for just a minute. Okay. The first three prequels were were completely rushed. Okay. I felt like they. I felt like for the let's say the thirty some odd years that they had before they well twenty twenty three twenty five years that they had before. Uh, before the Phantom Menace came out, um, I, I looked at those three movies and I'm like, really? This is what Lucas has done with his time? He, he had this, fallen this off is the it. wagon. Yes. And, and so I don't feel that those three movies... Oh, let's say this. Out of those three movies, I like the clone. I like the Clone Wars the best. I thought that it had the more complex storyline. It had, it, it gave it gave up the most information and was still rewarding from a plot complexity standpoint. I don't think the Phantom Menace had anything really going for it at all, other than by the end of the movie, you knew exactly what the you know what what the uh, what Senator Palpatine was up to. I mean, it 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 was made so obvious obvious that mm-hmm. that it's like uh, okay so he's going to be the bad dude for the next two movies i don't i'm not even left to wonder at this point um and then by then by the time um revenge of the sith came around it's like they had to completely rush that movie just to get to the final three minutes so that you would so that darth vader could quote unquote be born all right so it it just felt like a complete rush job and I really loved A New Hope, and I really loved The Empire Strikes Back, but quite honestly, Return of the Jedi I thought was pretty weak, storyline-wise. I just don't think that it really stood up at all. Empire was definitely the best. Empire was awesome, but the thing about it is, that wasn't even really Lucas's movie, okay? so And, I, and I've been corrected on that. For a long time, I thought that it was, but then I, you go back, and I think uh, listener Jeff Waldron actually corrected me on that while he and I were talking on Facebook one day, and I went back and read it on Wikipedia, and it's like, Oh yeah! Wow, that's oh whoa! He didn't even he didn't even direct that. I, quite honestly, man, I feel that Lucas gave birth to a tremendous a tremendous universe, and then he has not really been the best shepherd of that universe yeah. at all. Okay, so then by the time that J.J. Abrams gets hold of Star Wars and does um, does The Force Awakens, I love the production quality on it. I love that it felt modern. It felt it felt everything that I wanted it to be. And it had J.J. Abrams' style kind of stamped on it, which I'm a big fan of his. But then you come to this movie, and it's obviously very Disney-esque. You can see it because of the the production quality and the value and, and just everything that they did. It, it was just so over the top with, with how it was produced and just the money they spent on the CG characters, which we can get to here in a few yeah. minutes as well. I loved it. It was everything that I wanted it to be. It was not an inane Jar Jar Binks-a-thon, okay? <laughs> which is honestly what outside outside of the pod racing scenes in in the phantom menace that entire movie was like throwaway yeah okay and uh in the whole discussion around jar jar and what he became and everything it's like lucas had to do something with him because he so obviously missed the mark in the second movie but to not have him in the in i'm sorry in the first movie but to not have him in the second would admit defeat yeah so you'd have to so, what, what happened to so, him so, so what happened to him it's like oh he was so stupid we wrote him out so i i just i just well, you know 
I don't think Lucas has done a good job at all. Just to be just to be well, very blunt, and I am I for one am glad to see somebody like Disney if they are going if if that is if what we saw in Rogue One is an indicator of the quality in them in the expense that they're willing to put into the properties to carry the story mm-hmm. forward in the right way. Mm-hmm. Bring it on! I'm good for it. I walked out of Rogue One completely pleased with what I saw. Oh, so did I. Yeah. It, uh, I, I couldn't put it. I couldn't put it any better. You know, and what, one of the things I noticed in between uh, Rogue One and uh, JJ's movie, and I just went freaking blind. What the is Force Awakens? The Force Awakens. Because I'm focusing on Rogue One here, you Whitney, are, you are. and I keep wanting to say Episode One, yeah, which no, we've no, already no. discussed. I, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. The um, no, we didn't discuss that. We skewered that. Speaking of, you have yeah. to Google is uh, Jar Jar a Sith. Oh, okay, I'll look that up. Oh, then. there's this whole conspiracy theory about him being a Sith. I don't think he's that smart. No, I, he's, he's well. That's part of it. it. It's almost like he trips across that's the part Sith of it. doorway. It's part of the conspiracy oh, okay. theory. Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. So, uh, the okay, Force Awakens there, there may be merit to that. The yeah. Force Awakens in Rogue One. You're talking about Disney having their influence. If you notice, like on the Marvel side, no matter who the director is, you've got this feel through uh-huh. the Marvel movies. Yes, and it's like. I, the easiest thing to do is to compare it with like a DC movie, uh-huh. your Superman movies. Um, I mean, what else? Even Suicide Squad. I'm yeah. trying to think what else was out there from DC. No matter what the <laughs> Green Lantern, whatever, whatever yeah. the DC property was, it's kind of dark. I mean, like physically dark. Yes. Not yeah. like dark storyline, but like almost sapia tone. Yeah. Yeah. But, almost like muted kind of kind of. Um, I don't know, almost like it has a film over it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Marvels are bright, you know, and there's a different, they've got their look and their feel and the studio is able to give the directors and the writers their freedom, keep to their canon or the, the canon or the story that they're developing and still have that cohesiveness between the films. Yes. And if, if, the force awakens i got it that time yeah no. and rogue good, one good job buddy good job thank you thank yeah. you i'm trying it's a big yeah. day yeah if, it's, if a big, the, it's a big day if the force awakens <laughs> and rogue one are like disney's example mm-hmm. where you had that very similar feel that's the star wars universe mm-hmm. and you know abrams did his thing but it it wasn't just Abrams for yeah. those those a lot of those points you mentioned. You know the look and the feel and the just what is Star Wars that is completely different from Episode one through three. And yeah. a lot of people complained that it was just one through three was just too clean. It, it was it was almost antiseptic right. coming down even down to like Anakin Skywalker's performance. You cannot tell me that there is another character with that much screen time who failed so spectacularly at their role that they were cast at. It's, Which Anakin? Both? Hayden Christensen and the boy or no, both? No, Hayden Christensen. Oh. The, the boy, he was just a boy. Okay, yeah. And so I don't think he did bad. I was kind of leaning to both but it i was really, getting, i think i'm going where you are is I, i'm giving him a little credit just because of his age just because of his yeah, age you I know can't think it, of his it, name yeah and it doesn't matter he he <laughs> did he did better than hayden christensen yeah. okay hayden christensen i i just ugh, it that just, wasn't good uh, casting it was not good casting no. at all i mean i cared 
zero about him and his struggle and his strife because he whined the entire mm-hmm. time. He was just a whiny little uh is what he was. And it's and it's like, listen, dude, I don't your struggle is not real to me at all. None. Whereas in a rogue one, their yes. struggle their, their struggle, struggle was real. Their struggle was extremely real. And you know why? Because they were all just little puny humans mm-hmm. when it all came down to it but they but they were all so much bigger than themselves by the time that it was all said you know, who, and done who we didn't mention is we didn't mention Cassian who is like the male lead yeah the male lead and yes he he had this double kind of dark background it seemed it seemed like there was something he was that he was kind of running from kind of like Jen was kind of running from but you never figured out what it was but yet he had that strong moral streak because he had the opportunity to shoot Galen mm-hmm. after they destroyed the ship that I loved yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah, yeah I even bought one of those Hot Wheels the Hot Wheels the little with the oh, stands okay, cool because I just like I, like I got the them ship. all over my desk no, just, that's, that's cool that's one that's, of the, no he could have popped Urso in the head yeah and he did not he did, do it because it was despite the fact he knew what that man was doing it was still wrong and and you could tell the way he played the character uh-huh. that you thought the character thought that it was wrong he just yeah. wasn't being stoic and just you know and just and just going to just going to seal the deal that yeah. it, or just carry out his orders blindly i feel that when he was laying on that on that uh blind and he and he had urso in his sights and he could have he could have sniped urso right then and there I think that he remembered what Jen had told him right before he left was that my father has had the chance, okay, my father has had the chance to redeem himself through his work. So by him leaving the weakness in the Death Star, Mm -hmm. he has handed us the keys to victory without... Um, w- without sacrificing, um, without sacrificing so much more than he than than he had to give. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, uh, Urso, in order to protect his family, he made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his freedom away, and he lived under servitude. Yep. Okay, but in order to in order to make that servitude count for something he designed the weakness into the death star if he did not do that then his servitude would have been pointless okay it would have just it would have been a shame at least now he 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 set things up here. He put he put a series of events into motion to where not only he could be redeemed, but as Worf would say, his the honor of his family could be restored. OK, and, and so when you think about that, I believe that Cassian saw that. Now, he didn't realize it up front because he no, was, he just saw him he, as a man, he just a saw monster him, making a he saw him as a, a monster. And, and he's like, I've got my orders to kill him and I'm going to go kill him whether you're with me or not. Mm-hmm. OK, but I, but I feel that he. I feel that he he grew in his humanity at that point and he thought there's a lot more going on here and if we're going to take if we're going to take the empire down then we need to do we need to fulfill the promise that Urso has given us and me just killing him right him and right here and now it actually doesn't serve the purpose at all so I, I was pleased that that he became more than just a hired gun because that, that's kind of what you felt like he was when he first started yep. 
Yep. But by the end of it, I was really rooting for him as a character because it's like he became deeper and he became deeper fairly quickly. And I like that. And I like that he became more multifaceted in a fairly short order. So I, 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 I dug him. Well, that was that was good for him because he died shortly thereafter. And it was a shame. Yes. It, <laughs> I was like, it, oh, this, you know, the, no. the sheer amount of carnage in this movie oh. was just was unbelievable. And I, I can only imagine what it was like before they reshot so many scenes in the movie. And so, Brent, what, what I've got is uh, I've got them in the show notes uh, is a lot of the articles that I've read on Gizmodo because Gizmodo uh, via IO9, uh, which is a subsite on Giz- Gizmodo, they have they have published a fair amount of articles on deconstructing everything that happened in Rogue One that we never saw. Okay, okay. so there's there's a really good article on. Uh, talking about what really happened with Jen while she was at the Imperial, uh, the uh, the Empire's library or the Empire's archives, okay? And why didn't we see the scene where the Tie Fighter met her at eye level and was getting ready to blast her into oblivion while she's standing there holding the disc that has the Death Star plans? Mm-hmm. Because as you know, that was in the trailer, mm-hmm. but we did not see that in the movie. So I, I would suggest that uh, everybody who's listening go and check out our show notes because i'll have all those links all those links uh kind of uh kind of i guess kind of thrown together you know in the show notes so to speak and it's 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 some really good reading now you mentioned brent that they reshot uh, a lot of the ending so mm-hmm. so what did what did you hear about that that, that led to that my the only thing that i heard and and here I'm going to sound like I have for the majority of this segment, which is I don't know what in the world I'm talking about. But this is intentional. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't, all good. I, no, this is intentional because with any movie, not just Star Wars, and maybe this is why Jar Jar didn't bother me as much initially as he does now, um, once I've had years to set and let him soak into my little brain. But when I go into these movies, movies I'm really excited about seeing, just on by their title, by their theme, by uh-huh. their property, yeah. by their IP. Yeah, I I don't read anything on them. I try. I actively okay. work to avoid everything so that I can get just I walk too. into it. I do too. And I did not read a single thing about this movie until after I saw the movie. And and that's where I was with this. Now I didn't read any articles on it, but I did just kind of pick up through headlines and some snippets here and there that they added more Vader. That yeah. was it. And okay. I, th- I think they, my guess is, is they might have added either all or some of that relay there toward the end where they were carrying the plans out. Okay. So. Okay. And and so um, what what I know is just what I've read, and so you have to take that with a grain of salt as well. Is that um, essentially Disney just wasn't happy overall with how the ending of the movie had had come out had. had I guess had been edited together. Okay, and um, maybe they spun it as we're adding more Vader. It, well, and, and now with it's more very, Vader. Very, now, yes, now with more <laughs> Vader. It's it's got like the little red starburst yeah. on the Woo. side of it. Yeah, exactly. Now with more Vader, it's <laughs> it's a breakfast cereal, Brent. It's got more <laughs> Vader. Um, but but that's where I appreciate uh, that's where I appreciate an organization like Disney and what they what they what they bring to the table now. Here's what I will say. I'm not saying that I'm a fan of 
of big, huge corporations ruining or running every single property of our of our youth. I'm not saying that, okay? But it's obvious to me that by getting Star Wars out of Lucas's hands, they've put it in far more capable and caring hands, and they have the resources to get those people the the. Um, let's say either the technology or the uh, capital that they need in order to, in order really to develop film, it, develop it, and and give us the the quality of production that we as discerning film connoisseurs of today demand. Okay, now that being said. If Disney wasn't happy with it, then they obviously have the money to go back and redo it again, Mm -hmm. okay? Because for good or bad, whatever you think about the mouse, their success is is hard to argue, okay? So whether you're a fan of the mouse or not, it doesn't matter. They had the money and the resources and the time to bring in, and from what I understand, Brent, they brought in a brother team of directors who came in and oversaw oversaw the reshoots. From what I understand, uh, some of the reshoots took the movie in a bit of a darker a darker direction and also tie- made the tie-ins to A New Hope that much stronger. Because what I will say is at the end of the movie, I was completely surprised. Okay? I was. I was completely oh, surprised. Oh, that everybody died? It, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. I was actually saddened by that. But I, the last three minutes of that movie, of Rogue One, were money to me. Yep. Because they were everything that I wanted them to be. It was a heart-pounding adrenaline rush. It was a heart-pounding, it adrenaline, was a heart-pounding rush. adrenaline rush. And you know something? They didn't leave anything out. No. And what I appreciate is the fact that even with the CG, because and this may be a good spot to segue into talking about the CG, they put the CG in and they spent the money on the CG to make that three minutes possible okay and i walked out of that of that of that movie of that of the theater and i was almost uh almost emotional about what i had just seen because it tied together perfectly and i'm sitting there thinking i will never watch a new hope in in the same way again Mm -hmm. because because brent it is almost it is almost like they took the ending of one movie and the beginning of another movie and somewhere in the last 60 seconds of rogue one and the first 60 seconds of a new hope i don't know which or which anymore okay and that is perfect that's perfect and that's perfect and that's kind of different for the star wars universe because all of the movies thus far have had significant gaps, gaps between them that's exactly and right it's like you just you just see this little there's like an open shutter of a short period of time between a, in, within this longer timeline yes yes and that was kind of interesting the way i mean you're you, nothing is left to question it, no, it's almost as if nothing. you could you could take the end credits out of Rogue One and the beginning credits out and just of, roll straight and stick them together and, just, and they just, would go. Just paste the movies over top of each other and just let them go. And you would actually be watching a three and a half hour or a four hour story rather than two two hour stories that were made 35 to 40 years, you know, 35, 40 years apart. So I, I think that was brilliant when, when it comes to that. Now, there, there's two things, Brent, that, that, I, that I definitely want definitely to cover off on. What did you think about the season? And All then right. I want to talk about Darth Vader. Okay. Because Vader Vader was unbelievable. Okay. So CG. 
All right. And, and this, let me just throw this out here. Tarkin was okay. I like Tarkin. Uh-huh. And I think they... He, t- he took me by surprise. I did not expect he, it, to see him. At first, I thought they were just going to... He was going to be a smaller part uh-huh. of the movie. Yeah. And that he was going to be basically that reflection that you initially saw. As, like, I can't rec- I think it was in uh, one of the... Um, one of the windows of his star. I think he was, was he in a star destroyer at that time or was he on the death star? Mm, when you first, when you start destroyer, I believe when you first remet Tarkin. Yeah. You, you heard his voice and I think maybe he was addressed by name and then you saw his face come in as a reflection. And I thought, okay, well that was pretty cool. And then he actually ended up being a, a, a more pivotal part of the movie and he was completely animated. Yes. yes. He was, he was okay. Leia, on the other hand, who you saw at the very end, uh-huh. to me, she looked like like a love child uh, between <laughs> Howdy Doody and Opie from the Andy Griffith Show. And what what gets me is is that I'm not an artist, but I always understand that a good artist can can draw the human form that mm-hmm. is like the the pinnacle the human form yeah yeah the watershed the watershed let's say um it's what it's what they're compared against right. yes yeah. and, and i guess that's because we all know we don't know what jar jar looks like we don't know what x creature looks like so our mind can fill the gaps in when it's a human Maybe that's the difference because mm-hmm. we all know what people kind of should look like and how yeah. skin should lay and how yeah and, and I I don't know it's just it's just shocking I was a little shocked I I thought yeah maybe you could have spent another twenty minutes after lunch and 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 tuned that up a little tuned bit it up. Well, and, I, and I'm being nitpicky here well here's the thing but other than that the CGI was was un. It, K2SO, uh-huh. you you really thought they built a K2SO droid? <laughs> yeah, he looked yes. he looked real. Yes. He, he did not look computer generated at, at all. all. One thing I will say is that Leah looked fine to me until she started to speak. Okay, the Tarkin's um, Tarkin's facial movements were good because you because. Okay, I'm sorry. They were better than Leia's because he had so much more screen time. Mm -hmm. And I think either I became uh, understanding he was CG. I I became a little more desensitized to it because I was just completely overwhelmed that he was there, I guess. But Leia had such little screen time at the end that she seemed very plasticky, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of putting it. But she did look like her. So so I give them props on that. She just, her face just didn't move like Tarkin's move from from an expression standpoint but uh but i will say that i completely appreciate what they did with both of those characters oh yeah because having them in there at the having them in there the way that they did created the tie together that that i was emotionally that i was that i was looking for that that kind of binded the two movies together so I was definitely happy. So CG wise, I mean, and I'm nitpicking and speaking of nitpicking, let me nitpick a couple other things. Yeah. Um, Does the empire, and I keep wanting to say enterprise, Whitney. Yeah. No, I understand the enterprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does the empire have no sense of safety? No, you have to ask yourself, do they even run a firewall? Do they, do they even have like software protection? Do they they even have procedures? Do they have people? It's think, think back to a new hope. When, yeah. when the when the Death Star's firing and the beam's going down the tunnel. Yeah, and those people, they, don't die, from, they, they don't die from radiation poisoning. And, 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 yeah, I've, I've I thought heard, the same thing. I've it's heard like, this somewhere. 
there. Uh, it was a robot chicken. If anyone's okay. ever seen Robot Chicken, yeah, their Robot Chicken has done a lot of Star Wars stuff over the years, and they did a whole segment on that scene. Yes, and one of the guys that's in the black. Uh, yeah, with, a uniform with the, with the bullet helmet. Yeah, the, ba- the backwards he's like, bullet helmet. We should yeah. really put a guardrail here. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, or maybe we should be in something other than gloves. You know? So that the, much energy, and they don't fry. So you would think that would that? microwave. Yeah, I don't understand. And it, it was this. The, I'm like this. Fun, now this funny that you bring this. This up. is kind of funny. Uh huh. And it's kind of nitpicky, but I really. I really don't understand it other than they they forced this to advance the story. Okay. So when they're in the data archive uh-huh. and um, what's his name? Casian. Yeah. Hey. I think Casian is driving the little handles to drive the claw, the gripper thing to pull out the disc. And for anybody that's that's not an old IT person, when it looked like a big tape library, didn't it? Well, it looked like a tape library, yeah. but when uh, uh, Jen pulled that disc out, it was like an old disc platter from like an old full size, you know, before we got the hard drives that we know this today. Yeah, that was like whatever that size was. Whitney, was it five inch? Five and, five and a quarter? No, that was a floppy. Yeah, it was the hard drive size before we like the hard drive you handed me earlier, the standard desktop hard drive. There was a hard drive size before that that was like in the old IBM ATs. They, I mean, they were five and a quarter inch drives as well. Oh, okay. They, they, they were five. Yeah, were they, they fi- were, the, uh, okay, yeah. a five and a quarter floppy, but they yeah. were five and a quarter inch hard drives. They were five too. and a quarter inch hard drives. Well, that was a hard well. drive. Yeah. She pulled it out. Did you see it? It was a hard drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It exactly. was like a, it was an 80s vintage hard drive. That aside, it was still a good movie prop and it, 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 it worked regardless. Why is all, why was that in a tower? Why was did the tower have skylights? And why, when you're in a time where you've got robots like K2SO that are completely sentient, that will act on their own, did you have to actually have these silly handles to drive a, a, a gripper claw thingy up and down this tower? Yeah, well, and my, my thing is... You should have just said, I want tape 14. Yeah, Do- done. And my thing is, it's like, if you're going to build an archive, why do you build it like a spiraling tower? tower in the sky not underground why, why isn't that thing built underground where it's easily indexed easily labeled yeah. easily retrieved it just i understand it advances the story it creates drama and everything but i'm left to I, as it as just doesn't IT, make sense as an it person i'm sitting there watching the movie going these people in the empire they're really kind of stupid they're they're very well, you dumb. Want, no you want to talk dumb yeah take your uh your dish that you use to transmit and receive your data <laughs> that, yeah. Okay, well, that has one lever sitting out in the jungle that yeah, activates at it at the end of a catwalk. Yeah, it's yes, it's some, just uh, some bird could fly, uh, land on that lever, and, and you're it, done. And you're done. You're you're absolutely I done. Now I know it advanced the story, but I'm like, really? You've yeah. got to. Why not have that lever right there at the base of the dish? Yeah. And, and so we better put it on the end of this catwalk <laughs> out over the jungle. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So, so, so the one character we've not mentioned is Krennic. Okay, Orson Krennic. So he was the guy who was essentially the, the head of the Imperial Army, and he, and he was the gentleman who was oh, trying yeah. to advance his career through through the course of the movie. So you would think if he is the brainchild of the Imperial Army, that he would build the archives in this glistening tower that rises to the sky that is 
easily wiped out by a few blaster shots from uh, from the rebellion because as we well, know depi- the, the imperial army can't hit anything when they shoot so you don't have to worry about tie fighters taking just, them out just like with anything just, they it's do it's the rebellion that would take it they, out they they dep- they have hung all everything on one one thing yes if that makes any sense one so one pivotal action one exactly there you yes. go one thing like, you know you got you got through the uh the shield on the force mood of indoor mm-hmm. too bad so sad too the, bad. The, the 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 rebellion wins exactly. same thing once you get through that shield that's protecting your data center yeah too bad so sad and it's like that's the only ring of protection that you have and i, I know that it was a long time ago but in a galaxy far far in away. a galaxy far far away but brent they really aren't that smart i mean when no, you when you think not. about it it's it's like man they're well, the, it, it, this logic falls apart in multiple at the places. rate they sacrifice stormtroopers i think they advance it they're more of a advance by quantity not by quality type of an organization <laughs> I just wonder how they're funded. That's that's the thing that gets me. You know, it's like I don't know what e- evil mega mega corporation funded all of this. I think it was Starbucks. It, it had to be something along those lines. But hey, what did you think about Darth Vader just going all? I mean, all Yoda on everybody at the end of the movie. I was blown away by Darth Vader at the end. Okay, because he was doing lightsaber maneuvers that yeah. I've never seen darth vader do before that 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 are rivaled only by by sweet little yoda (laughs) flipping all over the place in the clone wars that's the one going bananas on everybody in the clone wars dude it was uh, i was crazy that's the one hole i guess you have to um you just have to let go of so to speak okay because back we all know that back in what 76 when uh they were they were filming a new, a hope. new hope yeah uh, they could they could not animate that puppet like yeah that. well no they couldn't vader couldn't do that yeah. because they didn't have the technology they you did know, not have the technology their lightsabers you know what they made those lightsabers out of uh, no school me man at least one of them was made the mast was made out of a tank a german tank antenna oh wow and then later they went in and with the technology they had they were able to add the colorization and there was there was you know the like when they're in the death star and it's it's vader and obi-wan and they're basically just kind of flicking at each other that was the yeah yeah that was as detailed as a lightsaber battle got until you got to return of the jedi yeah Yep. You know that, I don't know if you ever noticed it in some of the, before Lucas recut it 18 times, you yeah. know, he, he just couldn't leave well enough alone, that that they would kind of flicker out. Uh-huh. There was some kind of, they did something to make them reflect light, I think it was, during the filming. Okay. And as as they were doing the the duel so to speak it just it it just didn't work 100 percent of the time okay so that's I why see. like in older cuts you see like obi-wan's lightsaber kind of flicker in and out yeah it was just the technology they just couldn't do it so that's the okay. one thing you have to i guess get past is just they might make it look the same but it's not the same hmm. well now, now here's now here's the thing and i know um i know that i'm 
I know that it's it's going to be blasphemous when I say this, but you know something? I'm actually a bigger fan of the of the recuts than I am of the original. Oh dear God! I, I am. I am. I think the production quality looks better, and I think that it that it tells a bit more of a complete story. And I know with that, everybody just said, "Whitney, we're done with yeah, you." Yeah, goodbye. I think we're going to finish this one out with. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned to me that like the original Star Trek series, uh-huh. that it's been all the effects have been redone. Oh, all it's all the brilliant. series. It's, it's brilliant. And the BBC has been running. Uh, I've seen Voyager. I've seen the original Star Treks. I've seen, of course, um, help me here with, with Picard. Uh, yeah, the next generation. Next, I am. Yeah. I am terrible here with next generation, and it just it feels different. You know, does the, it really? The, especially like Kirk's Enterprise, it uh-huh. just looks. I'd almost rather see the ship hanging from a string. Honestly, <laughs> that's, that's funny. You know, because when you cut to the interior and you're on the bridge, and there was one episode I was watching, and the power was out on the bridge. Yeah, and so they didn't have the projectors projecting the images on the screens. Yeah, like it, looked, up high. It, it looked like cardboard, didn't it? It looked like cardboard, yeah, it does. and you could see the ripples you could in see the, the screen. Ripple. You could see the ripples in the screen. Yeah. That's exactly and, right. And then, and then you go and it's it's ultra modern graphics so i don't know well I, you know i love i i love the remakes just because the colors are better they everything looks richer it looks more vibrant and it looks it looks more it's easier on the eyes everything doesn't look grainy and, and muted like mm-hmm. like what the originals do to me now so it's it's just a matter of personal yeah, preference i understand I, I, I totally get it and i, I totally get and, it and uh i think your preferences are wrong <laughs> <laughs> all right whitney be that as so i have uh, destroyed this uh uh, I've destroyed all the names of these fine actors and characters. Yeah, we, and we, all say, these we saved you at the end, though, buddy. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. All in all, I really enjoyed it, and I, I definitely it. will be buying this one and adding it to my personal collection. As will I. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. So with that, Brent, I, I love The Force Awakens, and I can't wait to see. What's what's the name of that movie again? Huh? Oh, Rogue One. Rogue That's one. Oh, it. Yes. Yeah, you got it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Okay, Brent, we need to go ahead and lay down these spots, and then we can go ahead and call it a day, okay? So why don't we go ahead and get started with number one? You got All right. It? Yep, I got it. Let's go. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank... Uh, oh, hold on. Let me try that again. Ready? Yep, I'm ready. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the fine folks at Spooky Pinball whoa, for all... Whoa, whoa, Hang on, Brent. Hang on, Brent. Uh, we did not pick them up for this cycle, so they're they're not they're not the sponsor. Go, go ahead and look at the next one on the list. Okay, all right. I, I, I okay. laid it all out there for you. Okay, I got it. Okay, Nifty LED. The folks at well, Brent, Brent, whoa, 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 whoa. What we we did not hear back from them on this cycle. I, I don't even what I don't not sure which list you're looking at. Just go, go what, ahead and look what, at number three. What what do you do here, Whitney? I mean, this paperwork came from you. I have it right here. The first spot says spooky. The second spot says nifty. How does this happen? Is this is this the first show we've ever done? Is this our first year? Actually, it's number fifty, Brent. But we're trying to make it to fifty-one. I don't know. It's touch and go. All right, want me to try the next one? Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Just, just work your way down the list. All right. Okay. All right. The Louisville Arcade Expo is soon uh, to be. Uh, Brent, Brent, we just had them on, so they, they don't. They, no, 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 no. Scratch, scratch them out, Brent. And go, go ahead and go down to number four. Who prepared this paperwork? Does anything work around here? Do you know how I am? It's like, Whitney, it's like I am constantly waiting for something. I I can't perform 
under these circumstances. Production's hard work, Brent. Come on. I, I know. Speaking of production, where are those promo pictures for the show I asked for? Do you know how hard that was to put together? Do you know how long it took me to get Chris Pine and William Shatner in the same state, let alone the same room with our t-shirts on? Do you, do you know how hard that was? Where are those at? Sh- Shatner ripped his and Pine kept his and walked out with it. Yeah. Oh, you, you can't... You can't get anything. Whitney, where is my protein shake? Where is my smoothie, Whitney? I asked for a smoothie before I sat down to record these spots that are obviously wrong. Where is my smoothie? Well, Brent, I hate to tell you, but uh, the smoothie is something you're going to have to get for yourself, buddy, because uh, I'm out of here. See ya. Bye. Done. As in fini. As in notebook slam that I don't have. Whoa. Notebook slam. See you, buddy. Bye. Well, that's different.